Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? (laughs) I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. (laughs) Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? (laughs) No, I have not had it in the can. (laughs) Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. No. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. And welcome back to the studio, everybody. It's great to be back on The Session. Live, once again, Doc and I are back and home from the desert safely. Yeah, I'm back in one piece, too. Yeah, missing a brain cell or two million. Left him on the playa. But that's all right. Good to be home. It's good to be back in here. I, I felt like two weeks is too long. Even to see you, JP, I thought, I can't wait till JP gets here today. Oh, me too. Am I? Yeah, hi. I was like, man, when JP gets here, I'm going to be so happy to see him. It felt, you know, the first the first couple days just felt like days. Uh, the right. third day felt more like three days. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth day felt like a week. Right. So I think you even gone like four months. It felt like that at the end, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we're back, and we've got great shows lined up for you for the next couple of weeks. It's a homebrew show today, which is weird. That is, wow, we're is, coming, coming back into it with a homebrew show. show. Is this yeah. our first homebrew show ever? That's my other I think life. so. Well, it's definitely well, our first beer show. We haven't actually done it yet, so let's not <laughs> well, count that's true. anything. Yet. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, Doc does make a good point. Uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about brewing calculations. My head already hurts. Uh, with John Palmer's going to come on the line with us and talk about brewing calculations. Of course, it's all this. You know, these calculations are all found in how to brew and various other books, uh, technical things that you can read and and memorize. But we thought a good uh, well, because we're we're lazy cheaters. We thought a good cheat sheet show would help everybody. Yeah, well, it's all those numbers that are out there, and uh, we're going to show you how to use them exactly and why. So we've compiled a list, and by we, I mean John Palmer, has compiled (laughs) a list of uh, 10 brewing calculations that you need to know and that you will use during every uh, brew session. I know Tasty is real excited about this because, I don't know, Tasty loves math or something. No, no, I don't do any any calculations. I just try to hit the numbers. I I, I see the reason to make the calculations. Okay. 
Good. So we've got John Palmer on helping us with that. And uh, when the program is over, we'll be giving you a uh, a downloadable cheat sheet. Is Bevo having fun back there? He's got new batteries in that thing. Yeah. Some sort of buzzing going on from Bevo. I think her pocket rocket went off. It sounds like she's shaving her badge right now. She got some. Yeah. She got yeah. like a two-stroke uh, shaver yeah. going on over there. <laughs> yeah. Pull, pull, start. <laughs> yeah. Put the choking on that thing. Put a microphone on that. I want to hear what's what's doing down there. What is buzzing exactly? Mute it. Just uh, there's a speaker on the bottom right of the screen. You just double click on that speaker. Sounds like it's leaking gas. And you should be. <laughs> Ow. Just rip out the wires. <laughs> Everything's running on, on a compressor here. It bogs down when Beef gets closer to the uh, the thick part. <laughs> I think she's shaping it like a glass of beer in honor of our first beer show. It's gonna, she's going to have a pint badge. Nice. <laughs> Little handle. Yeah, if it's not too late, can I request a German-style pint You know, the, with the curves up at the top, Beef? Shouldn't it curve at the bottom? Just turn it off, uh, uh, Andy. Kill the kill the laptop entirely. Bring it out of the room, and maybe it can be fixed outside somewhere else. Take it in the hall, stomp on yeah. it. Get rid of that thing, will you? Hmm. That's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it had an alarm on it. Yeah, doesn't like Bevo at all. Yeah, take the batteries out. All right, let's see if we can do well, something about that. That is the world's Thank first you, laptop, Bevo. though. You see how big that thing is? <laughs> it is. It's our old. That was my first broadcast computer ever. Bought that for a radio station I did in college, and. Sounds like it's still working. Yeah. Still doing great. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Holding uh, up its end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Bebo is not in the chat room right now. Not anymore. Yeah. Hey, Bebo, uh, speak closely into the microphone. Uh, yesterday was Sammy's uh, birthday, huh? Yes. Birthday party, anyway. And, uh, you know, you look like maybe you partied a little harder than, than Sam did. I feel like death. Yeah. Well, Sam's not even here, so. Did Sam have a real good birthday? Sam didn't even make it. Right. Did Sam get laid for his birthday party? Really? <laughs> Stupid question, that, I know. That's a no. Of course not. Definitely yeah. not. There was none of that business. Did you let him hump your leg at least? Usually you stop him from that. Dude. Not even I don't that. remember. You were passed out. Oh, he humped your bed. leg. Really? Uh, no. You don't remember? At what so, point? Do you remember us leaving? So he yes. Could, he could have got laid. The last thing I remember very clearly is his sister throwing up on herself. Oh, nice. yeah. By the way, Sam's sister looks like Sam with long hair. And tits. <laughs> and boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look identical. Any boobs, you said? <laughs> so she threw up on herself, huh? Did anybody else throw Multiple up? Multiple times in the bathroom. Oh, and, boy. Uh, Did anyone else throw up on her? No, nobody else threw up. Mm-hmm. I, don't think I, threw, I don't think I threw up, but... So her husband, Sam's sister's husband, is a effing douchebag. <laughs> I just want to point out right now. I'm standing in the kitchen last night. Yeah, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let's get some feelings out. I gotta, I gotta get this out because I can't. Wa- no, I totally agree. It was a missed opportunity. I was too nice, and next time it happens, I'm gonna let him know what a douchebag he is. But we're standing in the kitchen, and apparently, uh, douche A had brought a uh, a bottle of Jaeger. Uh, Wait, who's and, douche B? Uh, uh, whoever would marry him, possibly. I don't know. We'll, just, <laughs> we'll stick with. We'll just stick with insulting him for one show. Yeah. And uh, so he brings a bottle of Jaeger, I guess. Which, by the way, is awful stuff. Which is in Who itself drink? douchey. People still drink Jaeger? Yeah. Really? They get yeah. hammered on it and then use a yak. <sighs> I can't even smell the stuff. So, uh, Schumann pulls out this bottle of Jaeger from the freezer and is like, hey, it's Sammy's birthday. We got to do a shot with him. You know, let's do a shot. So, he, he gathers a small group of people. There was yeah. like four or five of us, not very many. And Douchey walks through the kitchen and says something to the effect of, oh, 
you're pouring my bottle of Jaeger and into into shots. And Schumann, you know, replies like, "Well, yeah, you know, is that uh, it, it, we're doing shots for Sam's Sam's birthday? Is that okay?" And he answers, "Well, I brought it for myself. I brought it so that I could drink it." Oh, how big was this? <laughs> nice. And I and I go and I stop and I look at him and I go, "Really? You brought your own uh, an entire bottle of Jaeger to a party just to have yourself." And at this point, you think he'd take the hint like I'm about to... he goes, yeah, I, I did. Boy, that makes a BYOB a whole new meaning, doesn't it? <laughs> Man, what kind of a douche would... And Sam's standing right there. It's Sam's birthday party, for God's sake, at Sam's house. And the guy still has the balls to say, yeah, I, I brought that for me, and you guys are about to drink it. So we fucking drank it, is what we did. And uh, I guess the rest of the night, Chad tells me he was bitching about me, like uh, no. that, I, that I was the douche. Oh, yeah. No. You oh, know? yeah. He didn't even know my name. He's like, guy with the beard. That guy with the beard. You mean the owner of the house? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. And so I just thought, really? There's still people around like that. Yeah, douche. Man. I mean, I just came back from Burning Man where the theme was evolution. And I'm thinking, we should have brought this guy, Doc, as an experiment, as as an example of how not everybody has evolved. No. Yeah, yeah, the missing link. (laughs) It's the... So I can't wait until this comes up again. I'm go- Will you please invite me to all the parties that you invite this guy to from now on, Beef, so I can have another opportunity to yeah. school him? You should probably Facebook sure. stalk him, too. Oh, man. Have Chad bring all the beer, too. That way, you know, yeah. only he can drink it. That's the other thing, too. I really want it. Chad brought four kegs. Five. Of- five kegs? Five kegs? Four kegs. Four. He brought four kegs of beer, and, and then we brought a cooler full of beer also uh, for Sam and, and his party. And we drank... Every bit of it. All four kegs got kicked. Wow. And you know this wanker had some beer out of that keg. Well, yeah, he had to. But I never got... Jager. To, I, right, right. Well, I never got to catch him pouring a cup. And oh, God above, I really wanted to catch him pouring himself a cup of beer after this whole kitchen scenario. But I didn't. Uh, he must have hid the bottle at some point to finish it by himself. I think he did. I think it went upstairs or something. Or probably to put it in the car so he could you know, take it home. Can we just have him on the show to just to be our whipping boy? Just because we need a new douche to make fun of. <laughs> Maybe he'll call. Be more him. annoying than it'd be than it probably. Humorous. He probably wouldn't get it. I so would love no to fun. hear his argument about why it's okay to bring your own bottle of Jaeger to somebody else's birthday can and we, then complain that people are drinking it. Can we have Bevo call him and like just talk about it? Like, <laughs> hey, so I was talking to Sam and you know we really talked last night and <laughs> get that whole conversation. He and I are really close. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have his number. <laughs> What's oh. his name? Dave. 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 Douchey Dave. Douchey Dave. <laughs> Dave la douche. All right. Anyway, so I tell that little story just so you guys know there are still people like that out there. And then speaking of douches uh, and Sam's party, what the fuck, JP? <laughs> what the fuck? You got the invite. Oh, I know Christ. you got the invite. Where were you last night? I was... Cleaning uh, your hard drive? I was cleaning my hard drive. No, I was waiting for my nephew to show up. He and I were supposed to hang out last night. Yeah. And uh, he bailed out of me. He never showed up. Mm-mm. He probably has something better to do. Probably. Well, he said he was sick. Sure. He said he was super sick, thing. and I don't know if he was like saying I'm hella sick, or like I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, that's fine. What time did you get that phone call? Like three, three thirty, in the afternoon. So, but yeah. the party didn't start till three thirty. So you weren't really waiting to hang out with him when the party oh, was I didn't going know on. That. I didn't know when it started, oh. but I figured, um, you know, I'm not planning on going because uh, I got this going on. And you don't like Sam. And I hate Sam. What's not to like about Sam? Who said anything about hating Sam? Well, you didn't go. 
You're reading too much into this right now. You ate the gift, didn't you? You ate his present. What was his present? I don't know. Edible underwear. <laughs> you didn't buy him a gift. That's why he didn't go. <laughs> I didn't buy him a gift. No. It was his thirtieth. You know, it's not just any old birthday. No, it was like an important one. Oh. The big three zero. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't like to celebrate thirds. Mm. I mean, you remember how big of a party we threw for you when you turned thirty? <laughs> Did was, we do anything when he turned thirty? It was great. <laughs> I don't remember. He didn't show up. Yeah. See, it was such a good party. We don't even See? remember it. Ah, uh, you guys are so wasted, man. <laughs> we got. Oh, uh, that was it. I think we went to the two a day. And that was it. Yeah. See, you had friends already there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a built-in party. Yeah. JP was like, "Well, if I'm gonna have a party, and just in case nobody shows up, I'll have it at the two a because I know like five people who work there." Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> A good I idea. can pretend all these people are my friends. Uh, all right, all right. Well, I just thought I'd check JP because I was worried. I was like, "Hey, somebody invited JP, right?" <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were really worried about it. No, we were. I yeah, even... I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you were. I mean, not enough, home. not enough to call you myself, but no, I... <laughs> no. or to say, "Hey, we're going at the Sam's party. You want a ride?" Not, not, not that. Well, you have a yeah. car. I don't even have a car. I can't offer rides. Well, unless you wanted to be my bitch, we could have ride. We could have ridden my motorcycle. I would have done it. Yeah, that's Actually, a great no, way to I show never up. Have done. You wrapped around me, dude. I I saw the other day two guys on on a motorcycle together, and I thought that's really gay. Yeah, you know, holding a ni- another guy real nice. And Maybe tight. they were. Maybe it's awful. <laughs> you shouldn't see that on the back of a bike. You shouldn't see these hairy legs kicking. <laughs> that's the city for you. Yeah, it was conquered. They're, oh. they're probably all sweaty in between. They're spreading Hopefully. out. Yeah. All right, a few announcements for today. I do need you guys to help us out because we're getting ready for our Great American Beer Festival uh, appearance this year. It's a big year for us. We're doing a whole bunch of good things at the Great American Beer Festival, and most of it has to do with video. We're, uh, we're going to bring back some recorded video, but more importantly, we're streaming a whole bunch of live events all week long. So we're testing some new video software tonight, and I need your help. So go to justin.tv slash brewing network. And the deal is we're going to try to stream at a pretty high bit rate so we can get you some nice, high-quality video from the festival. And we want to make sure that the servers can handle it. So I need as many of you as possible to tune into the video tonight uh, so we can actually try to crash the server. I want to know that we have some uh, capacity there. So just TV slash Brewing Network. Um, what will be a little abnormal for tonight, but you might like, is we're actually streaming audio along with that video. So if you wanted, you could kill your normal audio feed, open up justin.tv slash Brewing Network, and you should be able to hear us in just as good of audio quality, if not better, uh, coming through the video screen. So if you guys can do that now-ish and uh, give feedback in the chat room, just hit the chat now button on the homepage. Let us know that it's working, you're getting a good stream, and Andy's working really hard at it. I can see him. Andy, you look like you're working really hard. Uh, he's our video guy, and he's very, very busy right now staring yeah. at the screen. It's I, a good day for him. He gets to sit right next to me. I can, I can see the cameras on you now. <laughs> well, there's two cameras. And that's the other thing about it. We are switching from two studio cams today, and that will be the idea. We're going to have two or three cameras to switch from the awards ceremony, so you can see the speaker at the podium, and then we'll go over to the uh, the people. uh, We'll have the tasty cam. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, the brewers accepting their awards and, and getting the medals put on them by Charlie. We're going to try to get all those angles for you. So we're testing all that tonight where we'll be rotating between the two cameras, giving you audio. We just need some feedback. And like I said, I need a lot of you to, to tune in. So if you're listening to me now, please go to justin.tv slash brewing network. Uh, you don't have to download anything. The video should just start automatically, and then we can know that we, we'll be able to handle the 
for live listeners only, right? That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's a good point, actually. Well, I, JP. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, live listen. If you're listening to the archive, you're going to go to this <laughs> screen and you'll just see a logo. It's a nice logo. Yeah. But uh, there's not much to it. Oh. Uh, so yeah, Works do that here. for me. Live listeners only. All right. Also, uh, other announcements. You know, you can subscribe and join the BN Army just by hitting the donate button. You can sign up to be a recurring donor for like two bucks a month or more if you want to. But uh, even two bucks a month from everybody really goes a long way. Uh, we could probably afford to hire somebody who's not JP to do oh. JP's job, and then you wouldn't have to deal. So sign up. That to, would be great. It's the get rid of JP yeah. drive. Oh, Double your contribution. Make it happen. It's yeah. what we're doing. The, can they direct those uh, contributions in one direction? You could put, like, notes, yeah. Oh, like, if you wanted to say, this is the get rid of JP drive. Yeah. 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 It'd be pretty cool. You can do that. Actually. Imagine that. Maybe we'll just pay JP not to show up. <laughs> You'd Here's like two dollars a show. Two bucks a show. Stay home. I'll give you like I'll give you half of a percent of every <laughs> subscriber who signs up for tonight's show. How about that? Righteous bucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but seriously, it does help us out a lot. It keeps the shows going and what moving do you mean, seriously? and growing. <laughs> you were joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by hitting the donate button. So please do that. Also, there's other ways to help. You can sign up and join the American Homebrewers Association by clicking the banners on our website or the logo at the bottom right of the homepage. You no longer do it through the store. you got to click the logo on the homepage. And there's all sorts of options. You can sign up for one year, three year. I think the only thing that's not available uh, to us to help us is a lifetime membership. If you wanted to do that, we don't get anything out of it. So you got to go through them. So don't do it. Right. Uh, but you can buy also a Brew Your Own magazine just by clicking the BYO logo on our homepage, bottom right. Uh, we get a portion of those proceeds as well. Uh, and also you can just visit the store and buy BN merch. And we've got two new shirt designs that are going to be selling at Ooh. the Great American Beer oh, Festival. Let's see them. Just for that. So, are they BNA4? Um, I will be bringing <laughs> an ass load of BNA4 <laughs> shirts to sell also at the JVF. <laughs> Um, and actually, look next week. I think we're going to discount all our BNA4 merchandise next week uh, so we can get rid of it and make room for these new shirts that were. That Andy, the video guy, um, made us two fantastic designs nice. that we're going to be selling at the GABF. And then, of wow. course, they'll go into the store afterward, too. Are they but, GABF? Um, uh, no, they're centric? BN stuff. I'll, I'll give you uh, you know some uh, little insight into them. A lot of listeners have requested over the last couple of years to have a regular Brewing Network logo type of a shirt, uh, something a little more work-friendly, because the BN Army shirt tends to be confused for the cousin, yeah. yeah. Uh, so blood. they asked us, you know, for something a little more benign. So I've got something like that, yet it still incorporates the hop grenade, but in a way that um, is subtle. So you, you won't get accused of being a pothead by your boss. Um, luckily, lover. luckily, Tasty's his own boss, so he wears a BN Army shirt like every day. <laughs> and he <laughs> well, looks in the mirror and goes, I work at home. Yeah. You're a pothead. <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I deny it every time. <laughs> you ever give yourself a pee test, Tasty? Like, no, come in no. one day, I'm going to piss test you I'm going to surprise myself sometime. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten halfway through that. I've peed in a cup, but I don't know what to do with it. So I just <laughs> kind of put it in a jar and set on the shelf. I knew a woman who, who peed in a cup, and she saved her pee, and she would wash her face with it. Ugh. Yeah, what? apparently your Can own urine is supposed to be good for your skin. Only I've heard only the first morning's pee. Though. Hey, no, it really? hardens your skin. There's baseball players that pee on their hands, and it makes their like calloused and dry. And really? Yeah, real That's what rough. They call it. <laughs> pee no, like you the have, like, your... brothers, like they all did that. That's like their thing. The only their own pee, or did they pee on each other's hands? Oh. 
they may have done that. Dude, I'm Maybe that's why they're hands. so strong. In the hands. I would love to see the Alou brothers all in the locker room before a game pissing on each other. <laughs> it's going to be a good game, fellas. Hey, brother one, come here to piss on hand, please. <laughs> yeah. I imagine they're Haitian. I don't know why. <laughs> Close. They are brown skinned. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, moving on. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Also, you can get updates about everything that we're doing via Twitter, twitter.com slash Brewing Network, and Facebook. Just by searching the Brewing Network over there, you get pictures on there. You make new friends. Uh, JP's on there. You get a lot of friend requests, uh, JP? A lot of people I want do. to befriend you. You know, I should, go, I should go through and figure out how many friend drops I have. Yeah. I'm sure I have a lot. People don't like what I have <laughs> Can you say. see that? Can you tell when people drop you? No. You yeah. can't. go through and look. Can you be uh, dropped? You do that every day, yeah. don't you? You check every day to see if anyone's dropped you. No, but I've gotten caught dropping people like that. You have? People have looked through and found out that they've, I've dropped them and they get mad at me. I hate social networking etiquette. Okay. As if there's not enough social rules we have to follow already. Like take JP, for example. We have to be very careful that uh, we that he's been invited. That's true. Uh, that we laugh at his jokes. Oh, yeah. Those are good ones. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? There's all these like, yeah. you know. Wash and, your hands. And then now with social pants. networking, there's a whole new thing. You're not allowed to drop people. You know. Yeah, yeah. so I just keep everyone then to block whoever I don't want to hear. Okay. All right, send show ideas to Chad, C-H-A-D, Chad, at the Brewing Network, Chad at the Brewing Network, and send your feedback to feedback at the Brewing Network. That's how you get all that information. Don't send me show ideas. They they get ignored. But Chad does a great job of accepting your ideas and contacting <laughs> brewers. And um, I accept your ideas. <laughs> and you as a person. So. Can we send any dental questions to Doc at the Brewing Network? Do you ever get yeah. dental questions, Doc, from our listeners? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you, you really have yeah. to floss? I think I saw like, some on the forum, I think. Is that annoying to you, or are you okay with like, do you Are you like, Jesus, go to your own goddamn dentist? No, no, not at all. You don't mind? If okay. I can help anybody with anything right. knowledgeable that's in my head, I'll spell it to you. Is it more like hygiene questions they want to know how to, or do you get like, so, Doc, half my tooth is gone. What should I do? Oh, that and... Uh, my guy says this, this, and this. Does he really know what he's talking about? Right. See, that's good. Everybody wants a second opinion, especially when it comes to you doctors, because we don't know. You yeah. can tell us anything. Uh, yes, yeah. sir, you're going to need this $5,000 procedure, and if you don't, your whole mouth yeah. will seal shut. We have to replace your teeth with rocks. <laughs> Decorative rocks. I... I, I I don't mind answering questions, as, and same with beer questions, as long as I don't feel like i got to teach you a whole chapter before I can answer your question. Right. you got to do your a little homework, you know? Yeah, if you feel like you know what you're talking about, at least on the subject, and I can clarify something, that's great. But if i got to school you on the whole subject of, yeah, you know, yeah that's a tooth, and... Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes in your mouth. And it, and it should be mouth. brushed yeah. More, yeah, yeah. more than once a month. Yeah. Oh, really? Now... <laughs> You just got back from a dental convention in San Francisco. Yeah, I spent four days. Just is that what you call Burning Man? <laughs> no, no. I came yeah. from that. I worked two days, and then I had, I had to sit in classes for the last four days. It was classes that you were doing? Yeah. What, did you learn anything, yeah. or is it just going through the motions? No, no. I, I, I always get something out of something. and I, I, There's some pretty good classes that I did, and some were just brutal. Mm. Like what? what? What was a good you, class? New ways to make us bleed? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something or, like that. Or if you come into the office and you're already bleeding, yeah. what do you do? And yeah. Okay. Some nasty ones about big facial infections and you know, oh. guys all swollen down to here. looks like quasi. Pictures and all do? that? They show you that? Oh, yeah. Like slides? Oh, yeah. And then uh, we had a forensic one uh, yeah. where you get to see like corner pictures and stuff that you don't see on the news. and all the, A lot of the, the stuff you do hear about on the news. Yeah. Um, Dental forensics? Yeah. Like, how do you di- identify these people? And, uh, yeah, that mountain lion really chewed them up. And, right. 
Yeah. Wow. And how they how they figured out it was that mountain lion that chewed him up. Oh, from the bite marks and all uh, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, and the DNA under their claws and under the in, the, in their teeth. That sounds like this is more than a dental convention. Yeah. It's like a how to murder CSI your uh, convention. wife convention. Oh, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and not get caught. And there's the one you know where it's uh, yeah, you're gonna bury somebody or you know throw them in throw them in the in the bay. Make sure you use a lot of weight. Yeah, because it always comes floating back. Got it. <laughs> That's what they teach you in dental class. Hey, you know, I like tidbits. it. Yeah, got. It. We're just trying to. Give them a well-rounded education. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to take so many classes yeah. per year or something? Yeah. Or Every two years, my license is up, and I have to take uh, 50 hours. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of teeth listening. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but if it's something you want to hear about, it's great. Yeah. Uh, one of the first ones I went to was uh, um, informed consent. Basically, it's you know how to cover your ass so when they sue you, you don't, get, you don't lose as much. <laughs> Cause and, and how many crazy people out there that are just going to sue you just because you can't keep them happy anyway. Right. Can I go next time? I really want to sit in oh, one act, of those mountain Actually, um, uh, Schumann had lunch with me yesterday, and he had to go to Sammy's birthday party, but I had an extra uh, pass for me. I was going to have him sit in the forensic ones with me. Oh, oh yeah. Great. Blood and guts. and it, There's uh, some cool shark pictures. Yeah. Wow. And actually, there's one that was really good because it was an abalone diver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was, Schumann. He, he was down there. You know, abalone with his friend. His friend looked over, and all he saw was feet disappear. And he, <laughs> wow. What the hell was that? And then he got up, and he saw blood, and he comes up, and they showed us the picture of him, the guy in his suit still, uh-huh. on uh, on the autopsy table. And you're looking at, you know, basically, it looks like he's laying on, on from the, you're looking from the foot position, looking up, and it looks like he's normal. And then they show his head, and there's nothing. Oh. His whole shoulders are just gone. Wow. And, uh. That's disgusting. Yep. And then they found his, uh. About a week later, his head rolled up on the on the beach. They showed that. Uh, <laughs> they showed that too. Oh yeah, and then this other one. Oh yeah, this uh, surfer was oh, off of Monterey, and he got big, big bite mark, like chunk out of the side of him. And he'd been floating for a while, so he didn't look so good. But he was still in his uh, wetsuit, and oh, yeah, you could see all his internal organs because it's just got a big chunk off of him. And, and that's he, knowledge you can use. Well, they're measuring the bites sure. and stuff. Yeah. And, well, it's you know, how to how to identify them, how they need to identify people. Oh, where's that homebrew information we had? Can we get to that? And we're getting there. Wow. <laughs> Captain Push Along. Yeah. Uh. What do you? Did you team up with Chat producing this show today, Tasty? <laughs> no, I just. I think it's one, one weird thing to the other. I'm thinking like. Are we not talking enough? I do have one last question, <laughs> oh, though, about the whole yeah. dental thing. Are most dentists, are they, you know, are they fun to be around like you, or is it like a boring room of just doctors? You know, what are these guys oh, like? You, or you can just watch them. You're just, just going through the crowd. You're just looking at them. Yeah, a lot Creep. of geek, a lot of Creep. geeks, a lot of you can just jerks. Some right. of them, and then some of them are, you know, it's a good good mix of the group. It's okay, not like Steve Martin's character and uh, I'm sure that? they're out there. Little shop of horrors. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're out there. I didn't see too many people that I knew uh, this week, so mm-hmm. few people, but not many. All right, I got a phone call from Tom from Illinois. I guess you got a GABF question, Tom. What's happening, brother? Hey, man. How you doing? Doing great. What can I do for you? Super. Uh, this is the, the Uniballer here. I was uh, nice. just checking in with you. Wanted to thank you again for a good time a couple weeks ago. Hey, no problem. You made it home okay with the family then? Absolutely. Long, exhausting vacation, but a lot of fun. So Good. I had a, yeah, I had a question for GABF. I know uh, Brutat had made some name tags last year, and I seem to remember uh, that there was some sort of problem with that, but I just wanted some clarification as it's coming up here pretty quick. Should we just leave the name tags at home or what? Yeah, you can bring your name tags. Uh, Brutat had sent me an email about this. The, you know, the problem with the name tag thing was, was that last year, 
we gave out these. Was it last year? I think it was last it was year. The year mm-hmm. before, was it? All right, so we gave out these BN Army name tags. We thought, you know, we've got so many listeners going to this event, it'd be fun to give them BN Army name tags. And what happened was, like, just a couple of you took them and started using them as, like, VIP passes. <laughs> like, to, you, you started saying, oh, I'm a, I'm a BN employee, so let me in. And, you know, believe it or not, it, it works. But, uh, we get into a lot of things because we're with the Brewing Network, and there's a lot of VIP stuff that happens. And so... When you were telling people that you worked at the BN, you were getting into things, and then I was getting in trouble because I, people would find out later that it was just some drunken douche with a BN Army tag. So I think we're giving them out again this year for some stupid reason, probably because I, I do tend to trust you guys. But so you, they're revocable. But yeah, you guys just have to be cool about it. I think it's a lot of fun if everybody's got a BN Army name tag and you guys can spot each other in a crowd and all that. But, um, you know, just don't be a douche. Don't try to get behind any closed doors or... Um, get into the ladies' room or whatever else got it worked last year. I'm Tasty McDowell. I'm Tasty. I'm going to be working that scam. <laughs> I want to watch you pee. I brew beer. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you uh, are you going to GABF then, Uniballer? Absolutely, man. I'll be there with bells on on Saturday. Good. Well, one bells? bell anyway. That'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. just one. A single bell. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a big one though. It's yeah. fully functional. The sound of, the sound of one bell clapping. <laughs> She's only letting Absolutely. you out with one bell. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, come by the table. I think Brutat will be giving out uh, name tags there. i got to talk with him more about it. But I, from the email I exchanged with him, it sounded like we will be doing it. So Okay, but Brewer's Code, don't be a douchebag. Exactly. Don't abuse it. Just don't be a dick. Exactly. That's a general Great. code. Thanks, brother. Later. Thanks, man. All right, let's do a little bit of feedback. i got to get to that so we can take a break here. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Take it. Who's this brought to you by? Feedback's brought to you today by Downtown Joe's uh, in Napa. Funny downtown, you should ask. Go to downtownjoes.com. <laughs> curious guy. Got, uh, we got Tasty Prodney underneath the table there. You guys are a good team today. I like it. That's just yeah. yeah. Feedback's brought to you by Downtown Joe's. Our good friend Colin down there. Go see him. He loves to meet uh, home brewers. He'll show you the brewery and uh, probably yeah. let you sweep out the mash ton. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. He'll make you work. Yeah. All right, Justin, you know Talent Hack. I just heard Sully on the archive of the last show from Downtown Joe's and realized I had totally spaced on emailing you about my recent trip to Maine. Uh, Yeah, Sully was talking to us about the Ebenezer's uh, dinner that we missed um, and said it was just real great. You remember the story where he walked in on some couple boning in his hotel room? Yeah, I do. That's the good part of the story right there. Uh, Anyway, he says, I didn't make it to uh, Ebenezer's for the dinner, but as I was passing through, I spotted Lion's Pride Restaurant and Brewery, which is the new place that uh, Chris Lively opened up there um, in in conjunction with Ebenezer's. Um, So he said he needed a beer and, uh, you know, went in there and they took really good care of him. I guess he had a Saison by Smutty Nose. He always likes to drink the local uh, beer when he can. Um Anyway, what else does he want me to say here? Uh, oh, that he went to a small brew fest in his hometown of Torrington, Connecticut, oh. which was this weekend, I think, Shad. Wow. I think it was yesterday. Um, and he says, I, I, I proudly wore my BN gear, and within a half a dozen samples, some fellow B- uh, BNers had spotted the hop grenade and came over to say hey, so that was cool. The Northeast Division of the BN Army is alive and well, and can't wait for you asshats to get out here and do a show with us. Keep up the good work, and give JP a hug. You know he needs it. And that's Eric from Connecticut, <laughs> New Englander. When am I getting my hug? Um, I'll be sure. Remind me after the show, JP, to give you a hug. Yeah. You make a note of that. Consider it done. Yeah. 
Hey guys, frequent listener and infrequent forum lurker here. I've been brewing since I was a sophomore in undergrad, so about four years now. Finally kicked it up to a 10-gallon all-grain setup a few months back. After all these upgrades, I figured I may as well start doing a starter. So here's what I did. I boiled it for 15 minutes, cooled it in a bath of ice, and pitched a vial of uh, WLP 810. Uh, He says he's brewing an Oktoberfest, so I imagine it's in that German lager vein. Um... He does not have uh, fermentation control, though. After a day, I had a large beaker of brown water. After two days, I had some activity, and on the third, it had noticeable foam with rising bubbles in the starter. I decided that this was reasonable and pitched it. Today, I moved my beer into a corny to secondary cold in the kegerator. I tasted my hydrometer sample, and man, was it sour, like lambic sour says, I feel like this is clearly a sanitation issue uh, with my newbie-esque starter practices. It's somewhat disconcerting as I haven't had an infected batch in my brewing history yet. Which is pretty good, by the way, in four years of brewing. So he's got a few questions. First question is, is this beer salvageable? He says, I saw in How to Brew that there's a suggestion of adding fruit to cover up this flaw. Any suggestions for an Oktoberfest? No. If it's that sour, like yeah. like Lambic sour, use anything. <laughs> you gotta ask yourself. Don't invite uh, any Germans. Do you, yeah. do you like sour beer? Right. I think and that's the salvage. I would I would finish it out uh, as far as you need to and uh, give it a try. If you don't like it, you can either pitch it or give it to your friends and see if they like it. So you, you got a ways to go to see before you pitch it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'm, get a that white uh, White Labs Belgian nail, the sour blend. Yeah. Pitch it in there so you get some clean bugs in there. Put some oak in it. Leave it alone for six months. I mean, might as well try. Yeah. If, if you, what's the difference if you throw it out now? Or you throw it out in six months. Yeah. If you got the containers and the you know time to wait, then you go ahead. Yeah. All right. His next question: How can I practice starters without screwing up a full batch of beer? If I had remembered to smell this before I pitched it, should I have been able to smell the sourness in the starter? If in fact it was the starter, that, he might have actually gotten uh, some of the sulfur, you know, out of the lager yeast and panic and pitched it anyway mm. pitched it out because uh, uh, if you're not used to doing loggers and you do a nice big starter with a logger any logger you going to throw a lot of sulfur so you got to be careful not panic and say oh what's that off smell it must be bad and, and chuck it so what if it was sour and not that sulfur smell you think he would have been able to smell that if the starter was already sour it's tough. It takes a little practice because you can you can get a, a yeasty bite smell to it, and that can taste kind of smell kind of sour. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, the starter could have been just fine. It could have been that he had a, a natural uh, fermentation going on in his fermenter. All that light. Yeah, it, it could have been something else that that contaminated, not just the starter. Yeah. Um, I've had starters that I've started and it got a pellicle on it, and I knew it was bad. So I chucked it before that. Okay. If you've done any sour beers, you'll see what a pellicle is. It's kind of like a skin that kind of on the top. <laughs> yeah. And I've gotten that a couple of times uh, with the starter. And I was pretty careful about uh, being sanitary mm-hmm. about the whole thing. And I'm wondering if it came from the vial to begin with. Okay. Um, so just kind of look at what it looks like and a lot of different things with that. So, How about the yeah. first part where he's asking if he can practice without having to ruin a whole batch of beer? Dry yeast would be the cheap way. Yeah. Um, but how would he know if he's yeah. got a good starter? I would well, first of all, smell every one. Mm-hmm. And if you smell it and it makes a good beer, remember that smell. Yeah. 
Okay. If you want to practice, I would just yeah, go ahead and practice. You don't have to have to throw a whole vial in there. Yeah, make two make two starters and smell the two and throw the same. You could say, well, yeah. I probably got it right. Or use the one that smells better to you. <laughs> yeah. But that, but look for a pellicle on the top. If there's one that looks like a skin going on the top of it, you know you got to. But doesn't that take a while to no, form? No. It's pretty not quick. a thin layer. No, it, no you'll, you'll notice. It's just it doesn't look like a normal beer, and there's just kind of a stringy, at least a couple stringy things mm. in there, and it doesn't take that long. All right. And his last question then is, can I squeak by without doing starters? I've been pitching vials until now, and things have been going well enough. So he says, I know I can improve, uh, but is this the best area for me to focus? Well, he's doing 10-gallon batches, so he should be pitching four vials. Especially with a, if, if he's doing a lager, he should be pitching a lot of yeast, and he should... Be doing studies. Yeah, yeah. Be doing. Well, well yeah. he did mention at the beginning of the email that he doesn't have temp control. So if his big question is here is, are there other ways to improve? I think temperature control would be a bigger it, improvement than starters. Especially if you're doing loggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're doing loggers. But I wouldn't worry about the temp control with uh, the starter at all. Mm. I just let mine go at room temperature, whatever it is. Right. Yeah, is right, he talking right. about the starter? No, I think he doesn't have temp control at all. So I'm, oh. if he's asking for other ways to improve his beer, I would temp control your fermentation. Well, especially if you're trying to make lagers. Like yeah, 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 yeah. 50 degrees out. But again, also, I wouldn't avoid doing starters just because you've had this one failure. Like yeah. Doc said, if you're going to get into lagers, you need to do it. And Jamil, if he were here, he would say, absolutely, you have to do starters. I don't care what the beer is. And, and Tasty brought up a good one. It might not have been the starter that caused the infection. Yeah. Could have been something yeah. else down the line. Right. Um, all right. That was from Alex in St. Louis. So thanks for the email. Hope we uh, got that covered. He said, thanks and keep on being awesome guys, even JP. He gets ragged on way too much. No, I don't. Oh, yeah, actually, I do. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? If Alex, if you donate... You won't have to put up with anything of that. <laughs> that's right. $2. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and I get, a, I get a quarter of percent. Yeah. Uh, no, a half a percent. Mm. Yeah. Two bucks. Oh. Don't sell yourself short, JP. <laughs> hey there, everybody. Have you guys to do it for me. What are you talking about? Right. Hey, uh, everybody. I just wanted to flaunt that my East Coast Blaster, which is an American Amber, took third place on Table 19, American Pale Ales and Ambers at Malt Madness yesterday. Nice job. Uh, congratulations. Nice. Yeah. Nice. He says, I've only been competing since January, so I'm really psyched. If you haven't uh, had it yet and you want to try some, let me know. I'll send it by. Uh, Email Chad. We'll try your award-winning beer. Why not? That's good. Uh, Let's see. Hey, guys, I wanted to write and pass on my thanks for the brilliant work you do and to brag about my own achievements while giving you some of the credit. On Saturday, I received the results from the New Zealand National Homebrew Championship. I entered six beers. Uh, There were 160 in total, and I did pretty well. Uh, My oatmeal stout, based on Jay-Z's recipe, scored 46 and a gold medal. Wow. Best in class and joint overall champion. Wow. That's very nice. My New Zealand Pale Ale got a gold, best in class, and overall best hop-focused beer. Mm. And my version of Tasty's APA got a silver and best in class. So all in all, he says, only one of my six beers scored less than 30. I was absolutely stoked. Last year, my beer scored around the 14 to 18 mark. Nice. And, yeah, he said it was around this time that I started listening regularly to the BN. So I'm almost uh, always catching up on the podcast because the live shows go on at weird times here in New Zealand. Um, but the knowledge I gained from you guys is immense. Had a great time learning. The recipe advice I've picked up from Jay-Z and Tasty has directly contributed to my success. And other information from the rest of you guys, even JP, <laughs> Jesus, has what? helped me tighten up my process. And who couldn't enjoy listening to Bevo? Me. So keep bringing it strong, and I'll keep listening. Uh, if you're ever down here in our remote corner of the world, nope. uh, 
Come, ha- come by and have some beer. Cheers and beers from Martin. He's electric landlord in the form. Martin. Uh, next one. What's up, BN Army? Yeah, that includes you and your stupid cats, JP. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, it's everyone. My cats are actually really smart. I was watching them today. They were learning. I'm sure you were. <laughs> they were uh, learning things. They were. Uh, the Army has made its mark again. Yesterday was the judging for the River City Roundup BJCP homebrew competition in Omaha, Nebraska. And thanks to Jamil's recipe and persistence to keep working out our process, I, Larkin Whistler, and co-brewer Tom Malowski... <laughs> the third Esquire. <laughs> ...took home Best in Show with oh, their Munichellis. Oh, 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 yeah, very nice. Wow. There were over 130 beers in the competition, and this was first best in show for either of us. I'm not usually one to brag, but damn, it feels good to win best in show. Hey, man, that's worth bragging about, I would say. Sure. Uh, The only downside to this win is that the beer was from a 10-gallon batch that we split using two different German yeasts. WLP 838 and 833. My half of the batch was the 838, and those judges drank my last bottle. I just want to thank the BN crew uh, for the knowledge. You bunch of asshats are awesome. Bruce Strong from Larkin. Uh, let's see. This is US, UCF Lumberjack, uh, Joseph Wilson. I recently moved to Florida uh, from Florida to Ohio to start working uh, with a startup business. Is that an upgrade, by the way? <sighs> Florida to Ohio? From Florida to Ohio. Not I think sure. it's a linear kind of a... I think Doc would say upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> but barely, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like, it's a stepping stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like going from a 78 Beetle to a 79. (laughs) Uh, I'm currently living with Bible thumpers, no beer, no porn, and no cursing. Okay, okay, maybe not so good. (laughs) Yeah, you guys have been great at helping to fill the massive empty hole left in my heart to keep up the good work. How great is it that we are helping him with his, like, porn and cursing? We can replace porn. Yeah. Uh, We've made it, guys. We've really made it. Um, JP can replace porn. JP, please get some self-help books. <laughs> On the show, you're really funny, and it wouldn't be the same without you. Uh, Justin, I've been listening for about 18 months now, and all I can say is thanks for having the balls to stick it out with the BN. It's an awesome program, community, and general source of information and entertainment. I know it's hard to get an organization going. Chad, great job producing the Sunday session. It's definitely helped me expand my beer horizons. I want to suggest you check out Great Lakes Brewing for a possible interview. So he says there, Elliot Ness Amber is awesome. Mental note. Yeah. Uh, tasty, you're Stored. hilarious, even for an old stoner. Oh. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I love Janet's Brown Ale. So thanks for sharing that recipe. I think everybody loves that. Yeah. yeah. It's around. Doc, wow, dude. Goats, liquor, beer, a Hummer, a hot wife, and cool kids. I think you're winning so far. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bevo, you're awesome. How do I get girls to drink IPAs? It's a good question. Date better girls. <laughs> yeah, uh, ask them. The, you know, that's one of the first questions you need to ask them. Drug them. Yeah. Schumann technique. Yeah. Yeah. Schumann, suck it. And Jay Z, thanks for being uh, so methodical and objective with your beer experiments. I've learned a lot from the BN, and lots and a lot of it is from you. Uh, also, thanks for putting all the work into brewing classic styles. I brewed a few recipes and plan to brew more. Uh, he says, if I'm missing anybody, you're an asshat. Thanks again, Bruce Strong from Joseph. I like how Jamil got the only serious. Comment and thank you, and that it's just funny. <laughs> I thought there were lots of serious comments for you, JP. <laughs> Get a book. No, it's just funny. I just you know, like everybody got a little ribbing, and then Jamil, I don't know. Yeah, never mind. Apparently, right. it wasn't that funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. All right, so here's another one that's a lot of uh, praise for the show. Thank you for that. And at the end, he says, "I took your advice and entered the beer into." Uh, let's see, what was what was the beer? Uh, it was his American Brown. And 
and he entered it into two categories, 10C, and he doesn't say what the other one was. Oh, a 10C and 11C, and he got, what does this fucking say? Words. That's good rating. 10C American Brown was a 40-point beer. I also submitted the same beer as English Brown 11C, and the two score sheets in the latter category had me at 20 points. Was wondering uh, if the difference sounded right to you guys. How would he get a 40 in one category and a 20 in the other? He says, in the overall impression, both judges noted that it was a great beer, but not to style. Oh, didn't taste uh, it. Hard to say. I don't think it, I don't think a beer should be a 20 unless there's faults in it. Yeah, yeah. If it's not a style, you're, gonna, you're supposed to go higher than that. Yeah, if it's yeah. a good beer and... It's just out of style. It, it should be a lot higher than that. I'm going to get to at least 30, I think. Yeah. yeah, You said the overall impressions were the same comments for both scores? No, he said oh. in the overall impression of the 20 score sheet oh, gotcha. okay. is where they said it was not to style. So it sounds to me like yeah, if you did great in the other category, that was to style. Right. And, yeah, uh, unless it was, well, I don't know. I guess it could be so far. I, it, I guess there's a big difference between those categories. So it could have been so far out that they... We're just, you know, totally amazed, like it must have been miscategorized kind of thing. Even then, if it's a good, clean beer, I'd still get it high in the 20s. And, yeah, and those categories are fairly close together. Yeah, it's yeah. not like you're, you're entering a right. lambic or something. Right. Well, right. whatever. And that is your feedback brought to you by Downtown Joe's. Go to downtownjoes.com, and you can learn all about the great beer of Downtown Joe's and uh, find out how to get there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Gordon Strong, Mr. Ninkasi himself, is going to be on the show with us talking about the Sierra Nevada Brew Camp. Also, got a couple of listeners uh, hanging out in our area who went to the Sierra Nevada Brew Camp as well. So we'll be talking to Jake and Tom, along with Gordon Strong, when we come back. Hang in there. It's the session. Hang in there, JP. Don't hang. Just, you know what I'm saying. I don't. Suspend. See you in a second. Is it hug time now? It's hug time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside Dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. 
Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. In the past year, the Brewing Network has been able to add two new shows, expand our studio capabilities and quality, and bring more beer information home to you than ever before. In no small part, this is due to subscribers like you. Thank you from all of us at the Brewing Network. Without your monthly support of any denomination, we could not bring you the very best in live beer radio like Can You Brew It? Brew Strong and the Sunday Session. Haven't signed up yet? Join your fellow brewers in the BN Army. Sign up today at thebrewingnetwork.com for a recurring donation as little as $2 a month. Besides all the great live radio you'll support, every subscriber is automatically entered in monthly raffles for amazing brew gear like a conical firm a temperature control system, or your own draft setup. Become a part of the BN Army today. Regan, do you remember when you graduated from the Brewmasters Academy? I'm so excited. Graduation day. Uh, what? What is this guy even saying right now? Regan? Quiet. What, like you know what he's talking about? Yeah, I do. Ah, forget it! I'm going to brew anyways. Celebrate the brewmaster in each of us and become a more beer brewmaster. More beer is offering every one of their brewmaster and signature series kits at discounted prices all month. Brewmaster kits are clone beers of your favorite commercial brewers like Russian River, Rogue, the 21st Amendment, and more. And signature series kits are award-winning recipes from some of the best home brewers around. Guys like Ray Daniels, John Palmer, Shap the Producer, and Jamil Zanishev. It's Brewmaster Month all September long, only at morebeer.com. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewer Network. And now, back to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. Program, everybody. It's the session. We're going to be talking to Gordon Strong here in a second. And John Palmer a little bit later on in the program. He's going to be talking to us about brewing calculations, which is going to put me to sleep. But luckily, Tasty is really passionate about brewing calculations, and he's going to keep everybody awake and rolling. It's the stuff you need to know uh, when you're home brewing, and, and even me. And by the way, Tasty, so I just brewed for uh, Can You Brew It? I, yes. I did a Mirror Pond Pale Ale. How's that coming? Is mirror, it, uh, mirror Pond. Is it still fermenting, or what's it doing? It's done. That? It's kegged. Oh. Carbonated, I hope. It might, it might still be a little undercarbonated, but I have until tomorrow. We're airing the show tomorrow. Um, I think, I don't know if it's going to be a clone. I haven't done my own side-by-side, but I do think it's going to be a good beer. Oh. Some of your best Keep work. faith. Well, well, I tasted it when I kegged it, and... I liked it a lot. Nice. You so, drink it. It looks good. But I nice haven't color. tried it all cold and carbonated and stuff, so maybe we have to sneak a glass at one of these breaks here. 
Yeah, let's and check it out. And see how my beer's doing. But the I reason I brought it up, too... I thought you couldn't tell beers like that. You know, when, I can't. When Chad gives you, like, uh, takes well, out the fermenter. And, though. But <laughs> if they're mine, it's different. Oh. It's like attention. your own kids, you know? Like, you can tell things. I don't know why. What can you tell about your kids? They smell funny. Yeah, <laughs> they smell weird. <laughs> Doc's they're going to grow up smart. Yeah. Or not. Doc's kids smell like goats. It's the strangest thing. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the reason I brought it up, uh, Tasty, is that I hit all my numbers when oh. uh, when brewing this beer. That's great. Yeah, great. And not yeah. because uh, not because I did the math, but because Promash did the math. Well, and I did pretty well right, with my numbers. The other half is actually hitting the numbers, right? I did have to uh, my pre boil. We'll talk about all this during the show, but I did have to exactly. add a little water to my pre boil. Well, um, looked, but right? I looked. I checked yeah. my numbers, and so I too uh, believe in the power yeah. of these brewing you calculations. Use the power, yeah, exactly. I use them, and I got it to finish where it's supposed to, and everything. So, yeah, let's sneak a taste at one of these breaks Amazing. here. Amazing, and then uh, we'll be doing our side by side tomorrow. Can you brew it airs at a special time, three p.m. It's sweeps week or something. That's why we're doing it. Right? Some, some do with football or something. Yeah. I don't know. Three p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Jamil was like, yeah, I could do the show tomorrow, but as long as it's before the Raiders game. <laughs> yeah. He's going to the game, so he was like... Oh, he's, oh that makes yeah, it better, yeah, though. Yeah. I thought he just had to be home no, no, in like, time to sit his fat ass no, on the couch and no, eat a go, bowl of chips. He's I'll, going to the game. I'll yeah. tell you how the game ends up. The Raiders will suck, ah. and then they'll lose. That's okay. how the game will end. All right, so brewing calculations, and then can you brew it tomorrow, 3 o'clock, two episodes, My Mirror Pond, uh, we'll see if I cloned it, and Shat brewed for it as well, Roxy Rolls from Magic Hat Brewing Company, thanks to my pops for getting out that beer to us in time so we can do a side-by-side. All right, Gordon, you there, my brother? Have I lost Gordon? Hey. There he is. There you are. Hey, Gordon, how's it going? Good. You're real quiet. Can you hear me now? (laughs) There you are. It's my fault, not yours. I'm cranking up the volume on this side. Are you okay? Yeah, I got you. It was my... New studio looks great, Jay. Hey, thanks, man. If only we could get it to work great. Everything would be great. <laughs> a few bugs here and there. Yeah, the, the audio was all buzzy on the uh, video feed. Uh, I think I fixed it now. It uh, should be okay. Okay. Yeah. But this is why we're doing it. You can go to justin.tv slash brewing network and help us test this video feed because I want it to work great when we get to the Great American Beer Festival so that you can see... Uh, live as it happens, people winning their awards. It'd be, it should be a good time. So mm-hmm. the yeah. video quality is really good. Is it good? Okay, yeah, it's much, it's much better. So all right, that's one of the things we're really working on because our standard webcam video quality is pretty low. We save bandwidth, but we're going to be trying to go to um, as close to high def as possible when we do it live from the GABF. So that's what we're testing. And Andy's just doing a great job. Andy, you're really doing good. You're not even sweating today, which is nice. <laughs> Sometimes you have to watch Andy sweat while he works. It makes me uncomfortable. What is it about IT guys? Yeah, Foster the, sweats? I, I, Andy sweats? I was going to say that. Yeah. What is that, Andy? Is that uh, yeah. What is it about IT guys that they get all sweaty all the time? <laughs> you, sit in air, you sit in air conditioning most of the time. It's our uh, midi-chlorians. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. The more we sweat, the better we are. I see. All right. Thank you for clearing that up for us, Andy. Well, you must be really good. <laughs> yeah. All right, Gordon, so uh, you got yourself over to the Sierra Nevada Brew Camp, huh? Yeah, yeah. What was the deal with that? Only gold medal winners were invited? Uh, yeah, they yeah. they had a, a certain number of tickets they were given out. I think uh, they planned on handing out 24. So they gave out 23 for the first place beer winners, plus they had some random person in the audience pick one from, you know, it was stuck under their chair. Oh, right. Like Oprah. 
you know. See, JP, you did have a chance to go. <laughs> I did have a chance to go. <laughs> it was a random I, yeah. drawing. But then, uh, you know, some douches didn't go, so other people got to hey, go. Hey, instead. hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Uh, well, Doc, you were at uh, dental school instead of brew camp, I guess. And, and last week was Burning Man. So. Right. Oh. No. And then I had to be there. I don't know. <laughs> you picked that uh, pick flaming man over uh, beer camp. <laughs> well, I gotta go with brew naked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta go with Doc on this one. <laughs> that was a that was a good yeah. choice. <laughs> there was a there was a lot of people uh, there in uh, BN gear. Oh yeah, probably uh, you know uh, see how many people are listening in now that have gone. Yeah, I saw a couple. Good. It might be the right time to hit up Sierra for that uh, sponsorship. <laughs> they got to see a bunch of BNers there. <laughs> Uh, did you wear your BN gear, Mr. Strong? Uh, uh, no, did. I did not. Oh. Hawaiian shirts all week. Yeah, Hawaiian shirts and shorts. That's Gordon's uh, uniform. Nah. No. <laughs> did you wear your homebrew club shirt at least then? Like, what no. happened? What'd you wear? No, I, I, it was... How gay am I? Like, I care what the hell Gordon wore. <laughs> it was, like, as hot as it was in your old studio. So. Oh, that's warm. So you wore nothing? <laughs> yeah, nutters. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. So, now, was it a week-long thing? How many days was brew camp? No, it was about two and a half days. It was two days um, doing stuff, but we got there early. Um, uh, they picked us up at the Sacramento airport, but there were too many people for the van, so uh, they they get us a shuttle there early, so we got there like two and a half hours ahead of uh, the rest of the people. Oh. But um, we did have a... Uh, full run at the bar while we were there so uh beautiful so you guys were ready to go by the time this class started yeah absolutely sierra nevada were great hosts they uh they uh picked up our bar tab so you know anybody that does that <laughs> you know gets uh, a lot of cred absolutely mm. that's a bonus in my Works book for me yeah so what was the premise of brew camp is was it to let you guys have the run of the place or to teach you something what was the deal well, this is the first time they did it with homebrewers. This was like camp number 13 that we went to. So I guess they, uh, you know, I asked them about that. They started out um, as a way of rewarding their distributors and partners and people that work with them, people that wanted to come out and do something special and brew a batch of beer. Okay. And then it went back out to the people who uh, who made it. But this is the first time they had homebrewers there. So I guess they had to run through their lawyers and everything. Yeah, because uh, we had to sign all these releases. It's you know sort of worse than going on a whitewater rafting trip or something. Really, it's like you know, you know you could die from doing like half the stuff you're going to do here, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You release us from liability if you fall into a, a vat right. of caustic. Yes, basically. <laughs> Got it. But um, so this is the first time they did it for homebrewers. So they were they were trying to figure it out. Um, so they were they were changing around their usual th- their usual program because they figured we um, knew more about brewing than the the people they usually had through. All right, and that, and that was probably true. But, yeah, you know we did have a full brewery tour, and it's not the it's not the normal dog and pony thing. I mean we got to we got to stop and talk to people, and they'd answer whatever we wanted. Um, they have a really professional setup. I mean they're they're brewing on a two hundred barrel system, mm-hmm. but um, it's just amazing how controlled everything was. Right. They were just getting the uh, they were just getting the first batch of uh, celebration going uh, for the year when we got there. Oh, nice! I guess they wait for the the first of the new hop harvest. So, did you get to taste that in its early stages? Uh, no, no, because they were uh, 
uh, I mean, they were just brewing it the day we were brewing. Got it. Our group. So. Our group. Uh, yeah, I've got Jake got here. Uh, they, you guys got, you went to the second uh, brew camp, right? Jake and Tom, they're hanging out in the studio with us. So you guys did get to taste the uh, celebration? Yeah. Straight out of the tank. Really? The best beer I've ever had. Was it really? <laughs> Straight from the tank. They just like started dry hopping it. Okay. So nice. You're done with the worst beer you tasted. <laughs> were they, were they going to use the torpedo on that or are they um, doing the traditional thing? Uh, I think they were just doing the traditional thing, dry hopping it. With uh, they have, they showed the bags, giant nylon bags. Oh, okay, they just chain them all up, mm-hmm. put them in the tank. Oh, really? So they used hop bags. They don't just throw them in loose. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, they they use um, this Sierra Nevada uses whole hops for everything. Okay. So um, you know that was a lot of fun. I mean the the amount of uh, warehouse space they have for cold storage of hops. I mean they have multiple rooms, and you know that was amazing. Okay. Because when we were putting together our recipe, we wanted to check out what some of the different varieties were that we hadn't tried before. So we went in there to uh, uh, see what they were like. So we were, like, rooting around in these uh, big uh, bales of hops. That sounds great. Had a hard yeah. on. <laughs> Jake walked through with a stiffy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you. I think everything was stiff because it was, like, you know, 28 degrees in there. It yeah. Was, it was stupid cold. Really? Yeah. So that's how you're supposed to long. store them, though, right? So that's oh yeah, to yeah, say. yeah, uh, totally. I think it's interesting that they only use whole hops. So even you know bittering and everything, they're not using pellets at all. Nope. Huh? Nope. They're the only lar- whole hops. They're the largest brewery in the world that uses whole hops. Really? That's Tom speaking, by the way. We got Jake and Tom here in the studio. Did they say why? Did did, did anybody ask why they stick to the whole hops? I think it's just tradition. It's what they want to do, and they yeah. feel comfortable with it. And their system is just geared for it. Their system is so smooth. They know every yeah, little in and out of. So. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, why does a dog lick his balls? Because you know? <laughs> it can. can. <laughs> right. Because so. they taste real good? <laughs> to get the hey, either one of those works. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Nobody's looking for him. Because he has two. I could have sworn in, uh, in, in, in Ken Grossman's uh, talk at NHC, he said they tried to do pellets at one time and it just didn't come out right. Hmm. He said so they went back yeah. to whole hops, right? Am I, did I hmm. just make that up? He said No, he said that there's actually, um, they can tell the difference in the flavor. Yeah. It comes out. Using the whole versus pellets. Okay, and they they have the lab equipment to test for it. So right, he could back it up. Yeah. All right. They probably had three or four different labs there. You know, we got to go through them. Then they do they do QA on every batch they brew. Uh huh. You know, uh, microbiology, but they also have an R and D lab where they're looking at new products, and um, they have a sensory lab where they're just focused on doing uh, tastings. Okay. So, you know. Now, when you say new products, you're talking about brewing equipment, things to use like that, or what? Uh, new hop varieties. Okay. Um, you know, any techniques, because they've, they have changed a lot of things over the years. You know, so they're looking for, are they going to get better performance out of it? Like, they changed the type of bottles they used. They used to have the twist-off caps. Right. So they went to this other uh, kind of cap, this fresh seal cap, they called it, and... Uh, said they got like 20 times better performance at keeping oxygen out of the bottle. Wow. So they had measured data on that. Okay. But they do a lot of evaluation of new malts and hops and things. Did you see any new hops in there that they were uh, going through? Um, well, there's the Citra hop yeah. that um, uh, they'd used on uh, a couple of the beers that they were uh, serving in the in the tap room there. How'd you the like tap that room, The tap room. Oh, it was great. Okay. It was like a, sort of a tropical fruit uh, character. 
really I nice. think uh, I think we have a secret stash of Citra given to us from a secret source. A lot of people, a lot of brewers are starting to talk about that hop. So, might I have racked to. the beer today. Using it? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, what what uh, part of the uh, beer? It's, it's an uh, American Pale Ale, uh, Columbus Bitter, and then Citra uh, finished. You're finishing hop? Yeah. How much of it did you use? It was a 10-gallon batch, 18-gallon batch. I used like six ounces. Great. Yeah. Oh, look forward to try that then. Mm-hmm. All right. Go on, Gordon. Yeah, so that that was uh, that was really good. The uh, if, if people haven't been there, the, the restaurant... Uh, brew pub that they have attached to it is great i mean it's um they probably had i'm trying to remember how many was on their sampler i want to say like 24 or something they had like they were doing sort of shot glasses as samples and it seemed to me there was like three rows of eight it could have been three rows of six i'm not sure i've heard that that they have like the biggest sampler in beer that they just give you a lot of good samples out there it was and there was so it's basically everything they had plus all these um special batches that they they do out of their pilot brew house so they have like two big production brew houses they have a a 100 barrel system and a 200 barrel system and the pilot brew house is the 10 barrel system and that's where uh that's where we brewed okay so you know actually the best beer that i had there i mean this is going to sound really silly but the best beer that i thought they made was this kolsch and it was it was like absolutely perfect and it came out of the um came out of the pilot brew house you know i took you said, like, why aren't you sticking this in a bottle and selling it instead of the Summerfest crap? Yeah. <laughs> what was their answer to that? You didn't call their Summerfest crap to their face, did you? Uh, no. I said, <laughs> I think I think this would be something that would do better than Summerfest. Yeah. And is it something that they're thinking about? I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, they. I think a lot of the, the, the people that made it and some of the people there um, you know, thought the same thing. But, you know, they've got marketing people that work for them, too. So. Right. <laughs> Uh, now you so guys got to brew your own batch of beer with them. Yeah, we did. We designed it and um, and brewed it on the second day. Um, How did the designing of that go? When there's 24 of you, or however many well, were in the group. So they, we're split into two groups. So we're each doing our own batch. So okay. the guys that went this week brewed their own batch, and we brewed ours. So and they're completely different. Got it. Um, they had email lists set up ahead of time that we could talk it over. Okay. But we really didn't decide anything. All we all we did was dick around long enough that we couldn't choose another yeast other than their house yeast. All right. Because they said, you know, they, we could use whatever we wanted, but they'd have to grow it. Okay. So when we couldn't decide, we wound up using the house yeast. Okay. Um, so we spent part of the first day uh, nailing it down. They had, like, uh, two guys who run the pilot brew house come and work with us. Um, they gave us their inventory logs of everything they had, uh, all the malts and hops that we could choose from, um, so, you know, we put it together from there. We talked about what we wanted to do and, you know, argued a lot. That's what I was going to add. It sounds like fun to be able to design your own yeah. beer there, but, Not you know, we're, people. Yeah, were there a couple people who were just, you know, you kind of like, shut up already? We, the the ball and chain. I mean, what? Ha- how did that go? Well, um, I think I think the Sierra people were trying to facilitate a little. Yeah. Like, if they heard, like, a, uh, several people agreeing on something and somebody else disagreeing, they, they tried to push the consensus opinion a little bit and move it along. Got it. Sure. You, know, you, you make a number of decisions as you go, and once you settle something, they tried to keep us from going back. Okay. You know? Yeah. Let me guess. You, Co- someone made an IPA, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we looked at what some of the other people had made before us, and you know, the, the people were you know the obvious thing would be to make some big hoppy beer. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we made sort of like an American stock ale, uh, something that was uh, uh, malty and strong with uh, a lot of bittering hops, but not necessarily a big, huge American hop finish. We actually went with uh, New Zealand hops as the late hops, uh, uh, varieties we hadn't used before. It was um, uh, Pacific Holler Tower and Southern Cross were the, the two late varieties we used in the Whirlpool and the Hopback. Um, so I think we designed something that was around a you know an eight eight and a half percent beer. Good job. Um, you know we <laughs> we asked him how much malt we could put in there. You know one of the one of the ideas we had is you know, why don't we make bigger foot? You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> and um, uh, but apparently one of the groups, I guess Tommy Arthur was out there in one of the groups, and they made a big imperial stout but it was only like nine and a half percent but they had the malt sticking out of the top of the mash ton the wow. empire strikes black is that yeah, what it was called the name the of empire it? strikes black nice that's cool <laughs> gordon we yep. got to try your beer it's pretty good it, was it good <laughs> very good wait yeah. so when you say his beer you mean his group's beer yeah. you guys got to try seven days and it's done no no, no out of the fermenter yeah. it's super yeasty but you can sort of tell it's going to be a good beer it's yeah. really very malty yeah so wh- how would you classify it, Gordon? Um, yeah, the people that sort of know me would <laughs> say, like, um, you know, what do you mean you're not brewing something to style? Yeah, so, you know, it's sort of like um, a arrogant bastard doesn't really fit style. It's sort of big and malty, uh, but there's a lot of bitterness to it. You know, it's not as extreme as that, but, you know, sort of like an American version of an old ale. Like North, North what Coast I would call stock a ale. stock ale. Okay. Um, so, I mean, we were targeting something that was about um, 50, 60 IBUs and 8, 8.5% ABV. Nice. Um, bittered it with German Magnum and gave it some middle charges of uh, spalt and sterling and then hit it with those New Zealand hops at the end. Okay. We use thirteen pounds of hops in a ten barrel batch. Very nice. Now, are they? Get, will they send you this beer? You guys all get to try it, I assume. So, yeah, I think the deal is. So, you know, they can't just sort of drop ship you beer because the the three tier system still you know yeah. still applies and they have to follow the law. So they they're actually um, going to the trouble of registering the beer in in all of our states. Wow. You know, you know, it's got a name, it's got a label, um, you know, it's going to be like a real beer. And they don't have a bottling line on their pilot brewery, so they can just keg. But they said they'd do some five-gallon kegs and then the rest half barrels. Nice. And then we can get them through our local distributor um, at the pale ale price. Got it. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like a good so, deal to me. So, yeah, so I'm... Tr- uh, I'm not sure when exactly they're going to be able to release it, but there's like in Ohio at least there's a, a big beer and barley wine festival in uh, late October. Mm-hmm. That I'd just love to have that uh, that for. Now you said you use their house yeast. Uh, was that their pale ale yeast? Same yeast as that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their house ale yeast. Now what about you guys, Jake and Tom? What was your beer that your group brewed? We made a Baltic porter. Oh, okay, with molasses and star anise. Really. And we actually, we decided on the beer much like before, a couple of weeks before the camp started. Okay. So we were actually able to get in uh, a lager yeast for it. Got it. That's like, cool for them to be able to do. They don't, do they do any lagers right now? Yeah, they, they have a lager yeast. That's they do. Summerfest. Their Summerfest. 
That's a lager, is yep. it? I thought it was just a blonde ale. I didn't know it was a lager. And they've never used this yeast either, so I was giving them a chance to do some research or to test it, to test it themselves. Yeah. So did your group not argue like Gordon's did? Oh, no, we did. Yo, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you just did it via email? Yeah, 250 yeah. emails. Wow. Like five minutes from everyone around really? the country, so it's kind of... Okay, just call me when it's done. Yeah, I that's can't a, sit actually, that. that's what the, the brewer said. He's like, would you guys just stop sending me emails, get right. me off the list, and... Uh, I'm going to designate you to tell me when you guys come to a decision what you're doing because you're swamping my email. Wow. Great. Good job, guys. The first time they did homebrew camp and also the last. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel that four pounds is too much, maybe 3.95 pounds. Yeah. yeah pretty much that. They were not like, use any oh, Vienna malt because they said it was all reserved for you guys. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. We heard yeah. you stole the fuel, though. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> nice. See, homebrewers. It was less yep. bad. Take it so seriously. Them. It's like, no, we have to do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up already. It was less bags we had to put in there after drinking the night before. Oh, it was yeah. Kind of not to have to put those extra bags in there. So. so what else did you guys do then besides the brewing? It sounds like they let you go out on the town at night, too, and took care of you there. Was there they um, didn't let us go out. They took us out. They just so, took I mean, you out, huh? Wow. That was, um, that was all uh, hooked up, too. So. Wow. Uh, all the local talent in Chico. Um, it was yeah, probably to the, get you guys to stop arguing. <laughs> Actually, the local talent was pretty impressive. <laughs> that's damn right it is. Yeah, it's a good university right there. Yeah. Bunch of pot-smoking broads. Yeah, that's what <laughs> put Chico on the map. Easy <laughs> pot-smoking broads. Yeah, easy, high broads. <laughs> it's tasty. You should have gone. Did you get a gold? Yeah. But you didn't go to brew camp? No. Why not? I, I just couldn't free myself up. He's above it. Really? I wish he did. That's just too busy then. He's above it. Are you above Brew Camp, Tasty? Are you <laughs> no. just are you No, no, no. You're bigger That's than just that great, now? I'm not above a good time. Come on. What, what about it? Would I be above? <laughs> I yeah. don't want to teach them the things that I know. <laughs> yeah. Chad, watch I don't my know car. that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Just checking. Yeah. Just yeah, I got the gold ticket, but... Uh, yeah. Cost the gold ticket. Hmm. Right. So, Justin, uh, one of the guys in the group was uh, Jimmy from uh, Jimmy Hugs uh, Charlie. <laughs> What's that? Remember? The guy that hugged and kissed Charlie? Don't you remember? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. He was there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love he's, that guy. Uh, he's like the essence of BN. You uh-huh. know? <laughs> Did he yell out BN Army for life every time you guys threw in hops or something? Did he kiss uh, Ken Grossman? <laughs> no. <laughs> I love Jimmy. No, but I asked him about that. <laughs> he said, well, I didn't know if I was going to win again, so I thought I'd just go for it. <laughs> hey, he's right. Good yeah, strategy, that, was best, that was the best part of the show. <laughs> it, it was. So like, that's, the day. That, that's how you go win. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he went up to Janice, too, and did the, put a smooch on her. It grabbed the microphone. Grabbed the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's a man. I like Jimmy. That's cool. So you got to hang out with Jimmy for a couple of days. Yeah. So he was hanging out with us. We we brought some uh, we brought some uh, uh, New Glarus uh, raspberry tart out there. Oh yeah. So yeah. So he hung out with us and we knocked that back. Great. That was fun. So was there an educational portion other than you know you guys being hands on with the brewing and you could ask anything? Was there any sort of a of a class or something like that? We already knew uh. everything. <laughs> All right. Yeah, when you got a ticket, if you didn't yeah. know everything, they ran us through like uh, their sensory lab, and um, you know we got to do triangle tastings of off flavors and things. Oh, that's cool. Um, we got to do a vertical tasting of uh, Bigfoot. Really? How many years that- back did they go? Um, two thousand for us. Yeah, I think it was okay. 2000, you know, but there were like four of them. 
Okay. Yeah. It was so. 2000, 2003, 2006, and 2009. All right. And yeah. did it uh, work like it's supposed to, and 2000 was the best, the age one? or Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I like the 06, actually. Uh, really? with, the one, with the one we had, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been the 03 that we liked the best. Okay. And were they, they all very different? Like, uh, you know, could you... Very different tasting beers? Yeah, the 09 wasn't really ready to drink. It, yeah. was, it was definitely young. Yeah. But um, all the rest of them were uh, really good. They were, they were different, but they were all, hmm. you know, certainly drinkable. Got it. Yeah, Beave, you know, Sammy uh, used to buy Bigfoot every year and save it. I think we still have his uh, his older years in our cupboard. It's, uh, he's smart because I never like fresh Bigfoot. It's just not a good beer. It's meant to I be aged. I always save it at least three years. That was that was sort of my rule. But. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever lasted that long, but uh, <laughs> definitely a year before you ever should open one. Even mm-hmm. just a, even a waste of just trying it, in my opinion. If you ask a Sierra Nevada employee how long to hold on to Bigfoot, they'll yeah. tell you in days. <laughs> really? Is that what he said? <laughs> That's great. All right, so a little bit of vertical tasting, and uh, sounds like you guys had a hell of a week, man. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, I don't know. It was like um, an NHC plus sort of the best beer brewery trip you've ever had rolled together. Got it. So um, now, so usually you don't get that hammered when you go to uh, you know normal brewery tours. So that's the part of the NHC. You know, it right. really was you know a, a liver uh, killing uh, few days. But uh, uh, wow, that's exercise. I mean, <laughs> it'll regenerate. They they did treat us like rock stars. That's great. Yeah. Well, good man. It sounds like a I. You know, the more I I learn about Sierra, the more I like them. So they're definitely a true homebrew company. I dig. And that. yeah, and they're not, and they're not all corporate. I mean, they're they're obviously running a big business. I mean, they're they're the biggest craft brewer behind Sam Adams. And right. Some people would probably say that that makes them the biggest craft brewer. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, but it's still family business. You know, Ken Grossman owns it, and then you know, everybody Ken, there uh, wears uh, you know Sierra Nevada shirts, and everybody there, you know, you ask them about you know, hey, you like your job, and it's like, dude, I get to make beer, yeah. you know, or I get to hang out and have beer all the time. It's you know, they love it. But uh, did Ken they, come hang out with you guys? Uh, he came out to dinner with us. He he was out of town, um, okay. but he 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 made a special point of coming out to dinner and and hanging with us. Great. But it, his brother was the guy who was uh, he's like their beer ambassador, and okay. Um, he was running the whole thing. What about you guys, Tom and Jake, your group? Pretty much the same story. Yeah. yeah. Steve Grossman was hanging out with us the whole time. Cool. Wonderful, wonderful guy. Really yeah. Nice, cool. Mm. Very cool guy. And well, that's co- great, man. The cool thing about um, Sierra Nevada is they're really a socially conscious um, business and family business and that. And they really, this is their way of giving back right. to the brewing community. And what better way to do it really is through homebrewers. Most of the beer camps are designed for like distributors and different accounts to kind of make them aware of the process so they were kind of taking back well, the first group gordon that um you guys actually knew beer the first time they actually did a beer camp and mm-hmm. you know, the people there already knew how to brew beer so it was kind of fun um for them to co- tell you different things and go through it so. yeah but no they're very good you know environmentally and just really um yeah they've got like solar panels there they said they run fuel they cells. draw like 90 percent of their electricity off their own solar panels that's great. I wanted. To, I didn't want to annoy you guys with all my environmental questions, but I knew that about them that they a lot of water uh, reclamation, right? Don't they do that too? Oh yeah, they they uh, all the water coming in, they um, treat it up and they they re- like reuse everything all the time. All the steam gets reused for heat sources in another area. Right. I think it might be 
the most efficient brew house in America. Yeah. I think in terms of everything that they reuse, uh, it's certainly the most sustainable. But I think even efficiency, mm-hmm. the 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 amount of power that they use, I think it's the mo- the the best. It's so efficient. The brewers don't even have to wear boots. Yeah. What? Yeah. Really? Because there's nothing yeah, pouring there's like out. No one wearing rubber. There's no hose there. changes. Or yeah. Really? They're just walking around Stainless tennis steel shoes. Steel pipes going everywhere. Right. No kidding. Yeah. So the floor is immaculate. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And the the thing that really impressed me the most was uh, their mill. Yeah. They um, they spray water on the grain as it goes into the mill, and the uh, you know all of this is under. Uh, Nitrogen, so you know, no oxygen pickup anywhere in that too. But they're basically starting the mash in the mill. It's a two-roller mill, and I guess the the water um, makes the green husks pliable so that they don't shred. Mm. So it's basically you know, crushing the grain without shredding the husks. Mm. Wow! So Dark. that that was really that was really very cool. Um, specially designed system to do that, and. Yeah, it's like normally when you go to a brew house, you know, people are there, you know, it's all dirty and, uh, you know, they're shoveling out the grains and all this. No, that was all, like, automatic. Wow. I like that. They're they're sitting in the back with their, like, control room. You know, we we actually had sort of a a slow louder. So they're like, oh, we're going to have to go manual. So, you know, that meant they had to do, like, three clicks on the computer instead of one. (laughs) We're going (laughs) manual. Grab a mouse, boys. Yeah, we're going in. Yeah. Roll your sleeves up. Yeah. <laughs> I heard they uh, routinely do a slow louder just so they can surf the net a little longer. Is <laughs> that right? Yeah, we we threw in a bunch of rice holes. <laughs> wow. The next batch, then. That's my kind of brew house right there. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it was uh, it was very very impressive. Okay. All right. Well, I got to get uh, going, Gordon, and move on to our brewing math so I can blow my mind with some calculations today but uh it sounds like you all had an awesome an awesome time i think that's a really cool thing that sierra's doing and uh thanks for sharing it with us brother yeah i can't say enough good things about sierra i always thought they uh were a good brewery but you know they've they've really gone up several notches because of this yeah so everybody needs to know about it you'd go again i assume in a minute yeah doc you might have to go next year you know you know to plan our things around that I could just show up with my ticket sometime. Yeah, <laughs> just anytime. Hey, hey, I missed yeah, yeah. him <laughs> this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and JP, you you'll have to go. I'll have to go too, you, man. You know when you get that gold, sit in the right chair. This, yeah. This year in Minnesota. You know, uh, oh yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. I think I'd look under the chairs first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that's that we better, know. Yeah, we know. Look now. That's true. Yes. Don't wait for the. Uh, hey, don't don't take steal it. Our stick way it under your. Find it early and stick it under your chair and yeah. then act like it's not there. <laughs> I usually get into the banquet hall early, so I can uh, I can go do that. You're on no. to it. Good. We can lie, cheat, and steal our way into Sierra <laughs> Brew Camp next yeah. year, JP. All right, Gordon. Thanks, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. Catch you Take later. Take care. All right. There you go, Gordon Strong, everybody. Mr. Ninkasi himself. How many did he, has he won? Two? Two? Three? Back to back. Back to back. Back to back. Yeah. two. Nobody's won three yet, right? No. Is that the deal? I always forget about this. I always hear him and Jamil talking about it because one of them's up for the record-breaking one. Although now that Jamil's retired yeah. from uh, competition, right? <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> then uh, you think it's going to last? Brett Favre. Come on. What's he going to do with all that beer he's got in his shed right now? He's got to enter it somewhere, right? He'll probably age it till his girls are twenty-one. And give it to them. He just yeah. entered it under a different name. 
Yeah, Justin Crosley? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that might hurt a yeah. little bit. <laughs> they might throw rocks instead of peanuts. Right. That's true. That won't help him at all. I say he's going to enter. Come on. Nationals? He's got to get another Ninkasi. You know what you do? Is Maybe he'll just take a year off. We should go up and visit him. Yeah. And you should steal a case or a six-pack. Yeah. And then hold it for next NHC and then enter it under your name. That's a good idea. No one will know. Hmm. It's my chance. It's your only chance. They keep saying there's a chance. Nobody will know until they taste the beer and realize it's good. <laughs> you wait. You wait till this mirror pond comes yeah, out well, and, it, and you all love it's it. It's going to come out in about 20 minutes, I'm figuring. Let's so, yeah. i got to take a break oh, right yeah, now okay, anyway. Let's go. Chad, can we get some of that? Let's do it. All right. Take all right. the one. Take it from the keg that has the, the full rubber top, not the... <laughs> yeah, because I well, because I didn't um, I didn't CO two purge one of them when I racked it. I forgot, but I remembered it on the second one. Also, one always is something, isn't it? Also, yeah. one is yeastier than the other. So I'm uh, I'm stacking the deck here. I'm giving you the one that I well, purged your best stuff. and was right. not yeah. yeasty. All right, all right. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, the great John Palmer is gonna help us do math. It's all the brewing calculations that you need to know and use to make great beer. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at NicoBrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. 
Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. And Seven Bridges has the best selection in the world. Everything is a click away at breworganic.com. Join the mailing list for special deals and regular updates about new products and specials. They have been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for almost 12 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. Take the National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Enter the competition by October 10th for your chance to win great prizes, including a hands-on brewing experience at an organic brewery, brewing equipment, or organic brewing ingredients. Complete details about the competition are online at breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to worker and people-friendly business practices and environmentally friendly, worker-friendly brewing products whenever possible. Visit today, breworganic.com. Hilo, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. It's the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. the program everybody it's the session we're about to get started with john palmer is going to talk to us about brewing calculations let me go to the phones first i've got cal ale on the line who apparently has a brewing story for us to keep with our brewing show today i don't know you know we'll what i'm see. saying cal what's happening brother hey what's going on justin not a lot what do you got for us all right well first of all i wanted to thank tasty for um, helping me put a little recipe this morning ah um did you help with the recipe today, Tasty? I was, I oh, was doing my fault. There you go. I was doing something like that, yes. I've been known to do that. Very nice. All right. So what's up? Okay. So um, I had a little, uh, everything was going okay. Hit, hit all the numbers pretty good, uh, about 1052, 30 IBU, and mm-hmm. had a little spec sparge. So I was able to get most of my pre-boil volume, and I decided it'd be a good idea to smoke a little cousin. During the brew day, oh, you know, relax. After talking to idea. Tasty, you felt like doing that. That's weird. Was that a line on the recipe? I forget what I gave. You. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was in That's the notes. Between the line. Oh. Yeah. All right. So you smoked some cousin. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So um, after the stuck sparge got everything worked out, about six hours later, I um, get all my runoff, put it in the brew kettle, get my good boil, going into the fermenter. I'm grilling some bratwurst at the same time. The host fell out somehow, and I lost all of my work. Saved two and a half gallons. Oh, no. At the end, not the beginning. At the end, oh, my God. It was wow. made. At least you felt good while it was happening. Wow. That oh, sucks, yeah. dude. That's, that's a, if that's not a work. Justin story, I don't know what is, Cal. I just oh. yeah, smoke more cousin. Yeah. Forget yeah. About yeah. It. And yeah. I don't even smoke. I would have done that. Shit. Yeah, the, the work tastes awesome, though, and um, I'll still be able to fill up my Scotty with it. So Yeah, that's true. You can still get a Scotty out of it. Oh, man. So how uh, pissed off were you at that moment? Uh, the cousin definitely helped uh, take away the anger. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Oh, man, I just lost it all. Oh, well. What? <laughs> Wait, what? What happened? Dude. So thanks a lot, Stacey. <laughs> good work, Tasty. Yeah, right. You didn't mail him any cookies or anything. No, 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 no. That's good. All right. Well, Cal, 
Happens to the worst of us, my friend. It's just all good. Now it's time right to get now. drunk. <laughs> yeah, time to get drunk and, hell, smoke another one. What's the difference at this point? Lose the word. There we go. Thanks, guys. Cheers. <laughs> all right. Later, brother. Later. That is a tough brew day store. If we were having a uh, contest today, say, to give away some dark candy sugar, oh, and, we were, and we were asking for oh, uh, yeah. effed up brew stories, I'd say that Cal Ale was, the day. was winning right now. There's a bunch of people brew every every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see, and look on Facebook, you notice it. All right, so there you go. By the end of the program, if you've got any you know worse stories than Cal, you might win yourself some uh, Belgian candy sugar, courtesy of Dark Candy Inc. Yeah. Uh, so we tried my mirror, my mirror Pond clone. We're not going to talk about its cloneliness because that's well, that's, that's saved for tomorrow's show. But yeah, I'm not very happy with the beer. Why not? Why don't you tell best us? beer you've ever made that I've ever had? Did you uh, made? maybe that you ever had? <laughs> you made it's clean. I think it's clean. Yeah, I think it's clean. I think it's just a little hop forward. Which you know, how old is this beer? I mean, in days since you turned off the propane, uh, two and a half weeks. Yeah, close to three weeks, yeah. I think it's a little thin. Yeah. I think it's thin, too. The, the That's what I don't like there. about it. And it's a little undercarbonated. And I get a little, well, that uh, would be right. I just carbonated it yesterday. And get a little phenolic out of it. A little DMS I get. Mm. Well, there you go. But it's drinkable. <laughs> right, another guys, good. The another stop, epic stop. failure. Yeah, Justin's going to cry. Stop. <laughs> no, not at all. It's just it's bad. It tasted a lot better before it's it went into bad. the keg. It's not bad. It's, it's, not bad. Bad. it's super drinkable. Well, yeah. I think I think Tasty's right. The uh, it is a hop forward because I think it's a little thin, but um, and that'll mellow out a little bit. It'll be great. I maybe should have stopped it at ten twelve instead of letting it go down to ten ten. Maybe the other cakes even better. No, I just maybe think mm. you need another pound or two of malt. Maybe two pounds more malt, base malt. Well, that was the recipe though. So that and, that, the, uh, and the mash temperature and all that. Yeah. Mm. That's what they said. Well, they were wrong. Yeah, and they're wrong. Well, well, they didn't know what they were up against in their de- in in Deschutes' defense. They didn't realize that this beer was being handed off to me. Now, wait a minute. You haven't even had side by side yet. So yeah. that's true. It might be. Uh, there might be crappy yeah, too. Don't slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Get ahead of yourself. Could yeah. be cloned. That's true. I'm just not as happy with it as I was when I tasted it going into the cake. I would say I'd wait a little bit. I don't think it's finished yet. Yeah, uh, it needs more carbonation, and uh, you need the hops to fade a little bit. And, and it's, a, it's a little bit yeasty, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd hang on it for another two weeks before I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd put a judgment on it. You sure you're not sabotaging me, Chat? And this is some bad batch that I brewed a long time ago? <laughs> no. <laughs> Chat told me he this actually is brewed this one. Yeah, yeah, he's like, this one's mine. It's Chad's beer. Don't talk to <laughs> fuck with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no? All right. Hey, no. Schumann will always drink it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's true. Well, me too. I'm not saying I won't drink the shit. <laughs> oh, well. There's always tomorrow. I think it tastes fun. Hey, Palmer, what's happening, brother? Hey, guys, how you doing? We're doing Hi, John. Great, how are you? Hey, JP. Hi, how are you, John? I'm hanging well. Hey, uh, <laughs> wow, good wow. for you. Great. It's no more than beef can up. say for Sam, so oh. that's nice. Good for you. Hey, congratulations on your house not burning down, Palmer. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. For, thanks, thanks for everything. Uh, how long were you out of the house? I think they helped. Hold yeah, on. you got you actually got evacuated. I heard a couple hundred yards from your house the fire was. Oh yeah, I mean, we we evacuated Saturday. Like went to the bathroom. And you mean? when I got up Saturday morning, I walked up the top of the street. You know, through the thick smoke. I mean, it was like being in pea soup fog on the bay. Wow, it was so smoky. But I'm looking at the tops of the ridge. Couldn't see anything glowing, and it's like, okay, looks like it's burned away from us. 
Yeah. And then, uh, but the ash was raining down, and I mean, it was, like I say, thick smoke. So I said, "Come on, kids, we're going to Disneyland." You know, oh, just, out of boy, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Out of here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Turn on the garden hose and get the kids in the car. Yeah. Mm. So about we'd been at Disneyland for about an hour, and my neighbor called me and said, "Okay, the fire's crossed the ridge. You may want to get your stuff and you know get packed up." And it's like. Okay, well, I guess we better go back and get the cat. <laughs> ah, see, see, I'd have left the cat yeah. behind too, Palmer. I, I think yeah, that was the, the kids get all weirded out about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was outvoted, so <laughs> yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. You know? The cat. Yeah. It's too yeah. dangerous to go back now for yeah. the cat. They're, they're smarter than dogs. They'll hide. When right. you're in line for Indiana Jones for 20 minutes, you don't want to get out and then drive home. <laughs> yeah, you know, so. you stay there and ride that thing. Yeah. But fortunately, I'd eaten lunch and we had just gotten off, uh, what is it, uh, Grizzly Bear Rapids. So. Yeah. One of JP's uh, favorites, I'm sure. That's in California Adventure, by the way. Not Thank to you. Confuse the story. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we drove home and saw this huge mushroom cloud over La, La Crescenta. Oh. But uh, got the cat and got some, I guess we grabbed some more clothes and a couple of pictures off the walls and clocks and. Your stash. Uh, got out of there. I saw a no. mushroom cloud at Burning Man. Did you get any hops? It was different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I left. I left all my brewing stuff here. I Ooh. figured, you know, it's it's not mm. that important. Really? You brought that goddamn cat, but you left your brew equipment behind. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, mean, you know, it's stainless. It'll be okay. <laughs> other cats, yeah. but uh, just make yeah, Roush beers but, for the um, next year. You'll be fine. Yeah, we will actually watch the fire come burning down the side of the canyon. About oh maybe a quarter mile from the house, yeah. And uh, we went back up after we dropped the cat off. We went back up to get more stuff, and uh, the police wouldn't let us back up. And um, we were at the at the grocery store parking lot at the bottom of the hill, and you could just I mean the entire canyon was full of smoke, and you could see walls of flames burning down. And it's like ah it's gone, it's mm. going, you know, wow. it's not going to be there. So we just. Turn around and headed for the hotel, and went back to Disneyland the next day. That's got to be an eerie feeling, man. To you know, to see your home uh, in the path of yeah, apocalyptic yeah. destruction almost. You know, sounds like it the was... view from uh, Shoe and My Dad's window right now, wherever they are, <laughs> all fiery and smoking, <laughs> smoking. Oh, I get it. You know, but I guess I it was interesting for me to realize that I'm just not a very materialistic person. Yeah, um, that's good. I had, I had a few heirlooms, um, and uh, we had the kids' school books and clothes, and it's like, you know, we're we're set for the week. You know, we can wing it from here. School books? You made those kids do homework? <laughs> <laughs> what a dick! What the fuck is wrong? Yeah, with you? you know they, well, they, they were supposed to have school the next day, but it got canceled. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> you were all upset about that. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, you know, movie day with the wife, but no. Mm, yeah, was, you were. Yeah, I know what kind of movies. Yeah, movie and and then back to the hotel. Yeah, behind the green door with my wife. Hey, Palmer. Yes. I have a metallurgy question for you before we get into this topic. What, okay. What, well, wait. Shat and I were having a discussion yesterday. The standard way to smoke a hookah is to take aluminum foil and put it on the top, and you put the coal on top of that piece of aluminum foil, and that's how we heat up the tobacco and smoke it. Yeah. So... There's this, you know, there's this, what I call an old wives' tale that goes around, it goes, uh, goes around among pot smokers and hookah smokers alike, that, that burning anything on aluminum like that, if you use aluminum foil as your screen, 
that mm-hmm. uh, it it'll contribute to Alzheimer's later in your life. What do you think the the are there damaging effects of me putting a hot coal uh, on top of aluminum foil and using that as my screen? Um, I I haven't heard of metal fume fever from doing that uh, with aluminum, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but. Chances are, with uh, aluminum having the melting point um, and the easy oxidation, oxidation it does, that you probably are inhaling uh, more aluminum that way than you would, you know, normally receive. Hmm. Um, the, you know, that aside, the connection between Alzheimer's and aluminum has been disproved. Aha! So what so, would be the ill it. effects of me inhaling aluminum? If you get nauseous. Yeah. Then, then you've got uh, acute uh, metal toxicity. All right. What if I don't? Uh-oh. Then everything's fine, then, right? Then you're probably fine. I now, can keep if on puffing. How are your erections yeah. been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, same as always. Eight, nine <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you know? It's not helping me. Yeah. Living them. They're like Basically, steel. Just, just long, long enough to spit. <laughs> long enough to spit. That was gross. I don't get it. <laughs> How about the connection between that and aluminium? How about that? Yeah. That what if I was using that? aluminium? Is yeah. that bad? Is that better? <laughs> no. Yeah, same thing. With oh. it, with any metal, you've got two, you got two basic um, risks. Oh, here we go. Acute, acute poisoning will will give you a nausea and homosexuality, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, chronic poisoning where you you know you where you would accumulate it over a long period of time. Like how Bob Marley died. Yeah. Um, would be, you know, your hair would start falling out and, uh, oh boy, you know, you'd start, you'd start, uh, <laughs> tasting it. All those, all those, uh, Duck. pipes I was making. What'd you used to use as a screen, buddy? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Toilet paper roll and, and foil. One of my mainstays. Yeah, foil. Is a, the foil. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's all purpose, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I have a feeling aluminum is probably a little safer than, say, copper. Uh, copper, you know, there, there's known toxicity to copper if you were to... Or, you know, or lead. Yeah, or lead. Well, um, that and I can buy aluminum is, foil at the store, yeah, so... You can't buy sheets yeah. of copper zinc, foil? Yeah. Zinc's not so cool either. Yeah. But a galvanized steel would be bad. Yeah. That would definitely be bad to use. Um, well, they sound like... Say, sorry, Palmer, go ahead. Oh, no problem. Um, <laughs> st- no problem, planes, JP. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> plain carbon steel would probably be the least harmful... And uh, stainless steel would be next, uh, then aluminum. Okay. So, so I, I say would, we're good to go, Shat. I yeah. think uh, old wives' tale. Yeah. Well, you know, you, uh, sometimes you smoke too much hookah, you get a little nauseous. I mean, it's the tobacco. Maybe it's the um, aluminum foil. Mm, could be. Yeah, could be. Bevo tends to get nauseous. It could be the aluminum. Oh, that well, kills me. She's no. just looking at you. That <laughs> could be that too. That's possible. All right, Palmer. Thank you for answering my question. I'll get us back on track now. We'll talk to you later. That (laughs) That was it. All right, we'll see you later. All right, Palmer is going to help us out today with some beer math. We're going to be doing some brewing calculations. He's made us a nice little cheat sheet of 10 calculations that we are going to need in our brewing process. We will make this sheet available to you after the program. In the meantime, you should be the owner of a copy of How to Brew, and all of these calculations are in that book. If you don't yet have How to Brew, get it. Get it through the BN store. Get it any way you can because it's, uh, it's, it's the Bible in terms of brewing. You need to have it in your collection. So as we go through these calculations with Palmer, and he helps us understand this, which, by the way, Palmer, with me, you've got your work cut out for you. We will be referencing... You're, you're just my least common denominator, Justin. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. 
That's my life story, by the way. I don't even get that math joke. That's a math joke, and I don't understand And you don't get that one. Uh, So we will give you page numbers in How to Brew as we go through these calculations. So get out your book, uh, get your How to Brew. It should have some nice tattered and beer-soaked pages, and get ready to... bring me the Bible. No, not that Bible. Different Bible. Read the Bible. We'll be going through. And then, like I said, we'll make this cheat sheet available to you uh, probably tomorrow, uh, download from our site. So just check the uh, Brewing Network forum, and that's where we'll be giving it to you. So Yeah, i got to send you an updated copy. Okay, good. Beautiful. Yeah, do that, and then we'll pretty it up. We'll put little squiggly lines on it. Like pictures of me. Pictures of JP and uh, make it downloadable. I can send you pictures of my cats. So that you can follow along. So here's the deal, uh, Palmer. Just so that you know uh, and what we've got in front of us, I've got your cheat sheet. And we're going to okay. go through these calculations, and of course, we'll we'll read off the calculation. But folks following at home, you're you're really going to want to turn to the page yeah. number so you can look at it. <laughs> and, and if you're just listening casually, that's fine too, because you'll be able to look at this cheat sheet later. But not only are we going to give you these calculations, but Palmer here is going to help me understand why we need each one of them. And Tasty is going to chime in, uh, as well as Doc and JP, to tell us uh, why these numbers are so important to them. Because I'll be honest with you, I've gone through your 10 here, and I've probably used... Uh, two or three of them. So I, I really want to know why the rest of these are so important. And uh, after tasting my beer right now, I think I should learn. At least one more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump right into it, Palmer, if it's okay with you. Okay. Well, let's, let's start off with you know the kind of the first step in you know, planning your recipe. Um, a lot of people uh, you know, maybe haven't learned about gravity calculations or have, you know, may not fully understand them. Um, but um, there's there's a concept called gravity units as presented in Designing Great Beers, and uh, I talk about it in terms of points per pound per gallon. Now, what we're talking about there is we're talking about the amount of soluble extract that you get in a pound of an ingredient, and when you dissolve it in water to make a gallon of wort, you're going to have so many points of gravity in that. So, you know, the, the, the easiest two are liquid malt extract and dry malt extract. Liquid malt extract, you know, you, you dissolve a pound of that in, in uh, water to make a gallon of wort, and you get a gravity of 36 points, or 1.036 on your hydrometer. Uh, if you do that with, with dry malt extract, then you get 42 ppg, and you'll get a 1.042 on your hydrometer. Um, if you if you're uh, uh, in using SI units like our friends down under, you know you're using liters and kilograms. And uh, in terms of liter degrees per kilogram, which is equivalent to points per pound per gallon, uh, the conversion factor is eight eight point three five four or eight point three four five four. There we go. Um, and so. Uh, you know, 36 points per pound per gallon is about uh, 245 points, or sorry, liter degrees per kilogram. Um, it just scales up by that conversion factor of 8.3454. Um, anytime you want to calculate a recipe, you take, you know, a number, whether it's from malt extract or from a malt, a particular, you know, a grain that you're using, and you multiply its value in points per pound per gallon times the quantity of the mass that you're using, and that'll give you the total gravity points. Now, you take that and divide it by the volume you're using, 
and that'll give you your hydrometer reading. So it's a it's a real convenient way of planning recipes. Uh, a lot of people, you know, you hear about uh, degrees Plato mm-hmm. in uh, you know from the professional brewers, and you see it, you know degrees Plato quoted in recipes and so on. That's degrees Plato is convenient for professional brewers because they have refractometers, um, and they're used to thinking in terms of the amount of extract they're getting, you know, that they're putting into their kettle. They're not really so much worried about volume at their scale. They're more worried about the amount of malt they're using. So degrees Plato uh, is defined as the uh, – it's kind of like a percentage in terms of the amount, the weight of soluble extract per weight of wort. So a 10-degree Plato solution would have – 10 grams of soluble extract in 100 grams of wort. Does that make sense? That's not just sugars, right? It's not just sugars. It's the proteins. It's the excess, you know, um, um, but carbo- is- you know, high carbohydrates as well as sugars, uh, lipids, and you know, the other things, you know, that are that dissolve from in dissolve from the grain or from the extract mm-hmm. into the wort, uh, including polyphenols and tannins. So. Uh, but then you know that's what they're that's what they're used to measuring, and that's what they're measuring uh, with the refractometer is the uh, the amount of soluble extract they get. Okay. Um, when they use refractometers to uh, calculate, you know, uh, what their what their actual extract is and their extract efficiency, they actually have to use a hydrometer to get the you know the density of the word. And then plug in the refractometer readings to figure out how much they've got. So, really, a refractometer is nice to have, but my point for all the homebrewers out there is that you don't really need one. The hydrometer is the the one instrument you really do need if you're trying to figure out, you know, your efficiency and plan your recipe and you know, and monitor your brewing. You need a, ref- a hydrometer before you need a refractometer. That's an excellent point. Although I will say the convenience of a refractometer for for testing uh, the, your gravity at high temperatures yeah. is what yeah. I really like to I have it around mine. for. I got into yeah. I got to, to my boil the other day, uh, and that's about when Chad decided to tell me that our refractometer is broken. So I don't know. What, I'm curious what you guys do. I take a sample off. I go stick it in the freezer. I, you know, I try to cool it off as fast as possible. Oh, but all your, the while, I'm doing my 90 minute boil, trying to figure out what my pre boil gravity is for your hydrometer reading. Do for my have, hydrometer reading, because my refractometer is right, broken. Right. Do you have that 30 minutes? So. You know, yeah, between which I used hops. it, so that's you know uh, it but helps. You're fine. All you need to do is take that reading yeah. while it's cooling down, and take your volume, and you'll you can still do the math, right? So you you know what your target's going to be after that. So don't right. worry about hey, oh, it's boiling down while I'm cooling this thing. Yeah, don't worry about that. Okay, just go ahead and yeah. uh, cool it down wherever it's doing, and take the take the volume reading at the same time you take that yeah. that sample out. Right, it's cooling. Right. And then once it's cool, take that reading and then do the math with, with uh, the first re- uh, numbers you have. I'll have to subtract the vo- what, what volume has come out. No, you don't have to worry about that. No. Oh, Because okay. you know what your target volume is going to be. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And, and then just by the – I wanted to run this across you guys. I, ha- I did read that I could uh, split my hydrometer solution in half with cold water. 
and do the math. But it has to be precise. Like, so you see what I'm saying? So I right, take a full hydrometer. If I precisely, then I would double the reading. And that way I can add cold water, get it down to temperature instantly. Hmm. I just have to double the reading. But you have to be precise about your, your volume yeah, of each. Exactly. The water has to, it has to be 50 50. You're off by 10%. That, you're that be off doesn't by 10%. sound like a good idea. Yeah. And I didn't do it for me, no. And yeah. I didn't, but I had, is, is, in theory, it's right, isn't it? Yeah. I read is it. Is that right, John? Yeah. 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 Okay. But you all yeah. do the same thing. If you don't have a refract, you just wait for it to cool off and then yeah. do a hydrometer yeah, reading that way. Yeah. If it's ever broke, that's what I would do. And you don't have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. That, that, that's where the points per pound per gallon comes in because you can, you can uh, use algebra to say if I've got a, gra- a gravity of <laughs> we don't know that. Know, 36 at uh, 7 gallons and then you boil that down to you know 5 gallons yeah uh then you know it's just a ratio of that um based upon your total gravity points and at 7 gallons versus boiling it down to 5 it just concentrates okay so as i say you you can take it you can take it as long as you know your volume at when you took the sample let that sample cool down over time me- measure its gravity and uh then and figure out what your uh your, your your uh final boil gravity is going to be at that point okay. or your OG as you say or you can figure out what what your final boil gravity is and you got to know what then you know what to boil it down to that so, that's the other way to do it yeah sol- solve for x mhm i think i can actually solve for x I, I i think that was one equation i was able to do <laughs> hey by the way did you guys try tom and jake's uh, our, our friends hanging out here with us today their barley wine yeah that's pretty good. good that's yeah. a very i just tasted it guys you it's poured it at the break a lot but going on there that's a really nice barley wine it's about three years old is it yeah. it's aging well yeah nice and clean good uh grapey you know malt flavor it's fantastic all right palmer so is that getting us through calculation number one gravity calculations yeah and then uh, from there we go to number two, which is which we kind of touched on, but uh, using a refractometer and uh, converting to Plato. Now, uh, a lot of people, you know, wonder what is the conversion between gravity or specific gravity and degrees Plato. Well, when you're when you're at uh, gravities of less than or at around ten fifty and less. 1052 and less, then you can simply uh, use the conversion factor of four, and that gets you in the ballpark. So 1052 converts to uh, 13 Plato, 1040 or 1.040 gravity converts to 10 Plato. It's just that factor four at these at these lower gravities. So what do you mean by factor four? You're you're multiplying by four. You're dividing by four. You're dividing your specific gravity by four to okay. get degrees Plato. Got it. Uh, by the way, this is on page 196 of How to Brew Folks at Home. So oh, yeah. you, you can throw out the first two numbers, the 1.0, and just use the last two, the 52 out of yeah. the 1052. Yeah, those those okay. are your gravity units, as, are, as uh, Ray Daniels terms them. Got it. So you can just yeah drop the one zero part and use the last two numbers. Divide it by four, and you got your Plato. And that's your 13 yep. Plato. Okay. Hey, I can do that. Yeah, but can you remember now, to do? What do you it? know? That's why I got the cheat sheet. Yeah, can you do it? Though? <laughs> can you do it? That's my new book. <laughs> That's a new show. <laughs> new show. Can you do can it? You do it. And it's all about my brewing. <laughs> now, yeah. If you want to get technical with a refractometer, um, you got to know that uh, most refractometers you buy are in degrees bricks, which is um, basically they're calibrated on sugar solutions. 100% sugar solutions. It is, and by sugar, I mean sucrose, you know, white table sugar. Mm-hmm. 
when you're talking about wort, which is mostly maltose, um, the amount of refraction isn't as much. Or yeah, so if you if you're reading uh, twelve on your refractometer, uh, that's actually eleven and a half Plato. So it's not quite exact. Yeah, it's about ninety six percent. So you if you read and I. I kind of stated that backwards, but I'll, I'll say it again. If you get what you read on a, a refractometer, you need to multiply by ninety six percent to get the actual degrees Plato. Okay. See, I'm glad you said that because uh, I was okay. I searched through you know four different refractometers trying to find one with Plato, and they're all bricks, right? They're yeah. all bricks. So I just thought, well, okay, is it close enough that I don't have to worry about it? It's you know it's yeah. it's mostly close enough ninety six percent. Yeah. You know. But, not why, but why not just multiply it by ninety six percent and then you can get it exactly? Yeah, and the higher gravities yeah. makes a difference. That's where you're going to notice it. Okay. Yeah, we do have a um, not to throw a plug in, but there is a refractometer with a, um, a specific gravity scale. We just got in at, at Morbier. Oh, oh really? Yeah. It, that's oh, not sweet. the digital one. That's no. a, it's an analog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's also um, a spreadsheet too, right? On the uh, Morbier there, website. There's a spreadsheet. I think if you go to the Morbier website, you can also look up more flavor on YouTube. And, and Chris did a little video spreadsheet on this. So you can download. Yeah, those, that's a good one to watch. That really helps explain everything. Um, but this new refract, it's the first. It's the only one out there that has a bricks and a gravity. Does that mean it's calibrated to Maltos or? Um, really just a different you know, that's printing. a good question. Uh, John's bringing up something I've never heard before. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it might be, it might not. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have a feeling it's probably it's probably calibrated to sucrose. It it to it, it could be. Whenever I use mine, I, you know, I just I just divide by four or multiply by four, um, mm-hmm. and to convert my bricks into starting gravity, and then at the end of the thing, I take a, a refract reading and then I take a hydrometer reading, and they both match for me. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a small difference. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, you, everything you've said is for gravities less than 13 Plato or 1052. What's what's the deal above that? When, if as you get above that, the uh, the scale starts um, tapering off. So it's I mean it's not linear anymore. Okay. So um, you need to go to a table or use uh, this equation here that I'm going to give you. Um, it's an this is an approximation, but it gets you within um, you know a couple tenths of the numbers that you would read in the official ASBC tables. And the equation is specific gravity equals two hundred and sixty minus two hundred and sixty divided by degrees Plato. So if your if your refractometer is reading, let's say fifteen, uh, you divide the 260 by 15 and that's you know one quantity and then subtract that quantity from t- from 260 and that will give you your uh, converted specific gravity okay so i'll say it once again specific gravity is equal to 260 minus 260 divided by degrees plato okay good and like i said this is all on page 196 of how to brew so you can follow along there so now that we have these ways to calculate the gravity, and maybe this is a simple question, but I don't care. Why is gravity important? I mean, final gravity, original gravity, pre-boil gravity. Uh, why are these things, you know, Tasty? why do you care about these calculations? Well, usually you're brewing to, you know, with a target beer or style, or you, you've got something in mind. You've got a recipe, and you'd like to, uh, you know, make the beer you're trying to make. And if you have to make a great one, you like the idea you can make it again. So, uh you know, keeping track of these, uh, 
at every point in the process, I think is really important. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For it's all about consistency. Exactly. If you're consistent, uh, when somebody hands you their recipe, you, you, you'll know because because you know your system in again by its consistency what you might do differently. Like if they say their beer is 35 IBUs, you may know in your system and the way you you know do things, the way you put them in a hop sack or don't put them in a hop sack, you might get a different you know extract, uh, you know a different experience than they get. Okay. If you're going to be making your own recipes too, mm-hmm. you're going to need a target for the style of beer and that. Right. So. When you're building the recipe, you need to know how many, how much grain to put in there, what your malt bill is going to be, and you're going to need to come up with, you know, the original gravity numbers. Right. And it's, it's to know, you know, how to how to calculate all this in. Yeah. Well, and like Palmer was saying, it it is all about consistency, and and nothing was more frustrating for me beginning as a beginning brewer, to wonder why I was missing all my my shit. Yeah. Why I was missing my gravity, why I was too low or too high. I got eight gallons instead of ten or, you know, four instead of five or whatever. And with these numbers, you you know, you do it enough just like your efficiency. You you, you figure all of it out and then um, you can take your, your measurements along in the process. So you go just go down the line, okay, got this, this, this and then when you're done, you should you know, you should uh, figure out where your problems are, where your right. holes are. Uh, you know, especially if you're low on starting gravity points, if you're taking readings throughout your boil, mm-hmm. and then you know when you take your your beginning boil gravity, and you know enough, you've done enough, so you know where you end up at. Yeah. So like I lose sometimes, you know, sometimes gain like six points or something like that. You know, whatever. Then you start off here, and you go, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna miss that. I need to put in DME at some point, or um, I need to add some water because I'm gonna overshoot. And then you can you can really dial in what you're doing. And if you say you, you brew a clone beer or something and it comes up kind of thin. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's you, really weird. You know, you for know example, the, uh-huh. Yeah, you know what those numbers are. You're going to know that if you increase the original numbers, you're going to help the mouthfeel yeah. and, yeah. and uh, kind of make a whole better beer out of it next time. I would say that... B- b- <laughs> that's a good example that you came up with on the top of your head. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, I would say that before I learned about taking a pre-boil gravity... I think I hit my OG, my specified OG for whatever recipe, once in all of my brewing. So in other words, so by one, luck. I got lucky one time, and I got the right OG. And, but once I learned to take a pre-boil gravity, um, I'm, I'm always able to hit my OG. That's not my problem anymore. <laughs> it's yeah, everything else. But, but originally, you know, before you knew anything, yeah. Yeah. you didn't care. Right. Well, one sure. out of two oh, times oh, get, isn't, very, isn't yeah. bad. <laughs> Sure, one out of the both times that I brewed. Yeah, in all in all three years. Not too bad. <laughs> all right, Palmer. So I think that might bring us to our next equation, which is for mash efficiency, pa- uh, found on page one ninety one of How to Brew. Uh, right. wh- what is mash uh, mash efficiency, and why is that important to me, Palmer? Okay. Well, yeah, especially when you get an all grain brewing, um, a lot of a lot of brewers are concerned about their brewing efficiency. Uh, you know, you're taking 10 pounds of grain and you're mashing it for an hour and you put, draw off the wort and, uh, you know, you check your pre-boil gravity and you're all of a sudden you notice you're 10 points off. It's like, what happened? You know, I, didn't I put enough in? Well, you know, understanding uh, what your system does and what your brewing efficiency is allows you to take someone else's recipe like uh, you know, say to, to shoot some air pond, for example, uh-huh. and say you know I'm I'm looking for a yeah. a ten fifty ten fifty two starting gravity, and uh, you know you can 
you can look at uh, somebody's grain bill and say, okay, there's you know the X percent of this malt and X percent of that malt, and if you know your efficiency, you can look at that that gravity and you can look at that the, that distribution of grain and say, I'm going to get this many points gravity points out of my mash, and so this recipe may call for ten pounds. But I know that with my system and my efficiency, I'm going to need to use 12 pounds mm-hmm. okay. to get that 10.52. So that's understanding you know, your system's efficiency really takes uh, a lot of the frustration out of the brewing process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it takes a lot of, oh, what did I do wrong? Why didn't I hit my numbers? Yeah. And uh, did I do something wrong? And it it kind of explains why we always say, you know, uh, 10 people can take the same recipe and they're going to brew a different beer. And part of that is their 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 system efficiencies are differently. You know, so you, right. you would have to adjust your grain bill for your system if you knew the, this equation. And, and this takes a lot of frustration out of it. Um, how many people think they did something wrong? Did they not crush the grain right? Did they not mash right? Something in the process when all it was is they didn't figure that their uh, efficiency is different than what was in this recipe they got from somebody. Got it. Right, right. Oh, I overshot or it's uh, it's not, uh, not not enough. Okay. And once you understand that and can figure it out, oh, yeah. consistency will be there again. Okay. Yep. I used to, when I first started brewing, I was always shooting for like 90% uh, mash efficiency. And so I'd calculate my recipes and, you know, hand them out to friends based on 90%. Well, I was doing a real slow sparge and, uh, you know, a lot and working with my system. And people say, hey, man, you know, your recipe is no good. You know, I didn't get the uh, get the numbers that you posted. And it's like, huh, that's funny. It worked for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, must it's, be a it's bad all, brewer. Yeah, no, it's all about understanding your efficiency. And I think you know, since in the last fifteen years since I first started brewing, um, you know, people have have stopped getting uh, you know all hung up on you know all my efficiency is better than your efficiency uh, because, as Jay Z says, when you're when you're in a, kind of an, a mediocre. Uh, in terms of resource efficiency, about 70, 75%, uh, you're making a much richer tasting beer than if you're brewing at, say, 90 or 95% efficiency, where you're getting every last you know, my, you know, gram of extract out of your grain bill. You, know, you, get, a lot, you get a lot of more polyphenols and, and stuff also leaching out of the grain at that point if, when you're doing that much extraction. If you back off to 70, 75%, you're getting a better tasting beer out of that work. I'm golden then. You yeah. get <laughs> 70. You did oh, yeah. 70. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm See, great. It's, so, it's so counterintuitive to, I think, a lot of brewers. I always hear people brag. Uh, not always. I've seen it a lot on the forums in the oh, chat room. Yeah. People bragging, oh, I get 90% efficiency like out of my... dick size or something. It <laughs> is. It's, it's a big yeah. old wiener contest. Right. But yeah. but then, like like Palmer said, you know, Jamil will, will mention often, well, that's too much. You shouldn't be bragging about that necessarily. You might want to back down to something closer to 75. So. Well, uh, oh, jo- Christ. John, John, is there some... Uh, uh, if you have a if you have a short conversion, uh, is that does that tolerate a higher efficiency and still get that? I'm just I, see, uh, I just know commercially. I, I, I have a lot of brewers I've been around that have like 85 percent efficiency, but their beer just kicks ass. So hmm. uh, yeah, 
Is there some, the, do they have a quick conversion? Is that why it uh, that that happens? It or? could it could be that I think it's. Um, the most of them have when, when, you, when your pH, when your mass mash pH is is spot on, um, you're going to get higher. You're going to get better conversion and higher extract efficiency, oh. um, and from the same amount of grain. So, uh, what we could be looking at there is they they know their system well enough and their recipe well enough that they are getting you know. Uh, optimum mash pH, getting better extract efficiency from that amount of grain, and thereby, because the pH is spot on, getting a better flavor out of that beer than, you know, than say someone that, you know, is not brewing or is brewing a recipe for the first time. And, you know, so that that could be a factor as well. Well, that and then the pH may affect what is extracted just because it's getting more points. It could be more better points. There's several ways of getting more extract into the into the boiling pot and one's over sparging which is what we talked about to begin with you're going to get more extract in there but it's not going to be quality extract where right uh what john was saying about having just a better system maybe Mm -hmm. recirculating at the same time uh you're also got your your, your ph spot on and you're going to get more conversion in the grain but you're 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 spar you're not going to over sparge so yeah. yeah you can that and as you say as you say tasty it's not maybe not the a quicker conversion but maybe a, a more less laudering necessary yeah. to get that extra yeah, a more complete conversion in the mash yeah i, I mean I, I usually end up around 85 percent or a little more sometimes okay and i don't i don't do an overly long sparge or anything okay and tasty what's yours uh, uh 75 right at 75 mm-hmm. did you adjust it so that it would be at 75 or that's just what it is no it's just what it is it really? used to be okay. 70 i think and then the green uh at least the, the two row out here it changed uh, but if, if i use like pilsner malt which obviously didn't change uh, yeah. it's 70 so okay. you have to adjust by the malt and uh more importantly schumann and his faggy friend just came in with uh <laughs> with, <laughs> with mike's hard lemonade to to join the program but it's so the it's, seasonal it's, edition it's great to see you guys schumann and it's ben it's pink lemonade it's pink it's uh it's good to be here. It's a nice summer drink, I think. <laughs> it's raining outside, you know. Yeah, it's overcast. How, how refreshing is that Mike's Hard Lemonade? Uh, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> right. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to see you both in the studio. Ben, welcome. Nice to see you and your Hard Lemonade. Well, in their defense, it's the Breast Cancer Awareness Edition. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, good. That's why it's pink. Yeah, oh, you get a pass. This, uh, even okay? Beeb's going to have one. She's hungover. Is it okay to drink lemonade if we're saving titties? I think so. Okay. I think that's fine. Absolutely. Pucker up. <laughs> if you're uh, tuned into justin.tv slash brewing network, you can probably see Schumann and Ben drinking their titty beer. Yeah. Titty cider. And I'm, I can hear lemonade. people logging out of Justin. <laughs> right. <laughs> justin.tv. Yeah. The pink lemonade is the double hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Palmer. Carry on with mash efficiency for us, if you okay. would, please. So, a lot of people don't understand what what are we measuring to get a percent efficiency, and uh, it all what it goes back to is the laboratory analysis for the grain you're using. So, um, two row pale elm or two row lager malt is your base base grain, and the maximum. Uh, extract that you can get out of uh, two-row base malt is about 81% by weight of soluble extract. So for, oh. you know, in a, in a laboratory setting, they take 
10, uh, take 100 grams of malt, and they're able to extract 81 grams of soluble extract and leave, you know, uh, what, 19 grams of husk and Correct. chaff behind. Um, now, we're not brewing, you know, even professional brewers aren't brewing in a laboratory setting and with, you know, the amount of time necessary to get a laboratory conversion and extraction out. Well, Doc is, but everybody yeah. else is yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. forget about it. Well, yeah. they also grind that to a powder, don't they? I've heard that they, they really they, do. They, they, they really do everything. pulverize it. So you everything. It's they don't do it under brewing conditions. They do it under, like you said, so laboratory. That's a nominal figure, right? So what you expect? They do everything they can to get yeah. the maximum they can out of it. So how do we calculate for us not doing that? Okay, we're so start, when, start with their number. Yeah, you start with their number. So you know that eighty-one percent of by weight. Um, is the maximum that you can get from that grain. Mm-hmm. And now we go to sucrose as our gold standard uh, because sucrose doesn't absorb water like a dextrose does, corn sugar. And so you get 100% soluble extract uh, for each you know pound of sugar, sucrose that you dissolve in water, you get 100% extract. So 100, gram, 100 grams or, uh, or one pound of sugar going in yields one pound of soluble extract, and that has a raises the gravity by forty six points. So sucrose is forty six ppg PP. points per pound per gallon. If you take uh, a malt now and you say, okay, eighty one percent, I'm only going to get eighty one percent, you know, maximum. If you apply eighty one percent to forty six. That gives you 37 points per pound per gallon. So in a laboratory setting, when they're doing the Congress mash and measuring the malt, um, they're only going to get a gravity of 1037 out of that mash. Uh, and now, and that's that's kind of like the brewer's maximum. So what we do is we ratio our ext- extract efficiency versus that 37 points per pound per gallon. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna do our mash. We're gonna take our hydrometer reading, um, you know, at the, at the when we, when we start a boil, and uh, we we may measure, you know, dividing by the volume and so on. Uh, twenty eight uh, points per pound per gallon is what we got. Well, twenty eight versus thirty seven is about seventy five percent. So we have seventy five percent mash efficiency or brewing efficiency. The terms are synonymous. Okay. So, are you? Te- I mean, are you figuring out the grain efficiency every time you do a recipe and every time you brew, or is this something that you sort of average out? You do it a couple times, you figure out your mash efficiency, and you're done. Now you don't have to do yeah. it every time you build a recipe. Right. It's it's something you you you're, you pay attention to a few times across a couple of different styles of beer. Yeah. And then average out. Okay. And so. I mean, depending on the re- the style I'm brewing, the recipe I'm brewing, my efficiency, you know, this batch may be 70%. Next batch, you know, different style, different grain bill and so on. Mm-hmm. A little different mash program, maybe 80%. Okay. So, you know, I'm going I'm to plan on 75% when I'm planning out a recipe. And then if I'm a few points off, I really don't give a damn. Okay. You know, Good, me um, neither. You know, I, I I don't unfortunately I guess brew for competition anymore, so I'm really not that particular about it. But you know, um, 
if you are brewing for competition and you know you're or you're really trying to nail a specific style or a specific example of a style then you're going to want to you know look at the efficiency you got for that same style you know in previous batches mm-hmm. and say okay I'm getting you know 73% for uh belgian wit for some you know as an example and apply that efficiency to that style is that something that you do, Tasty? You'll look, you you go, hey, when I do a Kolsch, this is usually my yeah, efficiency. Yeah, it depends on the, how much, you know, Pilsner versus uh, uh, Western two-row that I've got in there. Okay. I get much more a better efficiency out of the, of the two-row than I do the uh, Pilsner-type malts. That's what I'm getting now. Okay. Yeah. Of course, I used yeah. to keep using the same, you know, malts from the same manufacturers, but, yeah. and they change. It's an agricultural product, so just be ready. I use, uh, you know, the... The, the you know the calculations for gravity is just a starting point. Blee, I just automatically assume that as soon as I start mashing, I'm not going to get my uh, terminal gravity unless I make sure I do. So I'm taking a pre-ball gravity, assuming I got to make some adjustment in volume, uh, recipe, or DME, whatever I choose to do, depending on what happens. Yeah. So you know, I'll uh, so I'll you know so I'll make sure that I get the right pre-ball, and then. Uh, when I get to get to the last top edition, whether that's 2010 or 15, I'm taking a gravity there too. And if I feel I'm not going to uh, be uh, my terminal gravity is going to be low, mm-hmm. I'll just take all you know at 60 minutes. I'll take all the hops out because I use hop sacks, and I'll just let it boil a little bit longer to get that gravity. Then I'll add the 10 minute hops or the 50 minute hops or whatever. Got it. Throw the 60 and the 30 back in, and uh, make get my get my gravity. That's yep. a good way. So to I do drive it. it home. It's not like I don't take it by. Uh, by so you're never off. I'm never up. Yeah. Somebody, Jamel asked me the other day, well, did you hit the gravity? I hit it every time. Of course. Because I don't... Because yeah. you make sure. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think it's and, a great... And, go ahead, Palmer. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, it leads us to the next point, which is different grains have different uh, potential extracts or maximum extracts. So, um, uh, roast malt or you know, uh, chocolate malt has a lower uh, extract than two Mm-hmm. And caramel malts have less extract than two-row. So if you want to get really technical, you can apply, you know, that the the amount, I mean, rather than saying I'm, I'm mashing with just 12 pounds of malt, 75% efficiency, I'm going to get, you know, this gravity. Um, you can apply your efficiency to each grain and, you know, uh, figure out exactly how many points of gravity you're going to get from your chocolate malt edition and how many gravity points you're going to get from your Munich malt edition and and then add them up, you know, individually to determine what your your target gravity is for this recipe rather than just assuming that that it's a general uh efficiency and a general, you know, or the same uh uh potential across the board. Okay. All right. So does that cover mash efficiency for us then, fellas? Yeah. Sure. Good. All right. We're going to do mash water when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. we got John Palmer, author of How to Brew and co-host of uh, Brew Strong right here on the Brewing Network. He's hanging out with us. He's teaching us about brewing calculations, and he's got his work cut out for him. So uh, hang in there, Palmer. And we come back. we got a few. Uh, we got six more calculations to get through, my brother. So suck it, Schumann. <laughs> and suck it, Schumann. All right, grab your copy of How to Brew. You can follow along by page number. Mash efficiency was all found on page one ninety one. When we come back, we're doing mash water, and that's found uh, in a lot of different places. So you're going to have to pay attention. We'll have this cheat sheet available for you this week too. So 
Check the website for that. All right, hang in there. We'll be right back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Sixer of Lagunitas in the icebox. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby, I told her not to call me after eight. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? You loser. Shut up, thug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my art? Sir, if you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. The hurricane furnace is using propane while you guys talk. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosier to boil the first decoction. Nope, it's scorched. What do you do? Frack, scoop it out and try again. Thug, use your math rake. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, sir. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this? Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (gasps) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. Mother White Labs. It's all in the vial. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Keeping the ass out of Brewcast. Welcome back to the program, everybody. We're talking about brewing calculations today with Mr. John Palmer. And uh, JP, is he's excited about I it. I am. It's a topic that JP's been waiting for. <laughs> Math and stuff. Math and things. Math and things and stuff. Yeah. And, the uh, stuff just, I got covered. The things I'm not so... I think your cats uh, put you up to it. <laughs> they, were, they were more excited about it than you. They're smart. I'm telling you. Come back and teach us Smart math, kitty. JP. I have a chalkboard, a little yeah. mini chalkboard. For no, it's more like... <laughs> <laughs> Should we go show him what we taught you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. 
All right, uh, before we move on to our next calculation, and I'm going to tell you why this one's important to me, mostly because I screw it up all the time. Uh, But before we do that, Palmer, I did have a question come through the chat about mash efficiency. Okay. uh, Junket's in there, and he asks, hey, is there an easy way for us to bring down our efficiency so we can get those richer flavors that you were talking about? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Stop sparging. Just stop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, mon- you, you need to monitor uh, your runoff and your volume, but um, you know, really, let's. You, there's nothing preventing you from saying, "I'm going to brew a beer with say 70 percent efficiency," and if I'm going to get that efficiency, I need, you know, uh, 14 pounds of malt instead of 12 pounds, and. Now, you know, that's you're going to get a lot more of, you know, you're going to get a heavier extract or a heavier first runnings out of that, out of 14 pounds and you will 12. And uh, so you're going to hit, you know, your um, your boil uh, gravity uh, faster uh, than, you know, than if you were only using 12. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't, you don't need to collect as much wort because it's already at a pretty high gravity. And uh, what you may find you need to do is, you know, um, you need may need to say, I've got, you know, this many gravity points in the kettle right now. I need to stop sparging and just add some more water because now when this boils down, I'm going to hit my, my target original gravity. Okay. See, I'm glad you're talking about this because this is what I was going to talk about with my, my problem with figuring out mash water, too. And here's what's yeah. happened to me a lot, especially with our new system uh, that we've been using, um, mm-hmm. especially because I don't use it very often. I, I think I've brewed on it three times, so I'm not used to how it works. But I will tell you this. Every time um, I, I, hit my, I hit my pre-boil gravity long before I've reached my pre-boil volume. Uh, and so yeah. I'm, I'm very often adding water, like you just talked about. In fact, I've never had to add DME on this. Uh, I've never been too low. I've always way. been too high. And uh, so okay. I guess, <laughs> which is yeah, not a bad problem, I suppose, if you're tasty. Yeah. Uh, but when you add water, are you increasing the volume of your beer that you're making? Well, I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, the, the way I know how to use my system is that uh, I put in just as much wort as I can boil, and that's how I get my full 10 gallons well, that's you, yeah, you're, when so you're, I knock out. You calibrate to your kettle size, which happens to be your pre-boil volume you need. That's yes. It. So I guess my question has always been, you know, I could keep sparging water through that grain bed. In fact, on my last batch, that water was pretty damn clear by the time mm-hmm. I stopped sparging. And I decided mm-hmm. to stop sparging and go ahead and just add plain water because I was above my gravity anyway. So yeah. is that a better decision is to stop sparging? I mean, you guys all said stop sparging to get your yeah. efficiency down and add water instead. Yeah. But it's also going to affect pH and a lot of different things too, right? I mean, so... You don't want to oversparge. Right. Tannins. And, yeah. Yeah. I would anytime, you, anytime you oversparge, you're going to end up extracting uh, tannins and silicates and, and uh, so on that are going to tend to dull the flavor of the beer uh if you if you plan on more multi plan on a lower efficiency mm-hmm. and maybe you have to add some plain water to get your boil you know volume up so you know you hit say seven and a half gallons and to boil down to six but that six gallons you know you just boiled off that extra water you added 
Right. Um, and you're going to have a richer wort and a better beer out of that than if you'd you know, tried for 90% efficiency. So let me make sure I get this. The, the way you said it in the beginning is, you know, let's say that my recipe is called for 12 pounds of two-row. You're saying I might go ahead and make that 13 pounds of two-row so that my initial runnings are of a higher gravity, but then I'm just going to add, I'm not going to sparge as long. I'm going to add plain water instead. Right. Okay. Right. um, Have your, two ways to get your boil volume, your pre-boil volume. One is to do what most people do, they just keep sparging through the grain bed till they get to that that volume. Yeah. And that's going to do what we're talking about, over-sparging, uh, dull the flavors, all that kind of stuff. And what John's saying is put more grain in there so you'd be making a bigger beer, but stop your runnings early. You have less volume and then put water in there, top off the boil kettle, which is water. Can you... Oh, were you going to finish? Nope. Um, Could you just do a fast sparge? So let's say you don't have to pay the extra money to to make a bigger beer and not use it all. Hmm. Just instead of doing a 45-minute sparge, do a half-an-hour sparge? And then if you need, yeah. to, and then if you need to get your gravity up, then you can boil down and pull some more off the mash tun, as needed. But that wasn't the question. Sure, the, it was. No, the, the question was how do I get the my efficiency down? Yeah. So you do a faster sparge, so you're not letting all the water get into uh, the sparge water to get in all the nooks and crannies of your mash tun hmm. and pull out all as much of the sweet wort as you would uh, doing a slow sparge, methodical sparge. Mm-hmm. I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's. That works. Yeah, I guess the, the things to be aware of in that case is uh, if you have like a bazooka screen, where or you know a um, over a large uh, floor area, say in a large cooler, a single point collection system, your water flow is gonna um, when you when you sparge quickly like that, it's gonna it's gonna channel, it's gonna funnel to that single point collection. And so you're going to leave a lot of extract behind, um, and that's if you if you read in the uh, in the appendix and how to brew about different laudering systems and their uniformity. Um, that is that's an asp- aspect of efficiency that re- can really come back to bite you, where if you um, are not given your laudering s- system. If you don't understand your laudering system and understand how it's extracting from the grain, um, you know, you could be putting in, you know, two extra pounds of grain, um, but you never end up end up laudering that two extra pounds because it's stuck out in the corners. Yeah, that makes sense. And all your, all your all your flow is through the middle of the grain bed. And so you end up over sparging that area in the middle of the grain bed. Uh, and extracting tannins, you know, you're you don't you you're looking at your runoff, and it's pretty clear. You've left a lot of wort behind and a lot of lot of extract behind in the cooler, because the the way that your flow is set up, it just never drains from those areas. So so check this out. I just told you that I stopped sparging when that that sparge water was pretty damn clear. It looked like water when yeah. I stopped, and I just went ahead and had water. Well. About an hour and a half later, I decided, okay, it's time. To, I'm going to clean out the mash tun. It was in the middle of my boil. And I, I decided to drain whatever water was left in there in that mash tun. And it was beautiful-looking work sure. again. And so I'm thinking that, you know, I was sparging down these channels like Palmer's talking about, and that was all nice and clean. But after an hour, all that stuff at the corners, kind of that 
that sunk down Leached to the down. bottom too, yeah, and, and there was my word again. Yep. Yeah. So and so with the channels, it's coming real fast through these certain channels. You could oversparge all the grains in the channel. Channels. Right. Yeah, I get more consistent results if I uh, use rice hulls in every every uh, every match. Every time. Yeah. I just I get better. Yeah, I did it initially because I was I'd get better heat distribution. I was like taking temperature measurements throughout the uh, the mash tun, and I noticed that with the rice hulls, I got more consistent top to bottom, left to right. Uh, temperature distribution when I had the rice yeah. holes in there. Got it. It's a looser grain bed. It's got better better flow, and it's able to, you know, the convection and so on is able to uh, keep the temperature more uniform, and uh, you get better flow when you lauder, and you get a more uniform uh, flow that way. Now, I'm, I think, Justin, with your system, you've got a false bottom in that, right? Yeah. So you're getting, you should be getting good uniform Laudering okay. through the grain bed. Uh, a false bottom is is the best uh, mechanism for getting uniform flow. Um, you can also use copper pipe manifolds or bazooka screens, but you've got to you know take a, make an effort to distribute them across the bottom so that you get you know good uniform coverage. Uh, if you if you only have a single point collection, let's say that. Let's say your lauder ton consists solely of, you know, the the spigot opening in the bottom of the cooler with a, a stainless steel scrubby stuck in front of it. Um, that that kind of laundering system will work. You'll get about fifty five percent efficiency out of that. Okay, just draining from that single point. Um, but you're going to leave a lot of extract behind. Yeah. The more the more you distribute your collection system over the bottom of the cooler, and like I said, a false bottom being the best. You know the better uniformity and the better you know that you won't leave extract behind in the corners. Okay. So that is that's an aspect of efficiency that um, is important to understand. Okay. I, really I want to keep us moving so we can get through all these equations. But one yeah. last question, just to cover what we talked about about this, and that is, you know, we've talked about oversparging. What is the rule to stop? Is there a gravity? What's the rule to stop sparging? Um, Two Plato. Uh, four Plato, actually, uh, is what the one that's at least that's the data point in Maltine and Brewing science. Hmm. In fact, it might, it might even be you can know, you can start seeing it at six Plato. Uh, see the start, see the curve shift. But a four Plato is the number they point to. You know, and it's I need to say it's it's one data point in one study they did. You know, with one recipe where they. Um, they published that they saw a rise in pH and a rise in extraction of polysilicates and, and polyphenols in their mash and in, in their runoff. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot going into the system that we don't know about. You know, what what the exact grain bill was, um, temperature, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, I would. The other rule of thumb that you often see on the forums is uh, is about um, twelve gravity points. So when you get down to twelve gravity points, which would be three Plato, uh, is that that's when you stop. Okay. All right, and I lied. I do have one more question uh, from Junket in the chat again. And uh, this is a good one. This adding this stop sparging and adding water method that we're talking about. He wants to know if, if any of us know is this something that pro brewers do, or is this like a home brewer thing where you. You don't quite get it right, and you add water. I think that's a homebrewer thing. Yeah, Yeah. they're trying to you know make money too. That's that's not going to really make them much money. Well, and their efficiency and being highly efficient is a lot more uh, 
costs them a lot more money than it does us. We can have yeah. a lower, we can afford well, a low that, efficiency. And they'll right? adjust their process to match what, you know, their extraction. So yeah, they, yeah. they can taste the beer. If it's not tasting as rich as they want, they'll make, you know, make some change. Right. Okay. So that should bring us then to Mashwater Palmer. And I don't have a page number on my notes for this. Uh, um, 170. All right. Page 170, thereabouts. Okay. Um, and this is also a good time to get back into the whole liters per kilogram, liter degrees per kilogram uh, SI units. When we talk about water to grist ratio, you know, here in the U.S., we always talk about quarts per pound. Well, that's really similar to liters per kilogram. In fact, it's all, it's off. I mean, the, the difference is roughly a factor of two. It's uh, one quart per pound equals 2.086 or 2.1 liters per kilogram. So if you look at, you know, if you look at brewing journals and so on, um, they're always done in terms of SI units. And the, the grist ratio that you most often see in experimentation and in, in a professional brewing setting is closer to three liters per kilogram or one and a half quarts per pound, anywhere from three to four uh, liters per kilogram. So which would be, you know, translates to one and a half to two quarts per pound. Generally, a professional brewer, you know, with their systems, he's using a looser, looser mash than we often do. Yeah, so that's what I've seen. Yeah, it, it, and you can get a little better efficiency that way. You get a little more thorough conversion, um, a little less, you know, or you get a little less dextrins and a little more, you know, fermentables out of the wort that way. Is that just um, a capacity issue? I mean, it, for home brewers, is it? it it's it, partly capacity, but mostly it's. Um, uh, they've they've worked out that they get um, a better resource efficiency. You know, better uh, it's better economically to uh, brew with a higher, little higher grain ratio. They get better extract that way. You know, for you know uh, gravity per pound. Hmm. What's your grain ratio, Chad? Uh, usually around one point three. Why? How did you come to that number? Uh, just, you know, mash thickness um, just seems right. You know, I've played with the numbers moved up and down, mm-hmm. um, pro mash, but 1.3 just seems okay. Jibber, mm-hmm. yours? Just by feel. Uh, 1.4. <laughs> just to fuck with Chad. Just to fuck with that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 1.29. I'm one better. No, um, How did you get to 1.4? Because that's what Olin told me years ago when I first started, and right. uh, it works for me. Um, I, un- I have not uh, messed around with the numbers, just... I don't know because there are so many other problems with my brewing. I think than than the the ratio. Got it. Um, That's a real good point. Yeah. Sometimes, well, sometimes I'll do one point one. Wait, shit, I lied. It's one point one. That's what you do is one point one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, you'll I, do one point four. No, I was I was thinking of the the uh, in in the brewing math to figure out my my water uh-huh. to ratio. I do I multiply by one, the. 1.4 at a certain point to get gallons to inches or whatever. But one so. point. I mean, why, but it's, is, it's why not just one to one. why? Why not just one to one? I mean, why is it 1.1? 1. 1? Because it makes it fun. <laughs> I see. No, but seriously, is, <laughs> yeah. there, is there a reason? There's no, no reason for that. No, yeah. simply because that's what I was taught. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I do a lot of things like that just because that's how I was told, and and I get good results with it. And I'm not uh, to, personally, uh, to be honest, I'm not that interested in in that aspect of brewing. Is playing around with all kinds of stuff to get it better to tweak it out. It. I get the, I get good results and and I'd like to focus on like recipe and stuff rather yeah. than than uh, the mash water. Okay, but that's yeah. just me. That's my there, personal thing. There are a lot of other factors that you know will um, overwhelm the grist ratio in terms of uh, beer quality. 
So, you know, a grist ratio is really more about uh, your system, uh, the way your system works and efficiency. I mean, the other thing to consider is that pro brewers are usually pumping their mash, you know, through pipes, you know, from the mash ton to the lauder ton mm-hmm. and so on. And so a, a looser mash, a more liquid mash helps that, you know, helps get, get everything transferred. Um, we, whereas we were doing it in a mash lauder ton, it's all, you know, we're not moving that mash anywhere. So right, but it's also important uh, along the same vein is is for your volume of work too, yeah. right? So for yeah. high gravity beer, I mean, we might have to Chad might have to drop his water to grain ratio because he's got so much damn grain in that in that mash That's tun right. too, right? So That's right. I was, yeah, you big I was fan gonna of mention grain. that uh, <laughs> earlier when we were talking about mash efficiency. Yeah, because if you're going to be brewing a big beer, if I'm doing that, my mash tun's only so big, so that changes. <laughs> That changes the mash water risk, and it, it ends up being, uh, you know, uh, it, it's got to fit in there. Yeah, it's a balance yeah. of those it's things. It's a balance, yeah. so your mash efficiency is going to change, too. Yeah. Okay. Which brings us to our equation. Great. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Segway, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Palmer's a pro now. Now that he's been doing Bruce Strong, listen to him. Yeah. Goddamn broadcaster over there. So, um... Your uh, your your mash volume is equal to the uh, amount of grain in pounds or kilograms, but pound you, for using uh, U.S. units, the volume equals the volume in uh, sorry quarts equals the grain in pounds times your uh, the grist ratio plus point three two. So. To say it again, mm-hmm. grist sure. ratio plus 0.32 times the mass of grain will equal your volume in quarts. Okay. If you're doing this in SI units in liters and kilograms, then your volume in liters will equal your grist ratio plus 0.667 times your grain weight in kilograms. Okay, this is on page 172 of How to Brew. In case uh, you're just yep. in case you're just listening and you didn't remember that equation like Palmer would if you read it off to him, he'd remember it. <laughs> I don't even understand. It. <laughs> you don't? Yeah. I really don't. What don't you understand? I don't know because well, I'm used to doing the 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 my total grain weight times one point one, and that gives me how many quarts per how many quarts to have a mash tun. Then I divide mm-hmm. by four, and that gives me the gallons. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's very similar, Jipper, because uh, what you're what we're saying is. Um, you use you use a constant grist ratio in your brewing, mm-hmm. and then so you, and you've gotten to the point where you say my ratio is, and then I add you know, and then I multiply uh, my weight by this other number one point four, and that gives me my volume in quarts. Well, it's the same thing you know saying point one point one plus point three two is one point four one point four times weight equals quartz okay yeah this is a number i'm concerned about because i have a rather small mash tun so i'm like i know that from experience that i I can only you know mash about 36 pounds of grain you use it really well i could by formula (laughs) do it as well yeah yeah so and that's one thing when i'm brewing in a 10 gallon got cooler you know and i want to brew a bigger beer uh i i i use this equation to calculate out you know the volume and quartz that uh I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make based on the ri- the grist ratio I'm using, 
And if it's, you know, and normally I normally I brew it at like a one and a half course per pound ratio. That's just the way I've always done it. Um, but, uh, you know, if I'm trying to use 18 pounds of grain and I figure out that that's going to put me, you know, right up to the rim, then I'll drop it down to, say, 1.1 or 1.2 quarts per pound. And that'll drop me, you know, about a gallon and, uh, you know, for that much grain. And then it'll all fit and I can stir without slopping over the sides. Mm-hmm. So this is one you're using every time, Tasty. Well, no, I just know how many. I don't, I don't because I know how many pounds of grain I can max out my system at. So okay. if I'm yeah. making a you know a, a, a double IPA, I match as much grain as I possibly can, which is 36 pounds. Yeah. And then in the kettle, I make it up a DME if I have to or something. Got it. See, I think, and, and I think Chad, says he, knows, he knows our system out there real well, too, but... I think these equations like this, going through all 10 of these, are really good for me and a guy who doesn't brew every month or twice a month or whatever because you just don't remember all that stuff about your system and you don't know it that well. But the yeah. numbers don't lie. Even I know that. Yeah, so If you're changing up uh, what you're brewing, if you're used to brewing pale ales all the time and you want to do an IPA, you, you want to know ahead of time whether you're going to get the, you know, enough grain in that mash tun. Yeah. 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 Or it's like you said, slopping all of the sides. Right. Okay. Well, will that cover it for mash water for us, Palmer? I think so. All right. Um, that's the other. The only other number that's uh, kind of useful is um, if you're batch sparging, um, it, to know how much how much uh, wort that you're retaining in that grain, and that number is going to is going to change depending on your how much, how crushed the grain is. Okay. Then you know the finer the crush, the more water it'll hold, the more surface area it has. Um, so I I think that number is about a half quart per pound. It can go as high as uh, 0.9 uh, quarts per pound, and it can go lower depending on your crush and how long you drain it, and so on. Um, our friends in Australia that do the brew in the bag system, where they you know their their mashes in a, is in a you know large uh, net bag mm-hmm. they'll let that drain over the pot for a while and they i think they said that they would get their retention down to about a ha- uh, 0.6 liters per kilogram because they really drain it out oh. so you know th- but a half quart per pound is a, is a good starting number again you're going to want to check your system and see what your number is but uh, and you know, with your crush and so on, but it's a good starting point. Okay, <clears throat> say that again. A half gallon per pound, half quart, quart per half pound. quart. Thank you. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, if you're milling your own grain, it should be a consistent number. Or if you buy your grain from the same homebrew shop all the time, it should also be a consistent number for you. I mean, am I right? You guys aren't changing your your uh, no. setting every week. No, no, no. It's a big industrial yeah. mill, so... Uh, and it stays the same. It stays exactly the same. So everybody's crush is the same every time. Right. Okay. Right. So once you find it, you can just kind of stick with it. Yep. All right. So what's calculation number five here, Palmer? I don't even know what the hell it says. <laughs> it's the raw factor. Aha. Raw. Uh, cal- <laughs> calculating residual alkalinity. Okay. And uh, this, this is one of my favorites. This is the one I bore everybody to death with every sure time they invite me to their Well, let's go to a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. well, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you didn't leave it off this list. Yeah. Just keep talking. We'll you be go right ahead. Back. We're going to go have a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> what is residual alkalinity, Palmer? Why do I care? 
Okay, residual alkalinity <laughs> is the key to brewing better beer. Okay. Uh, oh, um, uh, then I it, care. To hear that, beer information. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. Everybody can brew one style well. But if you want to be able to brew more than one style well, then you really need to start understanding the role of water and the minerals in the water and how they affect the pH and the mash. Um, the two, two examples that I always throw out there are you know, uh, Guinness Stout and Pilsner Quell. Pilsner Quell is a, you know, a pale beer. Um, but has you know real nice crisp uh, you know uh, or a, a firm body to it. It's not it's not a it's not an overly sweet beer. It's well attenuated. Um, Guinness Stout, a very smooth, creamy yet very roasty beer, and the Dublin water is high in alkalinity. The Pilsen water is very low in alkalinity, um, and it's low in hardness too. But the alkalinity of the water balances against the uh, the natural pH of the grain bill, and that those two things really determines the pH of the mash, and the pH of the mash drives the pH of the beer, and the pH of the beer drives how well the flavors of that beer are expressed to your palate. So. Um, and Jamil and I have talked about this in the water shows on Bruce Strong, so you can listen to those if you want to get, get more info here. But if you, if you look at look at spaghetti sauce, you know, um, you make you know you pour a, a jar of spaghetti sauce in the pan and you know boil it up and throw it on some noodles, and you know sometimes that mm. can be a pretty lifeless batch of spaghetti. Other times, you know, you can go and get the you know the cans of uh, just tomato puree and and pour it in, and all of a sudden you've got a really sharp and acidic spaghetti sauce. What you want is something in between. Something all right, Emerald, get to the point. <laughs> not something that's not sharp and acidic, but not bland and lifeless either. And that's the effect of pH and how the pH of the of the food allows the flavors to be expressed to your tongue. Okay. And beer is the same way. So that wasn't you, boring at all. No, it's pretty good. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, JP. John Palmer on the Food Network. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, there's more. Understanding uh, residual alkalinity. Yeah, here comes Palmer. Understanding residual alkalinity allows you to understand the effect your uh, grain bill is going to have on your mash pH, and and helps you drive the whole thing. So, okay. The first step is understanding what the residual alkalinity of your water is, how it's going to combine with the grain bill. And the, the equation I'm going to tell you here can be found on page 161 okay. in my book. And it is residual alkalinity in, uh, in the unit of as calcium carbonate, parts per million of calcium carbonate, is equal to the total alkalinity of as calcium carbonate minus the uh, calcium parts per million divided by 1.4 and subtracted um, the subtracting the magnesium divided by 1.7 so let me say it again residual alkalinity say is, a lot again. To, I'm not is Palmer it. taking a piss right now? I think now? he's yeah, peeing no 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 I, my wife's brushing her teeth so <laughs> well get out of the bathroom weirdo <laughs> what are you doing sitting in the bathroom are you on a can? come on tell us 
The uh, residual <laughs> candy is Caltech. No He's taking comment. a dump. He's peeing sitting down. It's a whole new meaning to can you brew it. Yeah. <laughs> we can residual hear you. Residual is calcium carbonate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry, Palmer. Ever, go ahead. Ever smooth Palmer. Go ahead. Okay. Is equal to the total alkalinity is calcium carbonate uh, minus the calcium divided by 1.4 minus the magnesium divided by 1.7. Now this is an algebraic simplification of the of the actual you know equation with the different units and so on. This this equation I just read off is designed to make it a lot easier to get to, get to your uh, your water report and uh, look and see you know the the numbers that you you can get off the water report and plug in rather than having to convert them first. Okay. Okay. And uh, you should have seen the look my wife gave me. When did did she hear us? Oh yeah. <laughs> Why are you not on a headset? I am, but uh, she yeah. still could hear it. Bleeds up. She goes, "Why are you talking about me?" It's like, hey, sorry. It's, <laughs> tell her, blame it on me. Tell her I hear everything. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. Okay. There wasn't. She wasn't brushing her teeth. Was she? No, she was totally peeing. Come on. <sighs> it was nice. There was a petite little pee. Yeah, a little seat. A little tinkle. <laughs> There's going to be some residual alkalinity over his house. <laughs> yeah, we exactly. on it? Let's calculate the residual trouble that we just got Palmer in. <laughs> Palmer needs a webcam. Yeah, he does. The Palmer cam. 24-7. I might hook you up, Palmer. Okay. People might pay uh, last that. last t- subject on residual alkalinity yeah. uh, before we move on is uh, I looked... One one question I get a lot on email is that you know, people will send say um, look at their water report and they say the only two numbers I get are total alkalinity as calcium carbonate and total hardness as calcium carbonate, and they don't get numbers uh, for calcium and magnesium. So, and, and given uh, the in, the inputs on the spreadsheet and the nomograph and so on, there's, they don't know how to use it. So. I whipped up another equation this afternoon that... Uh, <laughs> it's off the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. That, While I was on the can. It's an, <laughs> an approximation, but it, it should be you know close enough to get you started. And it, so it's residual alkalinity as calcium carbonate equals the total alkalinity, total alkalinity as calcium carbonate minus the total hardness as calcium carbonate divided by 2.78. Wow. Just whip that up. Yeah, just to simplify it. Yeah, like making eggs. <laughs> well, you know, we'll get we'll get the sheet out there on the website. And now, you said this will better line up with what the water report you get from the city would be, or something. Yeah, when you, when you don't yeah. have any numbers to work with, basically. Yeah, they'll often. I mean, they'll tell you all about the thorium and lead and yeah. uranium that's in the water and and a bunch of you know chemicals, but they won't tell you the important stuff like the calcium and magnesium. So okay, uh, this this will get you you know. Uh, very often they'll have the total hardness and the total alkalinity, and uh, this, that's what this is. Now, Shitty, oh. I've noticed in the last couple of months you've really got into pH and making sure that your pH is right, especially because you've heard how it affects your hoppy beers. Um, are you using any of these residual alkalinity calculations yet, or are you just getting I, this? I, I've played with uh, Palmer's spreadsheet a little bit. Yeah. It's on the forum. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. No, he, not, not so really. much yet. Not okay. so much. I'm, you know, I'm using 5.2 from uh, Five Star um, right. as a yeah. buffer. Because he makes, I'm asking you because he makes a strong argument about this yeah. is the difference between good beer and great beer, is understanding your residual alkalinity. So right. as you're getting into pH, this might be your next. Uh, Chad, Chad checks his pH. If it's on, he's happy. If right. it's not, he moves yeah. on. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, and I, I wouldn't feel bad because I think most people are in the same situation. They'll throw some 5.2 on, they look at it, but you know, really don't do much with it. It's just a little little too unknown. You know, stick with what they know, brew the way they know they're used to doing it. And the beer is good, it's okay, you know, just keep it the way it is. If if you make if you make, if you take the time to understand it and experiment a little bit, um the 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 story I get from lots of brewers that have tried it is, wow, it really made a difference. Okay. So, it, but it it is a big step and it's a, it's a lot of work and frankly, you know, two out of three times when I'm brewing, I don't fight, I don't mess with it. <laughs> I just I I know what my water, the residual alkalinity level of my water is, and I brew styles that are compatible with that water. Got it. Um, if I if if I want to brew a different style, like a double IPA or a light, you know, um, a light a light lager, then I'm going to take the time to adjust the water to help, you know, be, make that style better. But my my water is really well um, targeted towards a- amber, dark amber type styles, and I like those styles, so I just kind of let it go. As is ours, right. yeah. Okay, yeah. once again, you can find this on page 161 of How to Brew. Also, you can go to howtobrew.com, and you'll find a nomograph and spreadsheet to help you calculate these things, too. So it's a real long URL I'll read to you, but uh, probably just go to How to Brew, you'll find it. Howtobrew.com slash section 3 slash chapter 15 dash 3 dot HTML. It's at the bottom of the page. You can get the uh, nomograph and spreadsheet. Okay, yep. if that's all right with you, how about the next calculation, which is going to be near and dear to Tasty and Shat's hearts, our IBU fellas in the room here. Calculating yeah. IBUs, found on page 56 of How to Brew. Um, I'm going to, again, ask the obvious question. Why is this important? Why do we want to know our IBUs? Really good question, Justin. And Thank you. It's, this is <laughs> yeah. one I just where, made it I mean, up right like, now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm, damn. Okay, well, anyway. Uh, it's even better. <laughs> uh, you know, this is calculating IBUs is like the first equation that brewers are really exposed to. Um, you know, they're getting started. They're saying, you know, take this much water and this much malt extract, throw it in the pot and boil it. And, well, how do I know how bitter it's going to be? Well, you got to use these IBU equations. And the point I'm trying to, I want to make here tonight is that. IBU equations are an oversimplification of a really complicated model. Um, for years, I fantasized about really nailing down percent utilization and saying, now we'll be able to say exactly how many IBUs we're going to get in our beer. You know he's telling the uh, truth. Too. Fantasy brewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fantasy. See, because for years, I dreamt about nailing down the centerfold in Playboy, but uh, Palmer here, he's yeah. like, uh, no, I really want to get this equation right. Yeah. Not tonight, hun. I'm studying. <laughs> right. I'm thinking about IBUs. <laughs> All right. So did, did you get the answer then? Well, yeah, I did. I went, it a was couple no. years ago. Went to the um, Hop Symposium up in uh, Corvallis and oh. found out that I was never going to find the answer to this 
this uh, question. Turns out that uh, alpha acid is like oil and water. You know, it's it, alpha acid is an insoluble or mostly insoluble compound, and you put it in boiling water, and it slowly isomerizes, and you know that's the isomerized alpha acid that makes our beer bitter. Everything you know, the oil, the other oils boil off. We lose a lot of different flavor compounds and aroma compounds during the boil, as this ice, as this alpha acid slowly isomerizes, changes molecular structure to become soluble. And um, you know, the the alpha acid comes off the hops quickly enough. It's like throwing an oily oily rag in the washing machine. Oh yeah, you know. The oil comes off the rag, you know, leaches off. It forms this, you know, skin over the water. It sticks to the side of the pot. Same way with the alpha acid. The, the alpha acid comes off, floats on the top, sticks to the pot, sticks to the spoon, sticks to the hot break. And most of the alpha acid in the hops gets carried away, and it doesn't make it into our beer. And so the percent utilization number that we argue about and we have different models for there's Rager, there's Tinseth there's Mosher, there's Daniels um, you know, there's Mosher a lot of different no clue. there's, there's <laughs> really? a lot of different models for how much utilization you get as a function of time and, and boil and gravity wow. uh, are going to go into the beer and the reason we're never going to come up with any with one perfect formula is because it depends on how big a brewing pot you're using, hmm. you know, the surface to volume ratio of your pot. It depends on the gravity, how much hot break is being generated. It depends on, uh, you know. So it's the, the, the Chris White law. Yeah, it depends. It depends. It depends. There's, there's so many factors that, that influence how much alpha acid is carried out of solution and how much of the isomerized alpha acid you know, there's some of that's degrading as it's continuing to boil, uh, and then there's the amount of alpha, the amount of isomerized alpha acid that gets carried away by the yeast mass during fermentation, and the trub. So, it re- the whole IBU model is really a, a, a lot of arm waving and just a big estimation. Mm. Which is why we always hear, uh, especially in uh, Can You Brew It when we do these brewer interviews, is uh, well. This is what we calculate for IBUs. It's not what we've measured. And sometimes right. they say are yeah. measured IBUs. And so that's really right. the difference if they actually have it <laughs> sent to a lab and measured. Right. Uh, so people have got, brewers have gotten very careful to say what their IBUs are when we ask them directly. They, they say, well, yeah. it's calculated this or it's measured Yeah, we have that. to know which. Yeah. 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 And, that's, and that's one you know one thing you may have heard is that uh, the, the, util- the efficiency or the utilization that a professional brewer gets from his hops is much higher than we get in the homebrew setting. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Rager or Tinseth models, you know, for a 60-minute boil, you're getting anywhere from 20 to 30% utilization. Well, with the same, you know, gravity on a professional brewer system, you know, say seven barrels or 20 barrels or whatever, uh, they're probably getting 35 to 40% efficiency or utilization. And it's because they just have that much less surface area on their on their pot compared to the volume of work they're boiling. Uh, you know, they're getting less alpha carried away during the process, okay. sticking to the pot. So that's... 
that's part of what what you're up against when you're trying to figure out your IBUs. So that's why Jay-Z and I talk about uh, recipes and brewing classic styles. We're using the Rager formula because uh, that's what Jay-Z is used to using. And he's saying, this is my recipe. This is the way I brew the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, make adjustments to your system. But then, you know, this is this is your starting point. Okay. And uh, utilization for home brewers broadly is going to be, like I said, 20 to 30% for 60 minutes, uh, 15 to 20% for 30 minutes, and 8 to 12% for 15 minutes. Okay. So and, you know, dropping off from there. The importance Even, of this equation is really just to get us into a ballpark so that right. we know within a range of 20 to 30% or a little less where we are with IBUs. It's it's about being able to gauge your consistency. Okay. And you you always always working from that same starting point. Right. So you come to know your system and know that if you add, you know, 2 ounces of hops at this amount of time, the beer is going to be about this bitter. Okay. And it varies by system. Like my 35 IBUs in my system is not 35 on your system. It's going to be you may have to do 40 to get the same beer. Yeah. Now, things like, you know, covering your boil kettle, uh, things of that nature, like a pro brewer, I mean, you have this little window you open up and you can see in there, but that's about it. The rest of it's covered. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that, I mean, I know you want the volatiles out of there and all that, but could you cover your boil? I mean, would that help as far as, you know, your utilization or? It won't help your utilization any. Um, it may it may help you retain some flavor and aroma compounds that, you know, those are what's boiling off, but... Um, the the I guess the the superheat of the boiler, you know, how much thermal loading you're putting on the wort, really doesn't improve your isomerization that much. You know, uh, maybe a percent by you know kicking your boil temperature up a degree or two. Um, it's not a lot. There's not a lot of play there. So okay. covering the boil isn't really going to help you for u- utilization. Okay. Hey, I've got a question too about it's sort of about utilization, about how much hops ends up in that boil. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you throw the hops in your boil, and it ends up kind of coating the side of your your kettle. You get all that. You get what that you green about? layer on the side. You know, you get a whole bunch of hops there. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we were at Tasty's Brew Day at Russian River, I noticed them actually hosing off the side of the kettle after they did hop additions, just a real quick hose to to get all of those particles back down in the wort. Is that mm-hmm. something that you guys do when you're homebrewing too? Because I never, I, I don't know. I would kind of take the spoon and try to get some of it off the side. But uh, I guess my question is: Are we losing a whole bunch of hop matter and hop utilization to the side of our kettle as things are just sticking? Definitely, that's yeah. that's uh, one of the big loss areas. It is okay. Hmm. So do you kind of try to scrape yours off, Doc, or you don't care too much about it? Um, you're not a hops guy anyway, I, but still, you want to? I do kind of like you do. I'll take the spoon and, and try to. Yeah. Get it back down into the liquid. What about you, Tasty? You are a hops no, guy. I don't touch it. I just you don't. I, that way, I can I, be more. I think I can be more consistent by doing nothing, right? And then adjusting on the recipe side. I use hot bags too. So uh, I do too. okay, right? I'm a hot bag guy, as but well. you still get a little film. I don't. I just throw them in, so I get a lot on the side. Yeah. And I say, if it's good enough for Russian River, it's good enough for me. I'm going to start really trying to get that matter off of there. Especially now, the Palmer's telling me it does make a difference. Mm. Yeah, as long I as you do it in a consistent sides. way, because if you're trying to make consistent beer, right. 
you know, same recipe yeah, twice. Don't use the garden hose. You got to do it. <laughs> right. Don't don't hose it off with it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to hose it off. I'm just going to maybe take a squeegee or something instead of just my spoon. You know, one of those. Like, I know what you mean. On a boil scrubbies. over, I always scrape that stuff from the outside back in, too. Yeah. I mean, you get, uh, we get a big <laughs> layer. Not on the boil. Come on, buddy. <laughs> all the hops on the floor. Pick them up. <laughs> yeah, I pick all that shit up. I'm not, I don't, waste not, want not. <laughs> no, but on our kettle in particular, I mean, I notice a big green wall there is, of yeah, hops on the side. Up there. So, all right, just asking. Creepy. All right, these equations found on page 56 for calculating IBUs. Do you want to read off the equation real quick, Palmer? Sure. IBUs are equal to alpha acid units, that is, the weight in ounces times the percent of alpha in the hop, okay. times the utilization divided by the bo- the volume. Um, and that's that gives you a milligrams per liter or PPM type number. Now... If you're using uh, U.S. units of gallons and ounces, then you need to multiply um, that equation by a factor of 75. If you're using grams and liters, then the 75 doesn't apply. It's just uh, weight in grams times percent alpha times utilization divided by the volume in liters Okay. to give you parts per million of uh, isomerized alpha acid. But again, like I said, that's a, that's a lo- whole lot of factors go into that equation. Right. Well, this is where something wonderful like ProMash comes yes. in. In fact, a yes. lot of these oh. equations that we've been talking about, of course, ProMash will do for you. But I think yep. having the cheat sheet in front of you that we're going to make it downloadable is good to know just to make sure even that you're checking it on ProMash right. to go yeah. down the yeah. list and make sure you are at least getting these numbers, whether you're doing it by hand or not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John, can you go over a little bit... Uh on choosing uh, which calculating method in ProMash and what the differences are? You mean re- whether Rager or... Yeah, uh, Tinseth or uh, Rager. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, you gotta, you got to choose one of them as your base. Yeah. Yeah. Rager was the original model. Um, and uh, a lot of people use that. Jay-Z uses that all the time. I started out with Rager and then moved to Tinseth um, because... I like the the utilization curve that Tinseth had, which is more of a uh, uh, an exponential curve, um, where and which is, I guess, more indicative of most natural reactions, where you know something starts out strong and tapers off with time, um, or you know a large effect over a short period of time, then then that effect tapers off with time. Uh, Rager is kind of li- it's it's a step function. It's a linear step well, function. Yeah, not more linear. And it's you know I think the fact that um, lot you know it's it's a well accepted model. Jay Z uses it all the time. I mean, it really speaks to the fact that it works. Um, it helps you get a consistent uh, bitterness out of your brewing that you can you can use to plan you know each batch and each recipe. Um, right. The utilization uh, with Rager is higher than that of Tinseth, um, and with the with the IPA that I brought to the the Homebrewers Conference this year in, in Oakland, um, you know, saying, "Well, this is like a you know a strong uh, hoppy brown or uh, amber ale, you know, West Coast amber ale," and a lot of people taste this. Oh, wow, this is really this is a good IPA because it had that much hop character to it. Um, I think when I planned out the bitterness, 
you know, I may have been undershooting a bit in terms of my calculations, what I was really putting into the beer. It came out more bitter than uh, what people were expecting. But that's that's the way I tend to brew, and that's, the, you know, the numbers I was working from. Okay. So Don't let a BJCP judge get in your way of a good beer. If you like your beer, yeah. it's an IPA. Yeah. I like that. That's it's right. a T-shirt right there. Yes, exactly. Wow. Someone to Gordon. Yeah. Hey, um, so as far <laughs> yeah. as uh, you know, being linear, um, a dry hop. Now, is that a... Okay. Check this thing out. Yeah, does that translate all the way up? Say so you want to brew with a pro guy. Is that a linear you know, ramp up, or how, how does that work with a dry hop? Okay. Dry hopping, they, they've proven that you get isomerization uh, at you know, dry hopping uh, temperatures, but it occurs really slowly. Um, you know, isomerization is a function of temperature, so it happens at low temperatures, at dry hopping temperatures, but it's very slow. What you, the additional bitterness that you ch- you taste from dry hopping is a function of oxidized beta acids, which are bitter, and a function of hop tannins, which are also bitter. So that, so what I'm saying is, you dry hopping isn't so much about isomerization. Um, it's about the other compounds in hops that sure. taste bitter. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you say it's dependent on your temperature. Now, what if, what would be the difference between, like, say, would there be a big difference between dry hopping at 68 versus like 72? Uh, no. I, not that much? Have, not that much. Between Talking those, about bigger variances in temperature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Knockout, you know, or... Um, yeah, like 160 you know, Whirlpool, but extraction, yeah. Yeah. you know, versus fermentation. Yeah. Hey, Palmer, I had a question come through about isomerization from the chat. And uh, Milo wants to know if you have to have malt in the boiling water in order to isomerize hops, or can it be done in just plain water like making hop tea? No, it can be done in plain water. Okay. Um, in fact, if you want to get lots of isomerization out of your hops, raise the pH, add some soap, because you're trying to get that oil to dissolve into the water. So if you really want to brew, you want to get all the alpha out of your hops you can, raise the wort pH, add some stuff that will really kick that up, and it's going to taste nasty. <laughs> It's gonna. You're gonna get a lot. Well, of there's other ways to back. make it more uh, soap-like. It's like how about ionization of the water? Or yeah, yeah. Tasty. <laughs> um, <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can well, I get guess more hot I'm flavor. I'm all for this. An extreme example is you would you would really doctor the work to get more more utilization out. If you're gonna brew, if you're gonna boil the hops in plain water, you're gonna get more isomerization out. Uh, that you're going to get, or I should say, you're going to get better utilization out by brewing and uh, boiling in plain water than you would in wort, because you you're missing the hot break effect that tends to carry alpha away. Um, you also got the, con- and it's a higher- the concentration effect too. It, it won't yeah. want to dissolve with, when there's other solutes already in the water. That it, uh, that's um, we're, since we're dealing with parts per million, that's a very small effect. The, the the greater effect of boil gravity is the amount of hot break that you generate hmm. and the hot break that carries the alpha and the iso alpha out of the solution. Okay. Um, that's the primary uh, effect of uh, adjusting your utilization as a function of gravity is you're trying to uh, compensate for the amount of hot break. Hmm. Um, also, when you're 
when you're an extract brewer and doing a concentrated boil on the stove, you've got a much greater uh, surface area to volume ratio that's losing you alpha too. So uh, that's another area where uh, utilization is affected. But uh, plain water has a pH of you know six or seven or eight versus the pH of wort at the boil stage, which is around uh, five. So you're going to get better uh, extraction of the alpha and better isomerization of the alpha at a pH of 7 or 8 than you do at a pH of 5. But you're also going to get more tannin out of the hop that way. Hmm. Chip, are you laughing at yourself because you're drawing dicks on your notes instead of listening to Palmer? This is why you, this is why you didn't why graduate you... from a major university, Chip, because you're too uh, busy drawing dicks on your notes. That's why, cocks. <laughs> that's why I wasn't even accepted into this one. This is why you didn't win a gold medal good. at NHC, because you're good, though, too busy right? drawing wieners. You know your dicks. <laughs> Did I leave my zipper open? <laughs> yeah, I think you're... It's not like Are you size. drawing Jake's dick uh, to welcome him it's, to the studio? It's to scale, so he shouldn't feel too bad. Right. I'm sorry, Palmer, I was that JP is disrespectful. And no instead worries. Of I, was listening. Actually, I was actually going to ask the same question Milo asked about <laughs> boiling your water separately. Maybe you can even dry hop separately. Before you got caught up with the Before dicks. I, I figured I'm going to draw some cocks with <laughs> like, I'm watching him crack up, and I'm like, he's either laughing at Palmer because Palmer yeah. knows everything, or himself he, for drawing wieners. He hears me talking, and visions of small dicks come to mind. It's <laughs> very strange. I don't know. They're, pr- they're pretty large in the paper. All right. They're big in your mind. You were <laughs> they were they were very present anyway. <laughs> Just a single cock or was it like a cock bouquet? Well, there's, uh, there's, there's two so far. <laughs> we'll see how you know. see how much longer the show is depending on no, whether it turns into a bouquet. <laughs> can't do anymore. I was a big distraction and I apologize. Okay. All right. It'll All never right. happen again. Okay. Draw the Palmer. Moving on. Are we done with IBUs? I think so. All right, then here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to put the gauntlet on us, too. i got to take our last break, which means when we come back, we have four calculations to cover quickly because I still have a couple other things to do. So, But by looking at the remaining four calculations, uh, SRM, priming sugar, ABV, and uh, calories, number 10. <laughs> uh, we'll ignore that one. Yeah, we're all, yeah. that was a very important one there. That's one that, the force car <laughs> That's one that Tasty works on. Uh, then, then we should be able to get it done pretty quick, right, Palmer? Right. I don't have as much to say about the rest, so... Okay. Good, good. Uh, hang in there. It's the session. We've got the great John Palmer hanging out with us and talking about brewing calculations. This is our last break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up, plus find our Drunk of the Week and give away some Belgian candy sugar uh, for the best dick drawn during the program. Oh, so uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. It's the session. Okay, let me get my pen up. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On The Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft 
beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, everybody. It's the session. Got John Palmer on the line. And Palmer, it's down to just me and you right now. We could probably get a lot done right now. The rest of the crew couldn't find their way back to the studio. So, uh, you yeah, and I we'll just shoot right through these. Yeah, we could really hammer these things. I'm not even going to turn their microphones oh. on, the lazy bastard. Yeah, no. what a bunch of jerks. <laughs> At least I was, had the forethought to sit here. All right, 888-401-BEER. You can join Beeve in the chat room also. We will be doing our Drunk of the Week here very shortly, so get those ready. Don't call in now. Give us a few minutes to finish this up. Vivo will not be taking Drunk of the Week calls right now. Uh, but 888-401-BEER is the number if you do have any questions uh, for Palmer. As we begin to wrap things up, so number seven on our list here with Mr. Palmer is, uh, you, well, it's SRM, but you have MCU written next to it. SRM slash MCU, uh, found on page 270 of How to Brew. What's, uh, what's MCU? You, you've stumped malt me. Malt color units. Oh, got it. Yep. Not that it was so difficult malt, to stump me. Yeah, malt color units are uh, kind of the way that they're, some, they're like a IBUs. It's how you try to estimate beer color. Okay. So what you you know you take uh, the the amount in pounds of the grain that you're using. Yeah. Mul- multiplied by the uh, degree of color of that malt, or you know it's degrees level bond, and uh, divide by the volume. And that gives you a malt color unit, which is kind of like an IBU. Um, again, you have to apply uh, uh, scaling factors to that. Uh, there's three different models out there that are in common use. Um, there's Mosher, Daniels, and uh, Mori. Yeah. Um, and each of yeah. Yeah. Why do they get their own? They just invented yeah. some some calculation? Why is it well, those guys? They they did a lot of work. Um, and you can read about it in Designing Great Beers mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the Homebrewers Companion that uh, Randy wrote. Okay, uh, where they they you know measured beer color they you know for certain recipes uh, versus the malt color units they were putting in. Um, you know, when they, you the malt color unit is kind of what you're doing up front. You're mashing three pounds of this and five pounds of that and ten pounds of this other. And averaging out, you know, the amount of color that those malts should be contributing, and then you measure the final beer color at the end, and say, okay, you know, I had this many malt color units going in. My final color was this, and they make up a model to kind of try to quantify that. Um, the Mosher and Daniel models are linear, where um, there's a, there's a little more scatter down at the low end, you know, in the pale beers. 
Um, in pale beers, in anything less than a 10 SRM value, which mm-hmm. is uh, 20 EBC, that's the European unit. Okay. Um, there's a factor to two between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything less than 10, 10 SRM, the malt color unit pretty well calls the beer color. Um, they're, they're pretty much a one-to-one correlation. Okay. It's when you get above t- 10 SRM that the malt color units just keep accelerating, going up to the sky, and the beer color really levels off. And uh, which, Dan, which equation does Doc use? That's what I care about. Whose do you use, Doc? The Palmer method. Of course, yeah, of course it's the Palmer <laughs> <Yeah>. method. <laughs> That's right. That's we weird. use the Palmer method. All the way. I guess what I'm curious about, I know you've sort of explained it, but it's still not answered for me. I don't understand why there's a difference. I mean, to me, and it's part of the thing I hate about math, I suppose, is there's supposed to be these definitive answers. But you're telling me there's four different ways to calculate this, and I'm not sure why. Okay. When you when you look at, uh, when you take, you know, different styles and different recipes for the same style and plot them all out in terms of the malt color units versus the measured degrees SRM of the beer color. Yeah. You you get a big you get a lot of data scatter and this okay. this happens all the time in science where you you, know, you you look at your data and you've got a you've got a quite a spread and you do a curve fit you do a line fit to that data and some of the data will be above the line some will be below the line but the line kind of describes the trend of the data okay so that's where these different models come in. Um, Mosher Daniels, you know, looked at a lot of the same data and generated some of their own, and came up with two linear models that are very similar. Uh, they're a little bit different, you know, a couple SRM different for different uh, degrees of malt color units going in, but they're pretty close. Uh, Dan Morey looked at the data and said, you know, I think uh, an exponential curve would fit the data a little better, and uh, he came up with the equation. 1.49 times the malt color units raised to the 0.69 exponent. Yeah. So, you know, and... It, it, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Curve, I'm watching. I'm with you there. I'm totally with you. Yeah. yeah. What, it's the data. what I'm more concerned with, Palmer, is even before you finish that, is Your that... Your cell phone will do that calculation. <laughs> so, Maury is 1.49 MCU raised to the 0.69, right? Yeah. And Palmer is 1.5 MCU raised to the 0. 0.7. Yeah. You just put your own equation in there just to have one, didn't you, Palmer? Well, I mean, it's almost the same, isn't <laughs> well, it? Well, it's one more, it's isn't one it? It's one more. It's just one. Like, yours goes <laughs> to 11. Yeah. It's one louder. <laughs> Palmer's goes to 11. That's the difference. It's one more colorful. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, no, my, why my, did you add yours? simply say that if you look at if you plot them out and yeah. using excel or something there's really there's not a lot of difference in the way that these two curves fit the data mm-hmm. 1.49 versus 1.5 and 0.69 versus 0.7 it's very similar curve and if you if you and uh, <laughs> if you look in how to brew in the in the in the appendix on uh, malt color mm-hmm. you'll see a comparison of the mori daniels and mosher plots and you can really only measure beer color up to like 40 SRM anything beyond that 40 is just black though and you can't transmit light African American thank you how, how much it's, more black could it be yeah. none that is none none more black <laughs> yeah. yeah so when you look at when you look at you know color, beer color from 0 to 40 
these are all very similar. It's there. There's a little more differentiation down at the at the bottom end in the zero to ten area. Okay. But once you get above ten, you know it's all ballpark. And so really, there's no one of these equations that's more correct looking at the data, looking at the spread of the data than another. It's just you know pick the one you like the best and use it. I'm going to invent. I'm going to give you mine. The Crosley formula. <laughs> it is 1.499 oh, oh. MCU raised to the 0.6998 power. You did the, the graphing thing, uh-huh. like you said, and uh, yeah. that's the Crosley formula. Wow. Okay. All right. uh, we will. You will we'll talk the, about that in Bruce Charles. Right. Yeah. It'll please be, add in the next book. Please Don't add put that, that in your to book. the next revision of how to brew okay. the Crosley formula. I'm well, call Ray Daniels. Well, <laughs> if the Palmer method in the Daniels book, oh. that's what I want to know. Hey, listen, there's a new kid no, on the block, not. folks, <laughs> and his <laughs> name is book, Crosley. Well, how do you how do you account for the Wiener effect? Well, wienery is calculated yeah. always to the tenth power, <laughs> and you're going to have. I'll, I'll, that's a, in the appendix. It's that's exponential for sure. I bet it is in the appendix. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, when I get to, can you do it? When I write, can you do it? Can you? Yeah. Uh, that the Crosley formula will be in there. Should you do it? You're welcome, Palmer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's keep moving. Um, let's I know you're running out of time. I'm running out of time. Thank you. Yeah. His wife's got to piss again. So he's got to get the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Popper's like, I gotta go, buddy. Oh, lady's got to pee. All right. Uh, moving uh, on to priming sugar, right? Priming sugar. Yeah. Um, funny Page one thirteen of How to Brew. Yeah. Funny thing happened this afternoon. I uh, regretted coming I, on here. I looked oh. for my Excel spreadsheets that I use to generate the tables and graphs and so on in How to Brew. They were lost in the fire, weren't they? And discovered that they were all saved on zip disks. Oh, no, who wow. uses zip disks? <laughs> they don't make those anymore. <laughs> you got to find some hardware to unload those. Yeah. I, uh, it's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. Nice that I have it saved on here. Let me get out my Commodore. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have anything to read it with. So, um, yeah, I really Look I don't have much to say about um, priming sugar calculations other than there's a couple of methods um, that you can, you can Google, you know, priming sugar equations. Mm-hmm. And you'll find uh, Dave Draper's work um, that was published in Brewing Techniques a number of years ago. And that was the basis for what I put in uh, How to Brew. Okay. It was uh, Dave Draper's work. Um, there are other equations that were put out by Bill Pierce on, oh, on the Homebrew Digest, and I believe he published those in uh, BYO at one point. Um, that's another set of equations. Uh, Google them. You know, use them. Uh, what, what you're doing with primature equations is you're trying to say, I have this this much volume of co2 in the beer at rest you know at the end of fermentation it's in equilibrium with the atmosphere you know as a function of temperature so there's that much carbonation to begin with now i'm going to add a certain weight of sugar to that which is going to generate you know x volumes more of carbon dioxide and that will bring me to a total carbonation level in the bottle okay that makes sense to me, actually. And since the Crosley equation isn't ready for publishing yet, let's go ahead and go with yours, Palmer, <laughs> okay. and explain what this equation means to me, because I'm seeing some uh, letter values here that I don't understand. Okay. So what you're saying is that you got the, the um, volume of CO2 that you want, that your target or your final volumes of CO2, let's call that 2.6. Okay. Your initial volume in the beer at rest would maybe like 1.2. So you subtract those, get the difference. 
that difference of what 1.5 is um, you need to make up with sugar and so um, Dave Draper's work was such that uh, the you multiply that difference by 0.49 to get ounces of corn sugar to add per gallon of wort so if you have 5 gallons of wort in a carboy um, then you multiply uh, 5 times uh, 0.49 times the uh, difference in volume that you need to make up and that's the amount of corn sugar to add Okay, so your your VF value here is your uh, carbonation in solution at the end of fermentation at the end of carbonation that's the final value you want like you in, want in the bottle, in, in the, the bottle. bottle. Okay, so that's your, that's what I want. That's my target, yeah. and then your VO. So VF minus VO is what I just said. What I must must the difference yeah. that's, that's is that's what it was at the end of fermentation. Yeah. Gonna, where you are, right. where you want to be. There's okay. going to be uh, CO two in the solution in coming out of the carboy. Right, and that's the VO value mm-hmm. here. Okay, right. Right. got it. So minus those times point four nine. And that's going to give me how many ounces of corn sugar per gallon I have to add to get my desired uh, carbonation. Volume. Yep, that's right. Okay. And the, the second equation is grams or is uh, amount of sucrose uh, that you want uh, to use because sucrose um, is has no water in it. So, like we were saying earlier, it's a hundred percent soluble extract. Dextrose or corn sugar has a 9% water in it. So, you know, 9% of the weight is not fermentable. So you're going to use more corn sugar than than cane sugar to get the same amount of CO2 during in carbonation. All right. So that's why you have two different values there. Okay. Um, Which bring... Go ahead, Chet. Temperature? Does that come into play at all, or does that factor it in? It does. Um these equations are at a constant temperature, and the volumes, the VO, is uh, that number is based on the temperature the beer is at. So you, there is uh, there's uh, equations in how to brew and on in the brewing software you figure out what the uh, the amount of car- uh, carbonation in the beer already is. Based on the and okay. yeah, based on the function of temperature, and there in the appendix of brewing classic styles, we uh, we take um, this and add uh, forced carbonation. So if you're gonna if you're carbonating your beer in the keg just by forced carbonation, we tell you how many pounds or how many psi or kPa of overpressure to put on the beer to generate uh, the additional CO2 you want in solution to get. 2.6 volumes or 2.4 volumes based on what's already in there. That's a nice chart. Yeah, I've got a calculation for you. JP has has drawn seven dicks for every equation Palmer's given us tonight. Oh, it's right. so a factor of seven. It's then. a factor yeah. of... Well, how, do you count, how do you count for the vagina? JP's dick art is a factor of seven minus a V. Yeah. And minus that's... V. Minus V. How many can v? you fit in that yeah. V? And that's, that's a pretty good one, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's pretty lifelike. All right. How about number nine here? As uh, you've seen... Alcohol by volume, alcohol by weight. Page 98 of How to Brew, if you're following okay. along at home. This was another equation I lost. Um, but uh, fortunately, I uh, did a little some Googling, and uh, 
Dave Miller's book has a very nice, uh, simple calculation. I approve of it, yeah. It's uh, alcohol by volume equals the original gravity minus the final gravity divided by 0.78. All right. And if you want to convert that to um, alcohol by weight as opposed to alcohol by volume, you multiply that um, number 0.789 times the alcohol by volume number divided by the final gravity. Hmm. And that will give you alcohol by weight. Now, when I finish Can You Do It, the Crosley formula will actually be a drunk-by-volume formula, uh, so that you'll know actually how fucked up you'll be based on how many, how many volumes of beer can, you can drink. Can you back-calculate it to know, I want to be this fucked up, how many beers do I need to have? Of course, Doc. I might need to enlist your help. Okay. Uh, every good author has research assistants, yeah. and uh, yeah, the, the Crosley volume will be DBV. Okay. Yeah, and Palmer could probably help you, help you with one of those sliding things he's got. That yeah, know me no give me one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you please, Palmer, help yes. me out with that? All I right. will, but you're, you're going to have a hard time drawing the lines. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the equation. We're going to have to factor that yeah. in, <laughs> whether yeah. or not you can see the lines. Or when the cop tells you to draw the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, now this one's fairly simple, of course, the ABV and uh, alcohol by weight. And also important, I mean, we all want to know. Uh, what those gravities mean yeah, to us well, in the end. Exactly. Because everybody yeah. asks you that. <laughs> they, do, they do. It's the one number everybody knows, right? What's the homebrew? How, how strong is this? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it also, let's be it's honest, important. it really does matter in terms of how many, if you're driving, it really does matter. We, uh, you know, talked about this, you know, drinking craft beer is a lot different than that that scale the highway patrol gives you where they say you can have two beers and, yeah. and then drive. Well, they're talking <laughs> about Budweiser, folks. They're not talking about Sierra Nevada, yeah. which is a 7% beer, yeah, right? right? So. That's yeah. like three percent more alcohol. That's a yeah. big deal. So I do mean it. Beer. It's an important equation. What are you talking about seven percent. Yeah. Well, what is it? Uh, Sierra's like six point six and a half percent. Most of the beers That's we like rock five, with, are like I don't think so. I think it's like six and a half. Yeah, yeah. at least six. Yeah. Six something. Yeah. Anyway, the the well, idea Captain is it's Sierra not it's not but. <laughs> I see, Jake knows. He was just there. Yeah. All right, and what what is number ten here, Palmer? Calories. Well, well forced well, carbonation. You talked about so. Yeah. Chad wanted to know how many calories are in here. Fucking Chad, you watching your weight again? Yeah, watching it. He's got to get a job pretty you know how soon. How fat I'm going to get? That's all. <laughs> just, I just want to know. That's all. A big can I get? It, it's yeah. a question we get. Yeah. So, um, I'm starting to cut holes this, in my doors now. I'm just you know. Yeah. This is a real complicated equation. Right. Um, it comes from uh, George Fix, in um, I believe it's his second book, um, and he posted it to the HBD a number of years ago. But it's um, six point nine times the alcohol by weight plus four times the real extract minus 0.1 <coughs> times the final gravity times 3.55. What? Equals one big fat Chad. <laughs> equals, equals the number of calories in 12 ounces of beer. And in there, the, the real extract, that is equal to 0. 0.1808 times the degrees Plato um, initial of the beer plus 0.8192 times the final degrees Plato of the beer. Uh-huh. So you got to calculate that and then plug that number into the RE equation and calculate all the calories out. It's so something great. Thanks, Chad. I think Doc had more fun yeah. at dental school this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me how you would use just this on a regular scale. basis. Yeah. Chad. Chad. I think I just wanted to see if he could do it. And of course he <laughs> and can. I mean, he did. He's all right, fucking all right. Palmer. I, you know, I, I read a lot about it, so like, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Round of applause for Palmer yeah, yeah, pulling yeah, yeah. that out of his ass. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Honestly, I mean, I read a lot about it, but like no one had a, like a yeah. solid like formula or equation. So yeah. it's out that's there. pretty cool. Hey, you know how to Sorry. lower. You know how to lower the calories in your beer, right? <laughs> so, uh, just fucking add water. Oh. One of my favorite interviews I did with Dan Gordon from Gordon. It was on our FM show actually, so maybe a lot of people didn't hear it because nobody listened to that goddamn thing. Um, but we asked him, hey, be because it. they do a Gordon beer Schlight. Which, by the way, Dan wasn't was none too happy about. It was corporate telling him he need to do a GB light. And I asked him what makes a light beer, and he just said, "Add water." <laughs> and I, I said, "Come on, re- I, I don't, actually I don't remember if we were at break or not." And I said, "Really? It's just he goes, add fucking water." <laughs> That's how you get. You light think he was beer. talking like post ferment or something? Or yeah, or really? I think wow. so. So, yeah, it makes sense. So is it just the amount of carbohydrates? I mean, is that what calories are, essentially? And what is Calories are a measure yeah. of energy. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Calories, and and when what they, is that measure? It's in the community college over there. They, they burn a yeah. sample of the beer to, to figure out how much heat is in that, uh, heat potential is in that sample. And in case of beer, you have some alcohol, you have some carbohydrates, you know, residual sugars, dextrins, and so on. Um, those burn. And uh, the amount of heat you get out is measured in calories. And that's the basis of all calories in all food is they burn a sample of it and the amount of heat it generates. There you go. That's just the basis. How much heat do you think we'd generate if we burned Chad? (laughs) Oh, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. The power of one sun. 3.935 kilojoules per extra hour. Palmer knows, but he's not going to waste his time on us. (laughs) Chad with supernova. Palmer, right, Palmer. Can, can you backtrack the uh, this uh, this calorie uh, thing? And let's say if uh, Chad had just only had um, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, can you figure out how many Sierra Nevada Pale Ales he would have had to get to get as fat as he is <laughs> to reach his weight now? Yeah. If oh. he leaves from Cleveland, <laughs> <That's not laughs> yeah. right with a well, twelve pack of Sierra Nevada, depends how fast that train is too. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> All right, hey Palmer, you're you're fucking. sorry, Palmer. But you said that in front of it. Yeah, yeah. If you qualify it, you're calling him fat. He's big boned. (laughs) I bet he is. You sound like his mother. I'll accept that. You sound like the phone calls I get from his mom. (laughs) Justin, Chad's big boned. Phone calls from my mom. Leave him alone. Uh, Never mind, Chad. Let's not talk about that. Were you big boned in kindergarten too? (laughs) He got the big bone. Never mind. Get teased for being the big bone kid. Hey, Palmer, thanks, my brother. I love yeah, you seriously. and thanks your equations. Palmer. I apologize that JP spent the whole show drawing dicks and not listening to your knowledge. I heard a w- every word he said. But if you want a copy, he'll send it. It meant nothing to you. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I'm truly sorry, Palmer. No worries. I'll, no give, worries. You a, I'll give you a signed uh, drawing yeah. that I did. <laughs> you want a, you want a wiener his or notes. a vagina? <laughs> Which do you want? <laughs> How's the washer uh, and dryer right? I know what they look like. How about one of both? Yeah. He, already, he says he knows what they look like. He doesn't need your yeah. help. This is like Not very easy, no. Salvador Dali-esque of me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you can go now and, and, and leave your bathroom free for the family, Palmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, thanks for your help. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was a real pleasure being here. Good. I always enjoy hanging out on the show with you guys. And I think we're seeing you up our way soon, aren't we? Yeah. Next um, month? We got another Bruce Strong. We got to do... We're going to do a real special Bruce song with, with uh, Charlie Bramforth. So yeah, that'll be good That's the one. 24th. So I'll definitely be up for that one. Okay. And uh, are we going to see you at the Great American Beer Festival? No. Not this no. year. Okay. Not this year. I've. Yeah, I vacation time is precious, so I'm going to hold it. on to every little bit, see if I can't get, back, get the family back to Michigan for Christmas. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. 
All right, brother. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, don't catch fire. All right, stay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stay I'll work on it. Unfired. Yeah. All right, brother. Thanks, Palmer. Take Bye, care, John. guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Night. Bye, Jonathan. <laughs> Night, John. Let's get the last sweet word in. I used to pocket dial Palmer all the time. Really? In the morning? Why yeah. is he your number one speed dial? I, I, a P is like on the edge of my phone or something. But he, he go, oh, butt. it sounded like you had a great morning. <laughs> Call me back. Like, and like what? You had crazy bitch in there with you. I don't know. Palmer's listening <laughs> in. Yeah. Beating one out at his desk. A lot of reggae or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had a great morning. Yeah. All he could hear was the water pipe and the reggae. <laughs> sounds like you had a really great morning. Man, it was Monday. Are you breathing? <laughs> All right, Palmer's great. You can go to howtobrew.com, check it out. Get How to Brew, damn it. If anybody's listening to this program and doesn't own How to Brew, how dare you? Yeah, you what know, are you thinking? <laughs> I see cheap asses in the forum all the time going, oh, just go to howtobrew.com, it's free over there. No, don't don't cheap out. First of all, it's not the full version. <laughs> right. Second of all, don't be a dick. Well, if you're a brand newbie and you're on a budget, uh, sure. yeah, go to howtobrew.com, and he has put the first edition online. You can check it out. Um, if you got a couple bucks, seriously, uh, yeah. plug or no plug, whether we know the guy, everybody in this room, even before we knew John Palmer, had the book oh, yeah. and loved the no, book. Absolutely. Yeah. So just yeah. go get it already. Um, and on top of that, we're going to make this cheat sheet available to you uh, through the Brewing Network Forum. It will be under uh, the Beer Radio and then the subsection of the Sunday session. We'll put it there for you. You can download it right off the forum. So How much will it cost? Probably going to have to be, I don't know, it should probably cost uh, probably like ten f- 50 wiener, bucks. Ten wiener dollars. Well, careful. It's going to be right next wiener to Justin's dollars. calculations, right? So <laughs> yeah, I will make be, that one a little more. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. saving mine for Can You Do It? Oh. So, uh, I thought maybe the calcs would come out early. That's <laughs> true. Maybe I can put one or two. Maybe I can put my drunk by volume equation up. A little uh, teaser. That's gonna. It's gonna take some work. All right. Uh oh. <clears throat> what do I have to do here? Drunk of the week. I'm gonna make it easy on the Belgian candy sugar, and we're gonna give that to Cal Ale. Mm-hmm. I don't have an empty glass, Jake. I'd love to try more beer, but yeah, that's as long as you didn't blow any dudes in the last 24 hours. I'll drink it out of that glass. Only six. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> you know, I do have a couple of announcements. Okay, uh, let's do that. As I'm getting ready to go to the phones, uh, Chad's got some uh, announcements. Who are the announcements brought to us by today, Chad? Uh, Brewer's Warehouse. Uh, Brewmaster's Brewma- Warehouse. Brewmaster, I'm sorry. Yeah. They were in the chat room. Brewmaster's Warehouse. Brewmasterswarehouse.com. Good peeps. Yeah, great, peeps. great site, good uh, program where you can build a recipe as you're shopping and then just check out, and they'll put all those ingredients nice. in your uh, in your shopping oh, cart for you. That's nice. And you can that. talk shit about JP on that one, too. Oh, perfect. They all right, Chad, what do you got? I got to sign up now. Did <laughs> you get any percent off uh, for that? Our boys, the Mad Zymergists, are throwing a little Oktoberfest uh, homebrew competition, and that's uh, entries are being accepted September 12th through the 26th. Competition's being held on October 10th in Oakland. Go to Oktoberfest. Dot org yeah. or uh, madzimergist.org. I think that's limited style, so you can definitely go to the website and check it out. It's all German styles. Yep. It's all German? Okay. Yeah. Uh, September 1st through the 9th, uh, Seven Bridges Organic Homebrew Challenge. They're going to be accepting uh, entries. And uh, that competition is taking place on the 18th of October. Go to breworganic.com. I need to get a recipe and brew this bad boy. I'm yeah. running out of time. Come on. you got to get in on that for I me. I know. Tasty, you've got yours? <laughs> I should have brewed Mirror Pond Organic I and I, I could enter it. I was trying to do the uh, that uh, alt beer from uh, whatever, Fish Alt. Trying oh, or yeah. you did? Well, I couldn't get the ing- I couldn't quite get all the ingredients. Organic. I'll call them tomorrow. Let's hold up. Hey, well, what's, the, what's the entry deadline again? So that's the uh, the 9th, October 9th. Oh, we still got time. Yeah, yeah competition's time. on the 18th, but uh, go to breworganic.com. All the details are there, but October 9th is the cutoff. All right. JP, get on it. Uh, Do it. 
Arizona Homebrewers Competition. Oh. Entries are due the 17th uh, this week coming up. So judging is on the 19th. Make sure you get those in. Arizona Homebrewers Comp. Uh, Great American Beer Festival is coming up. Yeah. 24th to 26th. Uh, we'll be there in our glory. Stay Check tuned to Justin.tv slash Brewing Network. I think I'm going to be able to bring you all the panels that I'm moderating, all the interviews. So three days of video casts as well as the uh, ceremony, the award ceremony. It's going to be a great time. Um, also, uh, Community Brew number three in the forum for the Saison is uh, pretty much due. Um, I know there's some details. Go to the forum. Check that out. Community Brew number three. And our good friend uh, Stu Stewart from BelgianBeerMe.com is putting on a couple tours over in October in uh, Belgium. So this is the last call. Ah. He called me up and just said, hey, man, put the word out. This is it. So I if like you want Stu. A spot, yeah, great guy. Um, they're doing the uh, the Best Damn farhouse, uh, Farmhouse Ale Tour hmm. in uh, Belgium and France from the 12th to the 17th. And they're also doing the Lonely Monks Trappist Tour really? in the Netherlands, uh, hmm. October 17th to the 26th. So check them out at BelgianBeerMe.com. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Thank you, Shat. Your announcements, Shat's announcements, are brought to you by Brewmasters Warehouse. Thank you for bringing that to us, folks. Brewmasterswarehouse.com. Check it out. Stop yawning, Bevo. You've done well, actually. I have to I have to commend you. Usually, you're a lot cuntier when you're hungover. Oh. But today, you've been okay. The C word. Very fitting. I, even, I don't think trying to take night. that word back. I'm trying to own it, so it's cool. Yeah. I don't think you were cunty at all today. I think I you were good. Yeah. I'm trying. JP was a little cunty, but I'm pretty. That's cunty. new and exciting. <laughs> but you were fine. Yeah. Was that sarcasm, Bevo? Because uh, yeah. a little bit. I couldn't <laughs> tell. She's getting a little punchy. Yeah. I'm just a little tired, but I'm fine. Our guests, Jake and Tom, not cunty. Brought good beer. <laughs> this uh, New Holland, by the way, that night triple. Oh, did you guys bring man. us that? Yeah. That's a great beer. It's nice. That's a really good beer. Did you try that, Doki? Mm. No. I poured myself the rest of it because you fed the dragon just smoke, right? There. Yeah. Oh, oh, of course, good oh. beer. You had it first, JP. I had some of it, yeah. Okay. I thought you were fisting me. No. Because you didn't get any. No, no, no. I had it first. No, okay. You just said that. You're take fisting it him? You virgin. Yeah. Wasn't there a fisting camp at yes, Burning Man? Yeah, yeah. There was. It was actually a seminar. Yeah, but it, was, it wasn't just stories. that. It was anal fisting camp. Oh, my God. Oh. And the, the no, fist. it wasn't a camp. It was a seminar. In oh, it was a seminar? I see. Yeah. They didn't do it all week. They just did it once. No, no fisting was I, done during they had, this presentation. They had a repeat performance later in the week. I see. But, there yeah. was an encore. Yeah, but in the sand, that's pretty ballsy, I thought dude. so, too, especially since it was an educational seminar. You know, they're teaching how to do it right. They must have had hand sanitizer. Volunteers. Or a clean room or something. Yeah. Trailer. I just don't understand that. Did you, well, did you go to no, one of only, you went? No, my, my, bro, my brother went by there and, uh, oh, I would and, and peeked that. in. Peaked First in. of all, only peaked women in. were allowed. You had to be a woman to go. Mm-hmm. So it was a lesbian anal fisting camp. Oh, they have smaller fists. Seminar. They do have smaller fists. Well, not <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Big, Some of them are pretty ham-handed. You know? Yeah, but their, their anals aren't too small anymore. <laughs> Am, yeah, not. Can you imagine taking a... Uh, you got to work into Mike, it. <laughs> you got, like, hold up that, your fist. Tasty's got some big fists. Yeah, tasty, tasty, hold your fist up. I would love to see Tasty at Amos. All right, I got an announcement. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, That's why they have Yeah, right. see, there you go. Oh, God. Yeah. Good Lord. I don't even crap that thing. Like, no way. Yeah. Is there an you all midget after that? Is there an all midgets tent or like an all dwarf tent? Uh, there wasn't. No, and actually, we only had one report. Yeah, we only saw one little person all week. I'd shoot at it with a paintball gun every time. You don't? Shoot at Burning Man unless it's flames. I like how you call it it. Yeah, I don't like it. Little, little people. Yeah, where can you get video of the flames? 
Uh, Is there a video available? I'm sure if you YouTube Burning Man, you'll see lots of video. We didn't video anything. Uh, we did take a lot of flame photographs. I think uh, I've got like 80 flamethrower photos. Yeah. Doc and uh, Doc and Big Tim, his brother, built Schumann a fl- a, a flaming guitar. Gotta uh, get that thing for the camera. It's like, uh, oh, it's here, isn't it? Yeah, hey, it's, on yeah, it's on the wall. Hey, Shoe. Hey, Shoe, bring in your, uh, <laughs> he's out there, bring in your uh, flamethrower guitar. It's an actual functioning guitar. It shreds. That, that plays and shreds, yet out the neck, it shoots fire. If that's not <laughs> rock and roll. That's pretty rock and roll. I mean, F you, Great White. You're, you know, we do it in our instruments. Yeah. A uh, Presky Brewer is on the line. I think he's calling in for Drunk Facebook. of the Week. Uh, Presky, what's happening, brother? Hey, Justin, what's going on? What's the word, man? You calling in for D-O-T-W? L-M-N-O-P? D-O-T-W. Yes, I'm sorry. There isn't going to be any picture supplementation this week. Oh, this is the dude with the hop rod? Oh, Vermont. Yeah. Um, so, too. so uh, yeah, Kate was looking pretty good in those photos you yeah. posted, man. Thank even, you. Thank you. Even with her ghetto tattoo. <laughs> it was that's pretty weird, I, man. I've never seen one of those. That's cool. I've lived in Vermont, so that's... We ought to get, was, I appreciate it. Dude, I'm totally going to get you, the Chad. shape of Pacheco tattooed <laughs> to my back. That'd be cool. As, I, a, as a tramp it'd stamp. It'd be a small tattoo. I didn't know Pacheco... <laughs> yeah, would be. I didn't know Pacheco actually had defined borders. Though. Of course it did. Well, they're no, blurry. I don't think it does. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, yeah. So no pictures of Kate this week, huh? No pictures of Kate. Well, no, I moved I moved out of Burlington. I'm in Chicago. Did you get a little uh, Kate action that night that you called in Drunk of the Week? Eh, well, hey, you know what? Kate Kate was a, a fine woman that evening. She she kept up her end of the bargain. That's a yes. That a girl. That's a yes. Good for you. All right, you're a gentleman. Her end of the bargain? So, Is she a hooker? Good whiskey dick. <laughs> no, it's a give and take. No, it was I didn't a bargain, and she's not a hooker, Bevo. Thank you very fucking Thank much. Thank you, Bevo. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> you know, I don't even want to be yeah. drunk at the Just weekend. Just asking. Bevo's from the ghetto. It's always a valid question. But is she a hooker? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what's your resume your this week? Ah, fuck. Back to the resume. Okay. Well, I, uh, I took it pretty easy until uh, there was an open bar earlier today. And uh, we had Sierra Nevada on tap for uh, for like four hours. Pale Ale so, or? I yeah, you know, it was it was a pale ale, and we actually had Goose Island on tap as well. Ooh. So uh, we had some goose, uh, goose, some honkers, and some pale. And I I'd like to alternate. All right. More importantly, two. did you guys see the side boob in in the Kate photograph? <laughs> oh, like it wasn't just the nice back. There was some side boob there. It was some side boob, and the, she had Thank that crazy you. look in her eye, the, and the demon red eye. Yeah. Not yeah, bad. Nice. Not bad. At all. <laughs> no, Sorry, Preston. Carry on. This is that awful. <laughs> no, it's fine. And then I and then I probably had a couple more pints at Goose Island tonight, and I'm on. Back you know what on I like about her the most? Yeah, go ahead. Is that oh, yeah, she? She done it before. You know, she looks. She had right. that, that. Like it's not like an amateur girlfriend. Doc, photo. have you seen it? Oh yeah. Because uh, I was going to pull yeah. it up for you right I'll here. Pull up again. You want to check it out yeah. again? That's. Uh... Sorry, Preston. Go ahead. Yeah, go on, Preston. Sorry. Where can we get that picture? By the way. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com, uh, no, actually, click on the forum button, and uh, it's under... Now it's we have right these we have these stupid subtopics under Beer Radio. I don't know. I guess it was requested yeah, you know, by a bunch of people. I'm not a huge fan of the subtopics, by the way, Justin. That's some weak shit. It wasn't my decision. Apparently, it was requested by tons of people, so I just gave the okay. Let's see. Oh, okay. here it is. Well, hey, I'm, 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 letting, I'm letting everyone else know who doesn't know. You don't need to necessarily there post in the oh. subtopics. She is. Uh, see, there's just yeah. you get a little bit of side boob right there. Yeah, just yeah. under the arm. Hot, just oh, above, super hot. Just above the ghetto state 
area code that that's is cool. tattoo. That's cool. How yeah. old was she when she got that, dude? Hopefully four. Um, she was just old enough. How old is she now? <laughs> A just, little bit older went, than that. <laughs> she was just old enough. She looks... I mean, if I had to guess, if I didn't know her... Wait, wait, Justin, just re-ask re- re- that question. <laughs> no, I don't know. If I had to guess, I, she looks, she really only looks like 23. I was thinking 23, 23 dude, 23. How old? Uh, you think she's 23. She's 21. E- that's it, 21. She's 21. Well, yeah. She's 20, I'm, 20, I'm 24, so, you know. <laughs> she wears a string bikini. You can tell by that tan line she's got right there. She likes them small. Hey, the bikinis, man. I mean, not the dudes. Yeah. No, right. no, definitely not. <laughs> we don't know that for sure. Yeah, we haven't. We don't know a press. We, uh, we don't know how small. He's like, wait, wait JP, uh, of all the dicks drawn on your notes, yeah. uh, which one would you say coincides with a Presky Brewer? Probably the first one. That one was pretty big. Yeah. Or was that? Oh no, that was okay, the. I would say pretty Mine's big. Bigger. No, no, pre- pretty, pretty big is pretty adequate. Uh, right. I'm cool the, with that. the one with the apple head. All right, brother. I have got you in the running for drunk of the week. It sounds like you drank a lot, but you've got that very. You've got a clear head on your shoulders right now. So. Fuck you, man! Uh, don't make me call back. I will be angry and mean. All right. Did you hopefully did drunk too? Didn't you win it though last time because of? Oh no, he no, didn't no, win. No, okay, it. okay. No. Actually, I I re-listened. I re-listened to the archives. Um, I'm pretty sure the the, the dude's name was Brian. Yeah, and he deserved it. Okay. Oh, no, he the brewer. So he didn't win. So he's still yeah. in. Oh, that's right. We, didn't we give it to? We gave it to the Drakes. And, 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 and we had honestly, to. Yeah, yeah. The guy was He was fucking shit face. <laughs> more so than I. Yeah, he was. So I, I was a little. I was a little pissed off that I didn't first at, at once win it, but now I'm no, angry because no. I I want to win it. I, I got to represent. Hey, I think your award was better that night than what Brian got. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. <laughs> All well, right, brother. Hey, uh, JP. Yeah. All right, there we go. You're what? in the running. Later. What did I do? Thank you. <laughs> I did something, apparently. Okay. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, I'm giving away Belgian candy sugar to Cal Ale. Right. We're not going to do a contest. That's done because he called in with his brewing disaster. It was a good story. It was very uh, Justin-esque. So. Blowing tasty the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'll just take it, B. I guess they're it. out there. Yeah. Uh, caller, who are we talking to? Hey, this is uh, Matt. I got uh, my girlfriend for Drunk of the Week. Oh, oh a girlfriend uh-huh. call. All right. Well, well we yeah. want it. You want it. Turn outside our area, but I'll give it a try. Right, turn down. It's birthday today. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do me a favor. Turn down your radio back there. You got to kill sure, the, sure, that sure. volume. And uh, sure, sure, sure. All right, what's your girlfriend's name? Uh, Shannon. All right, put her on the phone. You had to think about it. All right, here she is. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. What is it? Sunday... It's Shannon. Hello, bitches. <laughs> well, hello, Roger. Shannon. I mean, yeah. Shannon. Nice. <laughs> happy birthday, first yeah, of all. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank right. you very much. Yeah, where are you guys calling from? We are calling from Portland, Oregon. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that your drinking resume is pretty quality then. What have you uh, consumed today? Oh, my God. My drinking resume is clutch, let me tell you. All right. I have had <laughs> four glasses of Bucket wine. Kid you not, it is from five gallons of bucket wine. Oh, God. <laughs> is it homemade? It is Riesling Sweet Reserve. I see. But it comes it's from a bucket. Sparkling as it is crystal clear. <laughs> Good. It's got me as drunk uh, as it, it is thirst quenching. But it does not stop there. Okay. I have the trade, mo- trade Root Mango Wisen, which I must tell you tastes like. Costco salsa, the mango salsa that they have, 
I know you all have tried it. I'll have the roast <laughs> duck nasty. with the mango salsa. I know salsa. you white people have been to Costco. It's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> uh, wait, who makes right, okay. that beer? Wait, what? say the beer again. Trade, Trade Roots? Trade Route. Trade Route. Okay. I don't mango know. Mango Wizen. All right. Sure it's not Trader Joe's? What else? It is <laughs> not Trader Joe's no. beer. Yeah. <laughs> Just check. I've had a Belgian yeah. double. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two domestic white lagers. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> How did that? What, what, what happened? Was someone making a beer run and it's all you had in the fridge? How did those get snuck in there? Well, we were it? playing beer long and I really cannot cannot sacrifice good homebrew. Uh, okay. For home beer. That's just so you had to chug, bong. so you put the Coors Light. Uh, in the good cup. enough. That's it, fair. It was in the car from the exactly. on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> it was warm yeah. and shaken up. All right. It was really gross. It was really gross, let me tell you. And then after that, I had double IPA, which was a 10.2 ABV. All right. <laughs> and a 12-ounce me, which, oh, my God, kicked my ass. OMG. <laughs> Who makes that? Who makes OMG? And then OMG I had an inversion IPA to top it all off. Wow. That is pretty good. And okay. I'm trying to get... Okay. Get this. I have a stripper pole in my basement. I'm trying to get my friend. Get on Where's the webcam? (laughs) Where's the... I'm trying to get him to invert on the pole, and he just can't do it. And it's really funny. I'll forget inverting. People get hurt that way. I'll show him how. Just come on down. (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't want him to do it. (laughs) Right. Maybe he can hold the camera or something. Yeah, by the way, next time you call in, don't use stripper pole and him in the same sentence, okay? It kills the buzz, if you know what I mean. But Shubhul and myself can do it just fine. Okay. Prove it. I don't. I don't believe that at all. It, well, it does belong to her. It. You're saying it's your stripper pole. My pr- pole. Mm-hmm. I have done my fair share of lessons. I can follow mm. you in my fair share of amateur nights. But my friend, who is just a total favorite, he just can't get it. He cannot ha- get the pole. Well, first ha- of all, I don't believe that you could do it. I think we need. Some oh sort God, of proof. Do you want me to send you a video? Oh, yeah. totally Photos, right videos would be fine. I, I think that's really the only way we're going to clarify. I want to believe you. You sound like a very <laughs> honest person, but... What's your favorite strip club in Portland? Good question. My favorite strip club in Portland is definitely Stars. Stars in Beaverton. Oh. I've not been to Stars. That's not Portland. The Beaverton. Hold on. Probably a good, solid... How about Portland? Portland. Like Portland proper. Portland proper, yeah. City, downtown. Portland proper, then, then 205. Club 205. Damn it, that's not on our list. What am I missing out on? I've not been there either. I've been here for our international beer festival. I know you guys have been here, so you definitely have hit up the strip clubs. Well, we hit the strip clubs, but you don't like sassies? (laughs) Do I like what? Jiggles? Because that's an 18 ounce club, and that's not cool. (laughs) Sassies? You know, like the Union language am I speaking? What's the Tuesday afternoon crew look like? The Tuesday afternoon? That's a party. You have to come after 10 p.m. I see. No, but, you know, if you can. Go in there and it's a good Tuesday afternoon crew, you know. It's a good place. All right, listen. So Shannon definitely has a good resume and also sounds a lot drunker than a Presky. I think he's right. been outdone again already. And she's going to send us video of her on the stripper pool. Because I'm a PR person, so I could totally send a, a Prescott. How old are you today, Shannon? Prescott. I am 25, quarter century. Done. Order Winner. me a walker. I am <laughs> like quarter century old, over the hill, way too old. Do you, uh, uh, are you active, or you like you just sit at a desk all day? You know what I'm getting at. No, no, I'm totally active. I'm in outdoor sports. My boyfriend brews a kick-ass beer, and granted, I don't brew, but you know what? I really like to drink it. How much beer do you drink every week? 
Oh, good God. We you know have a calorie conversion now. Surveys for your, your health provider. I feel like such an alcoholic. <laughs> like, right, she's a little annoying, though, right? A little bit. <laughs> well, I'm hoping it doesn't come through on the video. Yeah. Okay, Shannon? Video or stills of the stripper pole and T- you tonight, please. It's got to be they tonight. Can totally happen. I have my computer downstairs in the brew room. Great, you got right ten, minutes. Yeah. T- ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> All right, but we got a flight. Big video because it's <laughs> so like long. Five. So I hope your servers can handle it. Just do a short video yeah, and some stills. Part, if you know what What's your boyfriend's stills name? Stills are fine. What's your boyfriend's name? Ten minutes, and I'll include with your drunk of the week medal some uh, BN swag as well. Ooh, Fuck yeah! Thank you so much. <laughs> and put your put your boyfriend back in line just real quick. Yeah, we got to find out who this guy is. Okay, let me run down real quick. I'm running between basements because we have a brew basement and a stripper basement. <laughs> Where's the everybody kid? should? Why aren't they separate? I, did I tell yeah. you I love Isn't Portland? Chad? What I tell you about Portland? God damn! What, They're all like that up there. there are every, everybody in Portland has a stripper basement and yeah. a brewing basement. Where's your kill floor? Yeah, that's that's really important too. Let me get my boyfriend right on the line real quick. Hold on. Thank you're you, Shannon. And get to work on the photos. You yeah. have ten minutes. Yeah. You're amongst like-minded people. Clock's running. Hey, brother. Hey, what's your name again? Matt. Matt. Matt, you've done a wonderful thing tonight. I want to thank you. Yeah. And Shannon, yeah. right now, she's at the top of the list, but she's got to get some stripper pole pictures our way stat. Are you in the forum? Uh, yeah. What's your Jitus. name? Jitus. Jitus? J- yeah, J-I-D-A-S. All right, you can post these stripper pole photos in the forum. And uh, sure. top of the list, my friend. All their glory. Yeah. All right, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll be including merch for you as well, not just <laughs> Shannon, because you've really you've done a wonderful thing here tonight, and we thank you. Oh yeah, no or, problem. It's your birthday. <laughs> All right, brother. Tell her happy birthday. You guys have a good night. Uh, we'll see how you do in the running for drunk of the week. All right, see you later, man. Or if they're too racy for the forum, you can just uh, send them all over, and we'll keep it private. We promise. I if think you want to make it a little racy, make it our Christmas cards. She just needs some yeah. birthday spankings. What do you Surprise! think? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. We should put that on. Oh, <coughs> Matt, you go ahead and call back if you're ready to put her next to the phone and spank her. Oh yeah, and we fun. know the difference between a uh, bare bottom hey, and a closed be, bottom. Can that be our Christmas card this year? Can we have people send in like stripper pics? Girlfriends, mm. a whole idea. lot, whole lot, and then we would do a montage with like yeah. a yeah. just well, no, a BN army, like, like Doc at Burning Man, the, just a shirt. <laughs> what, what do you call that? Uh, 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 cock, um, called gay. Shirt, shirt cocking. Shirt, shirt cocking. Where you just wear shirt cocking is where you wear a dress shirt and suit, but nothing on no the bottom, pants. no pants, and then your shirt cocking, but no underwear either. No nothing, right. nothing. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Felt that's, pretty good, actually. You're saying we should have chicks shirt cocking, well, shirt vagging, maybe lose the shirt too, but right. Maybe mm-hmm. When first. they get upside down on that pole, they're going to be uh, losing it. Oh, that's right. Inverted. Veto be in the calendar? No. Absolutely, no. Bevo. Oh, yes, you yes. Can. You're going to run it. Yeah, you'll shirt, give you a, you can shirt muff us, Bevo. Funny you asked. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Beer Martin. Hey, Beer yeah. Martin. Where are you calling from, brother? Uh, Orlando. And I won the uh, GABF trip. Oh, no. yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see all you there, bro. bro. We'll be hanging out with you soon. Get all fucked awesome. up. All right. Are you calling in for Drunk of the Week, too? That's it. <laughs> All right, give, give us the resume. All right, I had uh, six Gordon Bursch Summer Brews, mm-hmm. a uh, a Goose Island Bourbon County brand stout. Uh, that was a twelve ounce or twenty? Yeah, all twelve ounces. Okay, and then, and then two New Belgium fifteen fifty fours. Wow, <laughs> that's a big beer. That's pretty good, but that's okay. I mean, I mean, I'm. I, I mean, if I could, I would strip on a pole and get naked and take pictures, but right. I'm just not sure it would help. 
It probably yeah. wouldn't. How many Mike's Hard Lemonades have you had tonight? <laughs> yeah. I love JP. <laughs> JP, would you like a Mike's Hard Lemonade? I had some Abibos and it was awful. Yeah, that stuff's bad. Ben, our friend no, Ben. Thank you, but I had shrinkage just drinking it. I can't Wait, believe... Did Beef make, make Mike's Hard Lemonade? Did Sorry, did Beef make it? No, yeah. no, it's no, just uh, drinking it. No, just Schumann's gay friend brought it over. <laughs> and I thought it was just as a joke, but yeah. now two hours later, he's still got a bottle yeah, in his hand that's half... It's the same six-pack, too. half drank it. So. Was it the same dude that shared all the year with you? No, that was a douchey dude. Ben here's a good guy, actually. That guy's oh. a fucking wanker. Suck wanker. it, Ben. Yeah. All right, I've got you on the list, Beer Martin, and uh, we will see you at the GABF. A week and a half. Later. But see, we don't have what? the... Is it that close? It's a week and a half. Yeah. We don't have the pictures yet, so he might be in the running. He Beer might. Martin's definitely yeah. in the running until Shannon sends us some... Steps it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have anything else to cover here? Is this? Are we just dragging it out for Drunk of the Week stuff? All right, let me make sure I got everything covered. Uh, next week, another wonderful homebrew topic. Is that right, Chad? Yes. We just don't know we'll what We also yet. have a beer mag on. Yeah, we're waiting on a couple of uh, confirmations. Yeah, there's a new beer magazine coming out, uh, and they've don't hit us it. up to, to talk with us. I know you you are big on the beer magazine stock. Yep. You, that's your... Those are your periodicals. You don't have the New York Times delivered to your house. house. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even read People magazine. Is that yeah. what you have in your waiting room at the dentist? Yeah, beer magazine. <laughs> it's all beer magazine. Draft magazine. Oh. Matt, that and Maxim. Yeah. 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 It's, it's draft magazine, Maxim, and highlights. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's a dude-tist, yeah. not just a dentist. dude yeah. Did you just make that up, or did you work I did. on it? No, I just made it up. should have worked on it. Thank you. Well, <laughs> Doc, yeah. there's an article in the New York Times today, and they show this picture of this kid with his mouth open. He's got all these caps they're talking about all these violations by water companies all over the country. Have you heard about this? It's like fucking kids' teeth Dennis up. Question. Really? I got to pull it up. Right, Have you on. heard about the ice? See, this is a this is a question of the unemployed. Yeah. He sits around and reads the goddamn <laughs> yeah. New York Times every morning. Yeah, water and he gets all kids freaked teeth. out so about water it? teeth. No, I'm gonna water pull it up. teeth. I'm pulling it up. Water yeah. teething. Yeah. It's a it's, new controversy. It's that. Oh, yeah, and, I gotta see and this. And the eight then. pounds are cornflakes or right, something. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, all the same it, kids are big and fat from all yeah. the Hershey bars they're, they've been eating. They're all drinking Mountain Dew or whatever they're drinking. I sounded kind of sad. You need like a job, Chad. Water districts. Stop like worrying about it. Breaking rules and cutting corners and I don't know. These oh, kids come are on. fucked up. Yeah, bla- yeah, blame it on the man. <laughs> it's always the man. Yeah, poor Chad's been losing sleep over kids. Must, must have been the government. Water kids. It's <laughs> messed up because all you see is like, kids being water teeth. A headline in this kid's mouth open with all these caps and it looks like Jesus. That's that's from poor. At parenting. least he can afford the caps. When I was a yeah. kid and needed caps, I you, you open my mouth. There's a bunch of cavities. That's what yeah. you saw. He didn't see caps in a wiener. He didn't see caps until I met Doc, <laughs> <laughs> and he started seeing caps. All right. Holy shit. Are we done? Is our work here done? I don't know. We're waiting for some vids. That's, that could take forever. There she is. We can just look at Kate. I know. I can see through the reflection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check here. Real. You know what's going to happen. They're drunk. they got to snap the photos. It's going to be out of focus. Well, and then they're probably just going <laughs> to... It's going to be a big blurry tit. They're probably just going to get it on, too. I mean, you know. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. A pisky, a pesky brewer. A presky brewer. Whatever. A pisky. It's on the line there. A pisky. Let's call him pisky. Hey, brother, what's happening? What's up, pisky? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? Am I on the air or not? Yeah, you're nope. on. You're on with us. Now. <laughs> no, you can say whatever you want. No one will know. Yeah, no one yeah. will know. Okay, great. Well, hey, I, 
extend my drunk of the week. I need to fucking win one of these things, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are you going to do to make it happen, you know? Yeah. I, I will shotgun a Heineken keg can on the air. Yeah. Mm. Upside down. You should keep photographing your conquests. Is that. that the mini keg? Pick up some Chicago bread. <laughs> are you on a uh, Are you on a portable phone? I am on a, a relatively portable phone. Yes. How well do you know your neighbor? <laughs> How well do? Okay, you know what? You want me to go meet my neighbor? I'd love to go meet my neighbor. I want you to go knock on your neighbor's awesome. door with the phone and yes. introduce yourself to your neighbor. Yes. Okay. Here we go. I'm in the hallway. <laughs> Which neighbor? Do you want the one on the right or the left? Which no. one do you not know? The hot one. You're not in a well, dorm yeah, or we're, something, are right? we're, we're going we're gonna to go to the left. Uh, let's hope this is female. By the way, it's like 1130 where he is. Are you in an apartment or a house? I'm in an apartment, Justin. Are, are you, you, are you dressed? Perfect. It's are perfect. you wearing clothes? Put your pants on. Yeah. 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 Take shirt I'm cock guess, your I mean, if, Shirt cock him. If you, if, if you would prefer me to, uh, <laughs> to, like, to drop trowel, I will. I want you to shirt cock yeah. your neighbor As At you least pull your yourself. balls out of your fly. Ask him for something. like you didn't know hold on. <laughs> Hold on. There's there's a dance party going on down down the hall. Oh, oh, sure go. Right, go into the dance party. Yeah. It's probably like you know, topless teenagers with pillows oh, and no. square dancing. <laughs> it's probably a bunch of dudes knitting. All right, hey, all I mean, are you, are you guys ready for this? Oh, let's go ahead. Yeah, I'm are ready. you ready for are it? Are you? <laughs> knocking. Cop knocking. Fucking really knock. What do you, what have do you a want, warrant? asshole? Please. <laughs> I gotta try, right? Yeah, I guess so. Probably sleeping, so you well, gotta wait. Do you get quiet in there all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, they're all. They see you on the phone, like, oh shit, he's they're hiding the stage. It's gonna be oh, like. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. That the music was killed. Oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, it's just like I'm the neighbor. Oh, they're looking through the peephole right Tell now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they probably through through think you're calling the cops. They think you're on the phone to the police. Smile now. Make sure you're smiling. Ask him for a beer because you just don't have enough. Just wave to him like you mean it. Right. So you, know what you know what you're going to say. Ask him if you can request Bobby Brown. <laughs> Dude, love your music. That's me. The volume is fine, me. but I really need to pump so up the jams a little in? bit. <laughs> Knock again. I think I'm getting denied entry right denied. now. Denied. Knock again. Knock again like you mean it. Knock again. Yeah. Okay, Justin, just for you. Thank you. <laughs> Please open the door. Please open the door. <laughs> uh, Don't sound too desperate. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> They're totally not going to answer. No. Yeah, no. That people thing is doing you in. Do you, you have a Do you have a boombox? They don't know you. I I do not know. I I moved mm. to Chicago barebones. I have nothing. I have fucking nothing here. Who still has I a myself boombox? And beer. I don't know, but how great would it be if you just put it outside their door and started playing Bobby Brown <laughs> and then danced? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a trick. I wish, man. I, I I wish I had a boombox. I would definitely do that. But my laptop is not loud enough. How about go go back there and start singing yeah. to them? No one answer. Just ask for like a cup. Knock of sugar. on the other door too. Oh, yeah. I just need a cup of sugar. Don't break through their window. This is what's happening at a Presky's house right now. <laughs> That is awesome. <laughs> All right, I want you to do the running man in front of their door, as because you know they're looking out the eye hole at you. So listen to the music and do the running man outside their door. Viva, would you please demonstrate the running man for the video camera? No, she won't do it. Jake, do you know the running man? She'll do the sitting. That's what she'll do. Are you she'll running? Do the running man. I'm, I'm, I mean, I. 
How funny is that? They won't answer the door because they think he's going to complain about the noise. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's standing outside Party doing the running dancing. man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I don't, don't give a damn. All right. A Presky Brewer is drunk of the week. Oh. That was a valiant effort, my brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you, it, bro. you took it away from the stripper broad with all that. That's That was very now, nice. Now, what, what happens if she does actually uh, enter? We'll send her merch. Yeah. I'll still give her merch if she sends us stripper We're not going to take it from... Wow. Hey, okay. Uh, she she sends pictures. Pictures overrule. Oh, man. No, you get the medal. I'll send her merch. You get the drunk of the week medal, brother. Is well earned. Thank you, Justin. Now, you you deserve it, my friend. Thank you for playing along. He's probably knocking on his closet. I, I do my best. All right, brother. We'll catch you later. Shoot me your address, Justin, at thebrewingnetwork.com. We'll get you a medal. Will do. Thank you, Justin. All right. Thank you. Later, man. Later. Uh, not bad. Not bad. Uh-oh. Here we go, Chad. What is that? Is this your? This is what you're all worried about? These kids? Toxic water. Why even cap them? They're going to fall out anyway. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that not right, Doc? That's not the philosophy? No. Is, he's going to get his adult teeth any any day now. Anyway, space, right? No, I was looking at... I went to one lecture about, uh, you know... <clears throat> Basic tooth infections and facial infections that people let go because they don't think your tooth could do that. And yeah, yeah. This is one little girl, and she's like, she looked like the elephant man. And wow. mom was like, uh, you know, I didn't That's think your close. tooth would do that. And she's like, this close to dying. Oh no! Because and right to the hospital and Ooh, big Chad, IV and stuff like that. Chad's wow. freaking out already. I see. That's see, bad. Chad's gonna lose sleep over this yeah, now. Damn. Chad, you and I are a lot of like, man. What's and no, going Chad, on? that's not from the water. It can't be from the water, no, right? From the Pepsi. That's, that's bad parenting. Yeah. Yeah, it's from the parents. Oh yeah, the water's fine. Parents, Pepsi. Yeah, <laughs> same Candy. difference. Yeah. All right, I think now that we've given away everything, our work here is done, right? I think we're good. I think that bell was our uh, was our sound yeah, to leave. Time's up. Right. I thought Tasty had an announcement. What announcement is that? Uh, I'm gay. What the, what, the Tasty video game? <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to hear about that later on. That'll, come, that'll be coming up. What was that, a teaser there? What was it? No, that's all uh, I'm going to say. There may be a little video game in the works. All right, perfect. Tell us about it next week. That'll tease us for uh, when it's available. All right. Join us at the Great American Beer Festival if you can, if you're yeah. in the Denver area. It's sold out now, so oh. you, know, you got tickets or you don't. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll see you there. We will be there broadcasting live every day. So justin.tv slash brewing network. Check it out. We'll bring as much home to you as possible. And we're back next week with another show before we leave. And um, Bevo, you did a great job tonight. Uh, JP? You did a great job. Oh, I'm going to draw a cock for you. Draw some more wieners. <laughs> draw me a wiener. A goodbye wiener, if Good you will. Ass How about a bouquet? <laughs> Put some big balls <laughs> on that thing. Can I get a cock bouquet, please? Give it a barbed head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Hey, Doc, good to have you back in here uh, thanks, with us. Huh? All right. We'll see you next oh, week. can't leave you. Cheers, everybody. Bye. You can, you can maybe scan it in when you get home. Put it on the forum. Scan huh, it. Yeah. yeah. You want to show? I think I Did new, you just make it veiny? I think you have a new lunch meat shirt. Put it up on the webcam. Let's make it our goodbye scene Good. for the night. All right, everybody. It's like a beach whale. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Where is the webcam? It's up there. I love home all the time. Yeah, I think I'll have it. Well, I'll have one right now.
through any time And the women think the lamb is fine But don't you give me that American crude Boy, they want a real homebrew Homebrew, don't you really love a better homebrew Can't get enough of it Homebrew, it blows my mind 